terror of the unknown reaches out from forgotten centuries. And a horror legend 2,000 years old comes alive as a hideous demon rises from the grave to bring a new high in horror to the motion picture screen. The Vampire and the Ballerina. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 169 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast coming at you live. I am your host, the Toxic Bully, a.k.a. Meanie Moods. Yeah. And, of course, I have my Mexicant in the house with me tonight, Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP. And back by popular demand. Yeah, that's right. The people have spoke and we have delivered. Back in the house for the second time this month, Mr. Parker. A.K.A. Dave Parker. What's going on, guys? What's up? Yo. So, first of all, I just want to say, man, these Italian horror... I, I think even listeners have, uh, minus like one or two guys, have really liked what we've done with Italian horror this month. Um, the, between the guests and just like the quality of shows, it seems like we're, you know, hitting a nice little stride here. So, th- thank you, Dave, for making the intro episode so well-received, the Dario Argento show. No problem. I had um, a lot of fun. Yeah, and welcome back. I don't know if this one's going to be as interesting as Dario, but hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. come on, man. Rento, Caselli. You know, he's, he's done some pretty interesting films. At least all these movies were completely different. Yeah, and shared some similarities at the same time. Exactly. Definitely sh- definitely shared the same cast. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Um. But yeah, man, glad, uh, very glad to have you back on the show, Dave. Uh, yeah, like what JP said, man. The first episode was so well received, and people were literally like, "Oh, you need to get Dave back on the show." And uh, it just it worked out that uh, that there was a, stop, a spot that came open. So it's like, well, Dave, you got to come back for it, man. So yeah, yeah and also, um, this will not be the last time we work together either. So we already have another episode planned with Dave. So. Um, he will be a regular guest here as long as he continues to want to be on, which I yeah. am super happy with because uh, I I can tell the people that we have as guests that like certain people just gel right in and fit right in and and have interesting things to say. So um, you're definitely one of my favorite guests that we've had. Thanks, man. I had a lot of fun. Like I said, if I if I don't work the next day, I'm down. Yeah. Yeah, I get that, man. Um, so yeah, so Jeremy's not on the show tonight. Unfortunately, he had to work again. Uh, mm-hmm. This is probably going to be an ongoing thing just for the people out there. They're like, "Where the fuck is Jeremy?" Yeah, uh, his his schedule is very sporadic, and he all works. two of you, one of you named Alex Hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got these two super fans, but uh, but this is going out to you guys then, I guess. But you know, his schedule gets a little bit hectic, and he doesn't really know when he's working from time to time, and that's what it is. It is what it is, man. It's just life. So yeah, get your money, right? Yeah. Yep. But especially the show his job. Yeah. But we've, you know, we've come to this understanding where the show has got to continue, especially after the long ass break that we had, Mm -hmm. uh, we got, we got to put out shows. I mean, last week was a great example of me doing the show by myself, but having cameos from some, uh, from the host. So, you know, it worked out, man, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's got to finish off Italian month, man. We got to finish off Italian month. This is a specific month where it's like, you can't really move things around. Mm-mm. absolutely but, not not when you have guests slotted in every week so but uh yeah man i did make it for the last review like halfway through though 
<laughs> well, was- I, yeah, I mean, it was about, yeah, I mean, we were kind of not really finishing up, but yeah, no, you, you stepped in there and. Uh, I think you were probably on at least 45 minutes before the show ended. Yeah, I was listening to the beginning of the last show, um, the one that I made the cameo on, and it was funny hearing you say, like, you know, this is the first episode JP's ever missed in um, 168 episodes, you know? That's an even bonus. I was on every single bonus type thing we did, too. Um, So, yeah, it was definitely, it felt like, it felt like, like, like my baby was like gone or something i was just like man this is weird i was like they're recording right now and i'm not there it was like a, it was a, I, i'm sure you felt that way last year whenever we had to do a couple episodes without you i definitely did on the the hagazusa show because i really wanted to talk about that movie because i absolutely love the shit out of that thing i i mean the william Dude. castle show would have been fun to do i mean i'm a huge william castle fan but at the same time i was like man I was I was bummed out that I wasn't recording, but the Hagazusa, I was like, shit, man, fuck. Yeah, that was a weird one because wasn't was it Mike who did that one with us? Uh, Somebody was here with us. It might have been. Derek, if, I think if, Derek did okay. that show. If it was Derek, then okay. But I was about to say because you were talking about your Fresh Cuts appearances, and I was like, wait a minute, did it, Moods go on Fresh Cuts to talk about Hagazusa, and then Mike came on here to talk about Hagazusa? I was like, that that is so weird if that's how it happened because I couldn't I, remember. No, that actually that would have been trippy. But I did do the Hagazusa episode on Fresh Cuts, and it turned out I couldn't record. <laughs> on this show that when we were yeah. doing that so that was weird but no i'm pretty sure it was derek though yeah did you guys have, um, a, did you guys have a guess for the william, william castle, castle show yeah it was mike for sure it was mike uh, okay yeah hey yeah, did you I guys mean, oh sorry no go gonna, ahead i was gonna say last week when i mentioned remember when we were talking about the italian month and i mentioned that um that like who saw her die pusses out you guys you kind of brought it up for a second but did you notice at the very end like how the whole religious aspect i wanted to bring it up before i forgot um at the end like because it was a priest who's the killer and then at the very end they do that shitty overdub where he's like and he actually wasn't a priest and it's just yeah. like the biggest cop out of all time and it takes the movie down like at least half a star yeah well because it, basically what it does is it, it just kind of implies that this guy i mean the motives were already like super shitty like the guy was just insane going around like basically yeah. going around from country to country killing but then they had to throw it in it's like yeah they he's just not they actually put that a priest. in there to fucking uh placate to people who would be offended exactly as a priest exactly. and that my friends is not how you do your art fault you well, would never do it fault you would never see, do see, it. <laughs> see we kind of we hinted at that too because i talked about you know that whole that whole religious fact of, you know, when Fulci did Don't Torture Duckling in the same exactly. year, 1972. Exactly. And, and Fulci, he really put it out there. He went against the grain and did exactly what he wasn't really supposed to be doing. And he did it well. You know, he, he threw out all the hypocrisies of the uh, the Catholic religion and stuff. And then, you know, this one was definitely, it's on the levels of the social commentary there. But that shit at the end, you know, denouncing that he wasn't even a priest is just, it is a fucking huge cop out, man. And huge so cop forced. it feels like it, it was shot last minute it, it really is man it really is i mean it it's makes like no the sense. end of it's like the end of um uh what was that the card player congratulations you're pregnant it's like what <laughs> it, doesn't <make laughs> it, sense. Sense. it doesn't even make any sense man oh fuck that's so bad ah shit man shit so yeah um yeah so far man this italian month has been really good actually i've enjoyed 
prepping for every show, I think what we've done so far has been pretty interesting. JP, you said you didn't even get a chance to watch Short Night of Glass Dolls, which is the better of the two giallos from Aldo Lotto. Yeah, I didn't watch it. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Because it's it's an interesting... Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on that movie? I've actually never seen it. I have seen Night Train Murders, at least half of it. I don't know what... I, or I've, it's so long since I've seen that. But I have seen Who Sell or Die, and I actually enjoy that one. Yeah, it's not a horrible film by any means. It's just, you know, compared to Short, Short Night of Glass Dolls, it's, uh, it's very run-of-the-mill, because Short Night has such an interesting premise on well, how they solve the case and stuff. It's, it's very different. Like, I mean... I don't think I've seen one before that or even after like that. So very, yeah, it very did interesting sound interesting. Premise. And I, I'd, I'd heard the story before. It kind of reminds me of that, uh, tales in the crypt episodes, abracadaver. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't remember that one or the tales in the crypt episode, but Humphrey Bogart as well. Oh man. I remember Humphrey. Yeah. That's crazy. Where he's dead the whole time and he's watching everything unfold. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Those are both interesting episodes. I, I that's what it kind of reminded me of right away. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not perfect in the execution of how it's done and stuff because we kind of broke it down when we were reviewing it too towards the end. It's like certain things don't completely make sense, but, you know, all in all, it's actually a really good movie. But uh, the lot, the Aldo Lotto show was really, really fun to do. So, um, And I actually had a lot of fun prepping for this one too. I'd only seen two of the three films that we're doing tonight previously. And I won't lie, man, I didn't remember Delirium or Black Magic Rites or The Reincarnation of Isabel really at all and uh so it was kind of it was interesting to revisit these ones for sure um but i I like it though because i like doing these type of shows when they're you know you know three different genres basically you know you got a gothic or you got like a giallo and then you got fucking satanic i mean honestly my fuck it is (laughs) yeah i see that's the weird thing about the third one like what category does this shit fall into (laughs) it's so fucking weird gothic suspiria shit i don't fucking know well it's it's because of what they throw into it but we'll get there but we'll get there so um but yeah so i mean the of course the director in, in question here is uh renato puselli i love his name man it's got a great name kind of flows doesn't it? Did you guys see this guy at all on the special features of Delirium? No, no. He is really unique looking. That's all I'll leave it at. <laughs> He's really dead now, but he did look unique, I guess. Yeah, he died in like the mid two thousands or something like that. Oh six, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So, what else is going on, guys? Um. Honestly, not too much, man. I've had a, I've had kind of a quiet week here. Uh, I worked a lot this week. Um, went to the gym a lot, um, but yeah, I haven't watched like anything, dude. Like I only watch this entire week. I think I only watched the three films that we're discussing. Actually, you know why? One of the main reasons is I broke my glasses, um, and I didn't have any more contacts, um, and so I went to the eye doctor cost 250 damn it uh and got new glasses but it takes a while for them to come in and they did give me a pair of contacts but i at, by the end of the day after working eight hours uh nine hours you know getting home probably about 10 or 11 hours like my eyes were so dry i had to take them out immediately so i couldn't see anything I, it was like a very pain in the ass to watch movies this week but uh the, my glasses did come in today um which is good because I, I couldn't see anything dude it was horrible 
Did someone body slam you and break your glasses, possibly? Yeah, Carly. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, that's a shout out to Exploding Heads. That stupid joke they always do with the body slam me and broke my glasses. Oh, I'm actually pretty behind on Exploding Heads. I, I, I'm still on their Friday the 13th retrospect. Oh. But I've been listening to you guys, or Mids' favorite titled show, The Watsy Party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that show is really good. I will say that, man. Have you listened to it, Dave? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, haven't. That, I, I'm pretty caught up on that show, too. Yeah, they, they're only monthly, so it's, I finally got caught up on it. Um, great, great show. And I will say this, Mids. I wasn't crazy about the name either. I, I, di- I didn't like it. Um, but the way they used the name to incorporate segments and like in jokes and different things like that because there's a lot of things you can do with party uh like party favors and and shit like that um it actually works pretty well it's kind of a marketable thing i look forward to the showtime segment too so i can hear all the crazy showtimes over and my over favorite again. one i told dustin this the other night i was like every time that it's showtime segment starts I always wait for the chick from Friday the 13th part five to be like, it's showtime. And yeah, she, I like all those. She, They're awesome. I, I picture her flashing her boobs for no reason because she's alone <clears throat> and she just does it because gratuitous nudity. Okay, you gotta <laughs> have it. No slasher movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so great show. If, if anybody's not li- is a fan of this show or a, li- a friend of the show, and you like podcasts and haven't listened to it, check it out. Cause it, it really is a, a great format, and I like how they uh, Dustin just brings the heat like every episode. I, I don't think I would want to consistently work with Dustin because I just feel like undervalued because <laughs> he, uh, he does all this research and just just kills it with uh, his analysis. Um, I ain't got time for that. Uh, and him and I Dave Z make can't. a good good team though you know because dave z's like laid back but he, he's got good points and everything and then like mm-hmm. watson's more like you know study and everything and they go perfect together actually yeah the, it's a very good show um and i like the format too because they talk about films that like we, how we used to do our dvd segment moods your segment the, yeah. the dvds while they include vod and um theatrical as well but they only talk they only talk about the new films coming out so like nothing that's like retro but it's it's a it's a good way to keep up on what's coming out in the year and they talk about them and and you know judge them based on if they think that they'll be any good and uh, it's always fun to hear what they said about it and then like a month later like dustin or dave watched a couple of them so you get to see like how they how they actually ended up being um, and that's that's pretty fun. I like that segment. Yeah, that that's actually ran across my mind to do something like that because once we stopped, I mean, the website I used to use for the DVD and Blu-ray releases, just they he kind of just stopped doing it. Yeah, right. And trying to find the shit all over the place is way too much time consuming, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah, if they're in one spot, I'll do it. Um, <clears throat> so I, I kind of miss doing that and stuff. But even with the VOD releases, I'm not sure how they find them all and stuff. But I was looking into it. They and- have a um, <clears throat> they have a person who like keep who like posts oh. articles on it, and they use the article. Okay, so that makes a lot more sense because I was trying to find a place that had a listing for like just. VO, like just by the graces of God that someone would actually hey, have something on their blog where like hey these are all mm-hmm. the horror films that are coming out for the week of January 13th it's like no it's just not that easy to do and it's too time consuming and shit and I was like ah 
but that's cool that they do that. They have someone to do it for them. I think that's really the way yeah, to do it's, it yourself. It's, so. it's dope too. Cause they'll go through the whole month, you know, like what everything that's coming out this month. So I kind of make mental notes of stuff that sounded cool or that I should see. Um, and then, you know, the next month when they record again, they do like sort of a, um, what we watch segment, but only with the films that had came out the month before, if they saw any of them, like Dustin came with like fire on the last episode and watched like 16 of them or something. Dave usually Damn. only watches like, like one or two or maybe three, sometimes a little bit more, but, um, yeah, that, 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 that segment's re- that I really, I think that might be, I really like, they do a horror deep dive too, which is like a, a debate type thing, which is really cool. Yeah, they have a good format. And the, the main film they review, um, they take, uh, they started with a brand new film from 2018. And then the next episode, 2017, 2016, 2015, and they're going like backwards in history. And they pick, you know, they pick a film that would be fun to talk about for me from each year. And they, they flip a coin on whose gets picked. Hmm. They usually well, pick something with depth too, like something yeah. that has, yeah. Yeah, like they did, um, you know, Suspiria. Then they did uh, the Neon Demon, Starry Eyes, like like films like that. But they kind of went away from that with VHS too. Like the, the Suspiria remake. Yeah, they both love it. I think. Oh my god, that movie is straight Dave Z's man. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Man, I I man, I had a hard ass time getting through that shit, man. Like, I found it so insanely boring, and like, I never u- like to use the term boring when, like, it's just a bad adjective. But man, I didn't know what else to say. I was like, this shit's boring, man. I, just, I liked it a lot, fuck. and then I talked to some people who had some issues with it, and uh, Mike Merriman actually, and they kind of pointed out some things that I didn't have answers to, and it made me like it a little bit less. Yeah, what didn't and they? I, uh, that, that was the other thing. I, I felt like the whole narrative was a little bit, it was a little bit goofy. And then it just, man, the whole third act to me was like goofy, like fucking straight up. Yeah, goofy. I don't, it was weird. I don't know what the fuck was happening there. I was like, what? This is crazy. I understand that they tried to throw in more story, more narrative and stuff, like kind of amp that up that level and stuff. But man, dude, you got, you got to edit that shit down a little bit, man. I mean, I think there is a better movie there, but fuck I, way I too didn't, long. I didn't, I don't remember what, his problems were because this was like i said i i seen it last year in the theater um so it was right when i had seen it i haven't seen it since and it was a while ago but Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, um, hard enough to remember the shit you watch in one week and then uh, go back six months like man i don't even remember if i seen that movie dude one of the things that is driving me that happens to me all the time man is um and i've i've talked to him about this like he keeps talking about climax and and he doesn't like it and the stuff that he's saying about it is getting under my skin um because i loved climax like climax is awesome favorite films of the year and See, to me i haven't seen climax yet. i'm still waiting for my copy to come in but it seems like a movie that he would love because it's it's kind of like a thinker right you know you can kind well, of dive he, into he the, the material it's, it's not like that it's shallow and um doesn't have any isn't shallow a good Wait Isn't that a pro? The, well, here's the thing about <laughs> Climax that uh, that you should be warned about is that it's very, very dialogue heavy for the majority of the beginning of the film. And there's a long dance sequences, too. 
And if you're not like I listened to what all the characters were saying and I felt like it applied heavily to what happens later in the film. But it it just seems like you're like it's a voyeuristic small talk that you're watching. So Mm. I could see why somebody would think that it doesn't have any depth to it. But I disagree. And I think that it does. Some of the characters are shallow. Yeah, yeah, see, I don't have I don't have a problem with that at all. Like, you know, characters being shallow or very talky and stuff. As long as the dialogue is interesting and it's going somewhere, it doesn't. You know, it, it doesn't I, a lot of the times. Like on the surface, like it's just di- it's just them talking. You know what I mean? Uh, but well, I mean, I but it, that, I mean, if that's part of if if that's part of the plan in the film, you know, it's not straying away and just having useless dialogue. Like, you know, there's certain films. I mean, you look at Tarantino films; they're very, very talky. But you know, sometimes the dialogue can be, you know, why like it doesn't really need to be there, kind of thing. But if it's interesting enough, that shit can pull me in, man. Like sometimes I could, I, I can just sit there and listen to people, man. I, think I have no problems with that at all. One of the greatest things you could do with that film is go in blind and not know what it's about, yeah. because once the story started unfolding and like I fa- figured out what was happening and like what like all, all the it just was very powerful to me and I, I just I, I was like so sucked into it and the more like it was a film that I thought was good when I seen it and then like as more time went by like a couple days later I kept thinking about it and liking it more and more uh, it was it, it, it was a very very good watch in the theater it was funny because a couple people walked out <laughs> I'm really excited to watch this movie because of course I haven't seen it and Dylan watched it a few days ago and and he messaged me and he said he didn't like it. Yeah. So now he's like uber curious on it, right? Because going back to kind of an inside joke we have here is JP just, he assumes that, you know, me and Dylan, I mean, we do have very similar taste, right? Because I tried to explain it to him too. I'm the one that got him into watching horror films and I showed him a lot of the shit that I loved and that's kind of what built his life for and stuff. So it does kind of make sense why he has similar tastes as I do. But it was interesting because he's, and even Dylan said, he goes, I think you might actually dig this film you know yeah. just knowing who i am and stuff so i'm very curious to see where i come in on it but i mean i haven't heard much about it you know and i mean probably I, I try to st- stray away from you know finding out any type of details hence you know trailers and things like that I so i'm going in pretty damn blind nothing about it nothing yeah. at all i went Movie, in completely blind it is self-indulgent to a certain extent like you can see what he loves in the movie but it sets everything up and I I if you told me I would love a movie where there's a 45 minute fucking dance scene, I'd say shut the fuck up. But I'm sitting here watching this like, oh, this is awesome, and the way the characters even dance, it like it shows their characters like who yes. they are. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like good. little things like that that I was picking up on that I think like on the surface, if you just look at it at face value, you might not notice stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I me me and Carly both loved it, and I know Jeremy is a big fan of it. Um, but I know like it's kind of a divided movie. It doesn't seem like most people think it's, it's one of those where it's like you either loved it or you didn't like it. I loved it. Yeah. It's, it's doesn't seem like there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, it was okay. Um, yeah, it it was very, very good. I I mean, I like it more than, uh, I stand alone and irreversible. I haven't seen it. I think it's his best movie that I've seen. Yeah, that me too that I've seen, but I haven't seen I think his last two. So I've uh, seen Love, Enter the Void, um, Climax, and Irreversible. I never saw I Stand Alone. I think. It's oh, his really? Best. No, I never I, saw I, I Stand, Stand Alone. Is uh, a film that I didn't, I didn't love the first time I seen it, and then I watched it for the '90s um, show that I did with Duncan, 
and I appreciated it a lot more and thought it was pretty interesting. It's definitely a very interesting first film, but you could totally see where he got his, like, like you could see the the footprints for what he would go on to do. Crazy camera film. shit. Yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> like, good, I pointed I, that out. It had good I dig editing it. and stuff in I Stand Alone. Very, very interesting. It's a fucked up film, though. <laughs> All his yeah. movies are. Yeah, I mean, I've seen pretty much all his work too, except for climax. So, have you ever seen Angst, Dave? Yeah, I seen that years ago. Yeah, that that's one of his like biggest influences. Yeah, I've heard the stories. He loves that movie. I had like a a import of that before it got a U.S. release, and I saw it years back. Yeah, it was a film that was like pretty much you know, unless you were hardcore, like pretty much like lost in North America. Um, It didn't really. It wasn't really known except for in like the tape trading communities and stuff like that. I, wanted, I had never heard of it by the time the called Epics Blu-ray came out. I wanted to see it because it was originally going to be released by Barrel Entertainment, and when they it was like that, Dirtoskin, and were listed as coming soon. And I knew all the other ones, and I was like, "What the fuck is Angst?" So I started looking into it, and then when the Barrel closed, I was like, "I got to track this movie down." And yeah, it was pretty impressive serial killer movie, but I've only seen it the one time. Do, do you have the Blu-ray? I do now. I haven't watched the Blu-ray. Dude, though. I should watch re-watch that it. Blu-ray, bro. It's so beautiful. Um, I wish Cult Epics would do a little bit more stuff, like because I'm I'm pretty cool with the owner, uh, Nico. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, he is very cool. He he's uh, always um, appreciated us covering the films that they release. Uh, we've done so many of them. We've done. Um, we've talked fucking about, all of them, man. Yeah, uh, we all the. Uh, York Burkerite films. Uh, we actually indivi- had individual episodes for his four films. I remember those. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm Mac- actually Mac- a big fan Mac- of York Burkerite, but I haven't watched his movies in a long time. Yeah, I was probably the highest on those films. I think that Jeremy and Moods didn't really care for any of them except for Shram. I used to like Shram and Dirtoskin. Yeah, I, I like Shram. Like man, Shram's awesome. a lot too. Um, but I like the Necromantic films as well. I love the Call of movies that I've seen. I never saw Captain Berlin versus Hitler though. Hot love. I haven't even seen his anthology. Were you really the highest under Totus King? I, I mean, I like all of his movies too. I, I don't remember what the ratings were and shit, but at all. I think I was the highest on all of the films. I, th- I think you were definitely the highest on Necromantic 2, which is weird. Oh, that end scene in Necromantic 2 is like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, says the, says the guy that has <laughs> yeah. Necromantic 2 is his background on Skype. Dude, that, that scene though, I know it's yeah, a slow exactly. burn. I don't know. Oh, it's like one of my favorite posters. I love that. I even have a Necromantic <laughs> 2 shirt. <laughs> right? So, yeah, man. You know, I got around to finally seeing um, Doctor Sleep this week. Nice. Which, yeah, it is really good, actually. And, you know, I wish I had, a, you know, read the book before I went and seen the film. Well, there's because, there's a lot of chance. Yeah, I gave, by the way, I gave Dear Ted's Skin a 6.5 to your 4.5 and Jeremy's 5. I haven't seen that um, movie in over 10 years. I wonder if I would like it still. Um, Jeez, maybe, I thought I liked it. <laughs> maybe that was just the rating I gave it. I but, don't know. Um, the, 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 the Dr. Sleep, apparently the Mike Flanagan takes a lot of liberties with changing things and making it more of a sequel to, he, he like blended it so well where it was an adaptation of the book, but also more of a sequel to Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of gathered that from what, where it went in the third act and stuff, but um, I don't know. Like, is the is the the core narrative the same as the book with? Yeah, you know, the with, alcoholic and the the fucking life force vampires. I was getting flashbacks to watching Life Force with 
<laughs> I mean, I won't, I won't lie, man. Here, like, here's my thoughts in a nutshell, man. I thought the whole movie as a whole was really well done. Flanagan honestly hasn't really missed for me at all. I mean, I've liked everything he did, man. Abstention is one of those films that actually still gives, like, it gave me the creeps the first time I watched it. I'm like, that's fucking impossible to do, right? It's crazy, but his filmography is really damn good. He's a great filmmaker. Uh, what I saw on the screen I thought was really well done. I mean, obviously, it was shot well. I mean, it, it was, it flowed well for like a two and a half hour film. Mm-hmm. I thought the pacing was great and stuff. Um, I thought the third act was the highlight of the movie, though, once they get to the Overlook Hotel and stuff. And I, I loved all that type of stuff. I thought it was fantastic. But the actual core narrative, man, I wish they had a, done a different story. Like, I mean, it's basically, or Stephen King writing a different type of story instead of incorporating this, almost like this fucking scanners type idea. You know, this kind of, uh, I don't even know what to really call it. Like, what would you actually call that? I, I, I looked at it as like, it's almost not like telepathy. a vampiric type of um uh like yeah, sort like, of a vampire type thing telekinesis it's telekinesis is that the right word or tele to tele- telepathy telepathy is when you read minds telekinesis is when you can move things with your minds yeah but they can be tele- but, telepathy then telepathy that's what i was thinking but like but they can kind of do both in a sense but you can also kind of go in and out of, you know, you can get into people's worlds and shit. It's like, it's a really kind of evolved idea between telepathy and shit like that. But, you mm-hmm. know, it's cool. It was well, cool. it's the shine. It, it, they have the, the ESP. ESP. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like ESP. I, well, I'm just saying it's elevated from what we learn in The Shining kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. I mean, they, they take it to a different, you know, a, a totally different level and stuff. And it just, it was kind of playing off like almost like a scanners type thing, and uh, which I didn't really have a problem with. I thought it was okay. But I just going into it i was hoping that more of the story was going to be re- a sequel know, to the shining yeah i i more think or less that's the just, best aspect of the film but i was actually quite into that story that, that they did oh yeah you, i mean you know, i didn't i i wasn't like hating or nothing but i was just i was just a, t- a tad bit disappointed that it wasn't more of like just a straight up sequel like just writing something a little bit different but overall man it was it was See, really, I, really well done. I knew that Dr. Sleep was very, very different from The Shining because, um, one, I have the book. I haven't read it yet. But my friend at work, he's like real big into reading and especially Stephen King stuff. So he uh, actually told me a lot about it and how it wasn't – it was like very different. It wasn't like a direct type of sequel. It was like a whole new story just with the same character. Um, and so I, I assume that even what is in the Doctor Sleep book is even less of The Shining than we got in this movie. Wow! So that's I mean I mean that's typical Stephen King for you to do kind of go off the rails and do yeah he don't a bit really different. do sequels right like no, he doesn't no. he's not really a big sequel guy. He brings in the same characters though a lot of times like Mike yeah. Hanlon's in a couple books and shit yeah. like that and he always Char- recalls back to stuff. I think, yes. I think that's just the way his mind works, you know, like for sure, man. He like, I mean, that's why I love about the old Stephen King is that a lot of those stories were set in the same world, like the Castle Rock world. Oh, I love shit. it. And, I love the, the Stephen King universe. It's so I cool. wish he had never gotten away from that because once he got away from the whole Castle Rock and that type of world where he had these revolving characters in and out of stories and stuff. I mean, it, I, I felt like the stories kind of degraded a little bit. You know, they kind of went down in quality. Stephen King has always been good to me. Even like the new stuff that I read or listen to, or Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know. I think, I I actually think he's sort of almost amped up a little bit of the connections in the stories lately. Um, But I don't know. I don't read everything that he does. I just miss reading the town Castle Rock. 
you know, it's one thing I just, I, I miss reading and shit, but yeah. you know, he does have a lot of fucking stories, man. Like in his, uh, his, in his anthology books that I wish would get, um, you know, adaptations to, I mean, we mm. talked about this years ago and then they, they adapted 1922 and then, you know, big trucker and like all those type of stories and shit like that. And, you know, sometimes when we talk on the show, it actually comes true. Yeah. I feel right? really bad for Flanagan though, man, because Dr. Sleep kind of bombed. Um, kind of that, bombed. that just bums me out, man, because Flanagan is a, is a really talented director and, um, he just i wanted it to be successful for him okay now we we talked about this last week on the show why do you think it bombed do you think that the marketing was a little bit off on this and maybe if more people had known that it was you know a pseudo sequel or whatever you want to call it to the shining it's related to the shining just put it that way mm-hmm. do you think more people would have saw it because when i talked to venom about this we actually we briefly talked about this and he said it was interesting because when he went and seen it in the at the cinema he said there was no like millennials there. It was all white haired. It was mm-hmm. all older people that knew what Doctor Sleep was. Yeah, he said it was, that was very interesting. It was so, primarily uh, older people that went and seen it in my crowd yeah, too. Yeah. Um, and I do, I don't think that if it was marketed more as a Shining sequel, it would have done better because I thought it was pretty clear that if you saw the trailer, that it was. Uh, a sequel to The Shining, or at least in that world. I just think that that movie is so old at this point that nobody, the the average moviegoer, the one that really puts the numbers in, doesn't even know what that is. Um, so I think that, and also I do think that putting it in November, where everybody is sort of horrored out from October, is you know the general audience, not us. Uh, is well, not the kind hardcore of bad, horror fans. Come on. Move. I think if that film would have been the week the week of Halloween, which I don't even think there was a horror film that came out the week of Halloween, I yeah, think it, it would have did better. I don't yeah, think it, the title sounds very horror like either. Doctor Sleep. I'm like, you know, it has. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it sounds like a horror movie. And I didn't. I don't watch trailers, but did they plaster Stephen King's name all over that? Because they should. Honestly, I, I, was, I don't I, fucking think so. They, they did. They did That's make the it very. They did make it very. Uh, to me, they made it look like a sequel to The Shining. They should um, have been like from the writer of It, Chapter Two, and Pet Cemetery. So people were like, "Oh, huh? Pet Cemetery." Well, that would that would that would have pulled the millennials, like all the younger yeah. fan or the fans of these it, type of movies. You, you know what? Sure. Too, it just looked like a movie for adults. Like it just looked like no teens in it. You know, well, that's I mean? my point. That's my point. I mean, when you have a movie with no, nothing that, you know, the so younger generation like can movie. relate to, <laughs> so it looked like a good movie. So when yeah. they can't relate to anything, you know, it's like, besides like a young girl, I mean, for a teenager, that's still not relatable kind of thing. Right. So mm-hmm. I can see where, like, again, I didn't see the trailers either. So I don't know if they plastered his name, but again, Dave, you're right. Because that's, I, I just thought maybe the, you know, the, um, the way they promoted this film was just a little bit off because I mean, fuck dude, it really bombed like who really released bombed um i don't know and how much remember. did it cost was it really expensive it was like 50 million i think 50 or 60 million or something it should have like been like an 824 release and been like 5 million and it probably would have been very successful you couldn't have done this movie with that i, I didn't see it i you know what i mean yeah, I, it, it definitely like, feels big budgeted it holds weight to like film fans because it's a sequel to The Shining and it's Mike Flanagan, but it doesn't hold weight to an average film. I mean, no, hundred percent, like, it doesn't. And um, yeah, yeah. I think that that was. 
I think sometimes we forget that we're not the majority. The horror fans are definitely not the majority. I think that only horror fans went and seen this film. And, you know, I'd say like 80% of the, the probably the ticket sales were horror fans or people who were Shining fans. And, and it fans only made... I don't know, promotion... Promotion does help, man, because I've told stories like even when I even when we went and seen the Pet Cemetery remake, I mean I literally heard people say they didn't know that it was a remake. Dude, they didn't know I, anything I, I about told it. The story. I was sitting in the audience yeah. for another film and they showed the Pet Cemetery trailer, and at the beginning of the trailer they show the sign that says Pet Cemetery over the graveyard, and there's these kids in there laughing, like, dude, they spelled cemetery wrong. And I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> they did. That's that's part of the story. Because kids wrote it, you stupid fuck. It's so hard being like a nerd sometimes. Like I remember I know, right? high school, I lost my mind when the Dawn of the Dead remake came out. Somebody's like, oh man, I want to see that. Some burnout. I was like, you ever see the original? He's like, what? I'm like, you don't deserve to see that movie. Dude, so many people that I work with and stuff. Like there was this girl named April I used to work with. And she was like, she's like, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge zombie fan. This is when walking dead was pretty big still too. And she's like, show me these drawings she did of like the Disney princesses, but as zombies and shit like that. And she went to this zombie, she went to this zombie walk. She was showing me pictures of and stuff. And I saw, I'm like, Oh cool. I was like, I'm, I'm a big horror fan. I've seen tons of zombie movies. And I was like, what's your favorite? And she's like the dawn of the dead or something. And I was like, which one? She's like, what do you mean? Which one? And I was like, I was like, which dawn of the dead did you see? And she's like, I don't know, the one that's on TV. And I'm like, okay, so like, was it new? And she's like, I found out it was the original. So I started, you know, I was like, well, have you ever seen Day of the Dead? Have you ever seen Night of the Living Dead? Have you ever seen fucking Zombie? Have you ever seen, like, I start naming all these, you know, Return of the Living Dead even. She had seen nothing. None of them. Not, but she likes zombies. One. But I bet she she had seen Shaun of the Dead like thirty times. She probably had she, seen Shaun of the Dead. She's like her <laughs> knowledge of zombies was Walking Dead and then like the Dawn of the Dead remake and like fucking whatever bodies. whatever warm bodies. Yeah. Pro- oh probably. man, that movie is gaggable, man. Oh, that is a <sighs> but it is funny whenever it. whenever you're so into something and you like see somebody else that's like into it but it's so surface level that it's like i don't even know how to respond <laughs> i'm like, just like huh. somebody comes up to you and tries to talk to you about horror movies because they figure out you're into it and they're like yeah man have you ever heard of like serbian film like yeah yeah like, what do you, <laughs> you want to know like what, what, what what's going on here like i just don't even waste my energy anymore not trying to be a dick it's just like this isn't going to go anywhere yeah <laughs> uh, it, it is it is very 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 weird whenever i meet someone who's into horror start but hey look we all have to start somewhere so i i do still encourage them to check oh, out yeah dude i can't um, believe i've had that happen to me so many times too with with a serbian film like what is with a serbian film it's like they just have to bring up what they think is the most shocking film ever made like yo man you seen a serbian film and i'm like yeah man i own it i've seen it three or four times oh man you like fucking babies <sighs> Did you just I, did you just miss thing. hear what I said? I said I've seen it three or four times. I nowhere in that sentence did I say <laughs> I like to fuck infants. Yeah, like I, I people are so weird. Like, oh, what's the what's the bloody and goriest movie you've ever seen? I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes, man! Really, this is how this conversation started. Yeah, I'm like, like that's that's right. I, what's I'm the like, most disturbing no movie you've ever yeah. seen? And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, 
really? Then you go through the mandatory list. Men Behind the Sun, Cannibal Holocaust, Cello, August Underground, Serbia. <laughs> no, Film. I break that conversation by saying Knocked Up. That's the most disturbing movie ever. <laughs> that shit's a horror movie, man. You never want to have that shit happen to you. It's yeah. Bad. But it's... But. Uh, man, I've had so... Dude, one of the worst experiences I ever had it, with movies was seeing Hereditary, bro. Like, I flipped on some kids man i I couldn't contain myself (laughs) anymore man and uh it was just like the it was the best part of the movie you know like the end the climax like the the best part and like they're fucking they've already been annoying the whole time and then they're like oh they're like oh i don't want to see that it was like naked dudes and chicks old people and stuff and i was just like would you shut the fuck up please (laughs) <laughs> and they're just like, you can't tell a, a 13 year old or a 15 year old to shut the fuck up. And I was like in a movie theater and I was like, that is the one place I can say it. You shouldn't even like, be in here. Yeah, exactly. Some mom brought like literally probably 10, 10 teenagers and they sat two rows behind, hi- behind us. And it, I was just so mad, bro. I, I was like, I had that year was horrible anyway because i saw the strangers too and these old these like middle-aged white women were sitting behind me like commenting on every fucking thing like like oh don't go in there and i'm just like oh my like dude this is (laughs) not white people do right (laughs) dude it's such a cliche where people used to talk about it and i'm like i'm like it's never that bad as people make it out to be it's like but yes sometimes it actually is it is like people literally think they're in their fucking living room sometimes we're getting and I'm dumber like, i'm like what is wrong <laughs> so true. with the, with human society where they they don't take consideration to others it's I, ridiculous it kills me. It drives me nuts it's like the dude who doesn't use his blinker to get over in the lane bro yeah. use your blinker i'll let you over but if you ain't oh. gonna use your blinker i'll speed up and kill us both Dude, dude, you guys would fucking you guys would have a heyday drive with me because I point out everything on the road that's going wrong. It's like Jeremy with his fucking being a grammar Nazi. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like fucking signal. Me too. I I road rage terribly, dude. Man, the one thing, the one thing that drives me fucking nuts and gets me just heated, and it's like every single time I go into a parking lot, people have no parking lot etiquette. They they seem to forget that driving in a parking lot still has traffic laws you have to yeah. go up and down the lanes you don't cut yeah. through all the parking spots and not signal and do this and that and fucking bust nuts and people do this shit constantly and i'm like motherfucker like it just oh it gets me going man it, it happened to me like two days ago and i was freaking out in the vehicle my kid's like my kid's like daddy what is he doing now oh my god don't get me started fuck freaking fucking out man oh, oh dude I, people, i'm the worst people drive me crazy sometimes i have a pretty good um like I, I i i can hold my anger very well um carly can't like she gets road rage super bad if if somebody does something she'll start fucking honking her horn and like fuck you and i'm just like dude i'm like you're gonna get me fucking shot by some fucking gangster who who you're yeah i wouldn't be honking off. my horn down in the states man fuck that shit man five seconds <laughs> well, especially go, when we're I like deep, we're deep in fucking like homestead and like these like like rougher areas in pittsburgh and shit and i'm like yeah you, you know it's carly with the no fucks given at that yeah. point it's like yeah like, she don't give fucks for me they're not gonna do anything to you they're gonna be like what yeah. the fuck you doing man i'm like I, it was her <laughs> just act act mentally disabled yeah right you'll get away and, with it yeah like, right did i tell I the story know. did i tell the story where i was in line act trying like to get David my Sterling. ticket and there was some people huffing and puffing behind me in a movie theater recently did i tell that story <laughs> Like huffing gas? No, they're, they're like pissed. 
Oh, I thought they were talking about oh, gas. Anyway, we we went to go see a movie, and I like to get the ticket stub, even though I have like the the app. So I always go up to the thing, and in the theater that we're at with the AMC theaters, there's a special line called like the the stubs line or something, like A list members or whatever. Very fancy, very fancy. And uh, it's like yellow. And you can go through it and just go straight up to the counter. It's like you don't have to wait in line. I don't even do that because I feel like a dick. So I wait in line, and I, you know, I don't, I don't use my in, in, entitled, you know, a list status. You, you know? should. I well, I do now <laughs> because what had happened was we were in line, and it was you know our turn to go up and. Uh, I was like, hey, I, I want to get you know a ticket. And she's like, oh, well, you just go up to the thing. And I was like, yeah, but I want a stub. And she's like, oh, I'm new here. I don't really know how to do that. I was like, well, I know that they normally just you know uh, scan this little thing. And she was like, okay. And I was, and it was like taking a bit longer. And there's these people behind me. I didn't even notice, but Carly notices stuff like this a lot. And she's all like those people behind us are being fucking dicks and i was like what and i was like they're they're mad that you're taking long and i turn around i see the line behind me and i'm just like uh i was like do we have a problem and uh everybody just like looked down and and like it was this one like younger kid maybe like 25 or something who was the one who apparently said it and he completely bitched out because he didn't want a problem with me um but then after that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking use my Stubbs line now or my A-list line because fuck everybody. This little bitch is sitting behind me huffing and puffing because like, can you not wait a minute, bro? Like, not it's not fault. even He's taking that long. What's that? Not your fault. He's 10 minutes late. Motherfucker should have got <laughs> off early. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but no, it just like, like I'm the type of person that I will hold my cool very long. But whenever I get to the point where like the other okay so um i didn't tell this story i know that but my my sister right she's pregnant my sister came to the town where carly lives um just right down the road from where carly lives um which is where the town that i i like kind of grew up in. i'm a little bit outside of it now but you know it's it's the town it's like where i went to high school and stuff um and my sister gets out of the car she just came and got money off of me in, in my work um, I, I gave her like a hundred dollars or something. Uh, she gets out of the car and sits her wallet on the the t- hood of the car. You know, not the hood, the top of the car. And at the same moment she did that, she gets she bends back down to get in the car to get uh, her other daughter out of the car seat or something. Two dudes riding by on bikes snatch her wallet and and take all the money out and throw the wallet on the ground and. I'm just like, she told me this, and I was so fucking mad, dude. I was like, I'm fucking coming out there right now. I'm going to beat the brakes off of these two son of a bitches. Like, and she found the house. She followed them on the bikes and, and you know, drove around and looked for bikes outside of a house. And she found them. And it was – she 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 went up there and started pounding on the door and was like, I'm going to call the f- – fucking cops you know like you bring me out my money right now and like all this stuff and these dudes these dudes eventually came out uh because she did call the cops but they they, before the cops got there they came out and gave her money and it turns out that that one of the dudes was her boyfriend's cousin 
And he's like, oh, if I knew that was you, I would have never did it. I'm like, I want to go teach these fucks a lesson. It doesn't matter who it is. You don't do shit like that, you piece of shit scumbag. Like, I was so mad. I I mean, I was, like, going to go down there and fucking just kick in their windows. And I I, had never been so mad in such a long time because of these fucking drug addicts, dude. Like, and should have taken their bikes. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) That's what I would have done. And I had seen – I had seen – a dude well, they were probably on, stolen I, I seen a dude on the bike in the same spot like a week later and I stopped and I was like, Hey, what's your name? And I was like, I was gonna like you know, I probably shouldn't, but I was gonna like beat this dude's ass if it was him. But it wasn't him. The, the, these this kid was younger, but it, it just made me so it, it just made my blood boil. And that's probably why Carly also hates living there. <laughs> you don't want to beat up junkies, man. They got hepatitis and shit. I know yeah, you never want you never want to punch a junkie, I know. man. I know this. Never. But I, I am, I'm. Me and my boy were just like fuming. We were just. I would have lost my there. mind. So. Yeah, and I don't even like my sister that much. She even that cool, right? Damn, I would hate to see how mad you get if you actually did like your fucking sister. Exactly, Holy dude. Sh- like, I'm telling you, bro. Like, if there's one thing you don't do is like fuck with my family. Like one time, my uncle Brian, who rest in peace, Uncle B. Uh, I love this dude. He, um, my, my cousin Scotty, uh, in high school got into a fight with this kid named Ryan. This, they called him Shrek because he looked like Shrek, big fat, like dude, it was like talking shit on my cousin saying that, saying that my cousin used to like abuse his girlfriend or something, which is completely not true. My cousin's like one of the nicest dudes ever. And, uh, my cousin, you know, got off the bus and was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to fuck you up. You better, you better start running. So he started running and my cousin just like ran behind him and like, was like hitting him and, and beat the shit out of him. Uh, maybe like a year later, I'm at the lunch table. I'm, you know, in like 12th grade by this point, And he's younger than me, like two years. And this dude on like, somebody asked him, he's like, didn't you get in a fight with that Scott Fisher dude? And, uh, and I was sitting there and I was just waiting to hear, hear what he said. He's like, yeah, I beat that kid's ass. He's retarded. And I was just like, oh, really, motherfucker? You beat my cousin's ass. And I started a big thing. Anyway, like three years later, uh, when he's like a senior or something, my uncle is at this girl's house drinking. And my Uncle Brian was so fucking crazy. This dude, he found out who the dude was. And this kid's like 17. And he's like, oh, you fight, fight my nephew, motherfucker. I'm going to fuck you up. Like, trying to fight this, like, 17-year-old. And I'm just like, Uncle V, uh, like, I was on the phone with him. I'm like, I'm like, dude, do not fight the 17-year-old. He's like, no, man, baby. No, that motherfucker, man. <laughs> and it's just like my family is really, despite all their flaws, they are really tight. You know, they, you don't fuck with. Like, I, my cousin, my cousin one time and this other dude named Keith, and I'll stop telling stories here in a minute, but my, my cousin, uh, Brian, um, his dad was my uncle B, my uncle Brian. They're both Brian's. But um, this dude stole my uncle Brian's wallet, and we found him. He was also a drug addict, um, and his his name was um, Don. And there was a Keith, the, uh, this black dude named Keith, who I was real good friends with his brother. Um, and they, they we saw this dude like. Ha- like drugged out in a car and they like pulled him out of the car and my cousin brian like 
like hit him like three times and just walked away. But this this Keith dude was so upset with this Don dude. One, because he stole my uncle's wallet. But two, apparently like a month ago, this Don guy overdosed in Keith's mom's house. So he's sitting on his, like has him mounted and he's throwing these like Donkey Kong punches and he's like, don't ever oh d in my mom's house again and he just keeps hitting him and i'm like i'm like dude i don't think he intentionally overdosed in your mom's house like i don't it was just like a weird thing to warn someone about like like don't ever od in my mom's house again you son of a bitch but you have so many drug stories with overdosing and fucking just shit like that it's crazy it's 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 a plague i i've dealt with so much I've dealt uh, with that shit too, man. The ODs and drug addicts and shit. Oh yeah, uh, I have a million, mil- like I literally have so many stories of, of shit like that. But yeah, it was just it was so ridiculous. I've never seen something. It was sad, but it was also funny because the the dude was like, "I swear I won't, man. I swear I won't." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, well, "What else is he supposed to say?" I know, right? And, <laughs> like, like don't don't get me wrong, like. This isn't a situation where the dude was like knocked out bleeding everywhere. Like he was covered up and he wasn't getting hit that hard to where it was like, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it was brutal and like fucked up. And we all just stood there and watched this guy kill this dude. Like he was covering up and he was like, he was just, they weren't, he wasn't throwing as hard of punches as he could. It was more like almost like slaps at that point. But he was like, don't every, every between every syllable was a punch in the side of the hat in the hand and the head. It was, it was so ridiculous, but listen, don't be a piece of shit and still and, and stuff like that. And then that type of shit won't happen to you. You know, you got yeah, a drug I think, problem, I think it, get help or get fucked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because the drug problem listen, leads to the stealing and being a piece of shit. I, I know drug addicts who would steal from like walmart and shit but would never you know do that to to people they know it's just it's another level of of douchebaggery and and fucking degenerate i hate stealing man it's like it's one thing i can't fucking Bro, I, I never even at my worst and when i was the, my craziest i never stole shit bro i i'm very against that yeah, man, because you know what? Everybody knows what it's like to have something stolen. You're like, "Fuck, man, that sucks." Yeah, my cousin, my cousin Scotty, the one that I was telling you about, his car got broken into like two years ago, and they fucking stole his CDs. Like, not even two good years CDs, ago? like like burnt CDs. You know what I mean? He got stole like fifty whole- cents for the whole thing. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, most pawn like, shops won't even take the burnt this." So yeah, he's like, "I'm not even mad that they're like." that they stole the CDs. I'm like annoyed that I don't have those anymore. Like it's like inconvenient that now I have no music. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, I would have rather him took the fucking stereo. (laughs) Yeah, really? Cause in most cases, the fucking stereo is easier to replace than the actual music, man. Depending on what you're listening to, too. In my case, it would be convenient because you got to go. Oh, it is. (laughs) Definitely is, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, got any uh, drug stories? No, I'm just I got a bunch, but we, I, I do too, man. I, I do too. I could go on for fucking just as long as JP did too, man. But it's just sad. Sad. Yeah. I, I guess it's kind of related to horror. stole my sister's wallet, though. It right in broad daylight in the middle of the fucking street. Just yeah, drove that, by. That's, that's, that's crackhead shit right there. That's crackhead shit. What's man. that, Dave? They had adults on the bike? 
adults? Yes, they were like yeah, see, thirty-five. That, that's your first sign right there. Yeah, those guys are <laughs> fucking losers. Yeah, one of them had like no teeth. My sister said, and and the other one was like a little bit younger, and I apparently just got out of jail. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're on your way back. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they don't care. Thirty-five years old riding a stolen bike with no teeth. Fuck. I love. That I guy mean, probably sometimes. still gets more pussy than Jeremy does, though. <laughs> uh, I, I doubt it. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> uh, shit, I shouldn't be ripping on him. He's not even here to defend himself. Not like he probably would. But yeah, but yeah um, man. So I, dude, I was like so excited this week. Like I was checking out a shitload of fucking like brand new 2019 films. I don't know why I always say that brand new 2019. If I say 2019 films, doesn't it just assume they were brand new? Yep. Like, I don't know why I always say that. Just I watched a shitload too. I need to get on it, bro. I've I'm so I have a uh, a list of um, some of the because I, I did really good keeping up with like the big releases, the mainstream ones, but uh, I've totally not been watching any of the indie stuff so i'm kind of on there i watched harpoon which was really good i'm opposite of you jp i've not got the i know that's usually moods is opposite too yeah i always watch those ones at the end of the year kind of thing that's why i'm I'm slowly catching up right now i just checked out crawl and child's play which i enjoyed both crawl is you know you got to suspend your belief a little bit jesus christ some of the shit in that movie want to talk about a suspend your disbelief alligator movie watch the pull the the pool. Oh yeah, yeah. The pool. The pool. It, it's if it, it's like this. Uh, it's I think it's Korean, but there's an Asian dude who gets stuck in in like Olympic sized pool, oh, no ladder in it, and there's an alligator or a crocodile in it with him. It, it literally is sounds like JP saying get stuck in the poo. <laughs> in the poo. <laughs> it, it's one of the most like asinine, ridiculous, like none of this makes sense movies I've ever seen. But I've heard it's fun, though. I heard it's fun. You could interpret it as that. I think that it was annoying me so much that I almost couldn't have fun. But I will say, by the very end, I almost did start having fun more because I was like, I was like, oh, like every bad thing imaginable (laughs) happened in this movie. Ridiculous. And I'm just like, by this point, I'm like, oh, my God, like, what else are you going to do? Um, yeah, it's funny because when I heard that there was a movie called The Pool coming out, I mean, there was a slasher film years and years ago called The Pool. I just assumed it was another fucking slasher film for some odd reason. Yeah. I didn't think it would be like a, a croc type film that kind of shot. Yeah, I was me actually around. looking forward to this shit, too, and it, it completely disappointed me. So that's um, a, a recommend then? No, but Jason <laughs> Lloyd loved it, so take that. Yeah, but Jason it. Lloyd, man, oh, my, he, I mean, he did, did you see his post recently on uh, um, Three from Hell? No. Did oh, yeah, he likes that? it better than Devil's Rejects. That's not but like, But he's just like, but the way he talks about it, he's like, he said certain things. I haven't seen Three from Hell yet. It's one of those bigger films that I just haven't gotten around to. But he was saying that the music in Three from Hell was used better than The Devil's Rejects. And I was like, mm, oh. I haven't seen it yet, but I fucking doubt that. Uh, another like, thing just, that I saw Jason say is that, that on that Henenlotter post that Bad Biology is his best film and Brain Damage is one of his worst. Okay, see that's just, that's just fuck that's just fucked up because that's polar opposite of how it actually is. Yeah, it's not exactly. just opinion. It's not just opinion. I think if you talk to Hen and Lauder, Lauder too, man, it'd be you know obviously bad biology's got to be the well at the bottom kind of thing. Man, he'd probably say basket case three. 
Basky Case Three is is very yeah. That's what <laughs> he would. Point. I bet he would hate that one the most. Yeah, I think he probably does. I don't like the Basket Case sequels. Honestly, I like they're them. okay. They're fun, but they're not great movies. But they're yeah. fun. But um, yeah, this week I I was really digging into shit, man. But I got to say, I just got to talk about this for a second because um, this one shocked the living shit out of me. So I was kind of reading into this, and then sure as shit, Derek had actually recommended The Headhunter. And I was like, oh, fuck, I was actually just looking at him. Like, that's from the director of um, who did Thanks, uh, Thanks Killing. Have you seen yeah. those movies, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Thanks Pilot. Killing and Thanks Killing 3, which, you know, 3 is the storyline. It's the only movie that ever skipped a sequel kind of thing. They're goofy as fuck. Killer, killer turkeys, man. So going into this movie, I'm thinking, holy shit, man, this is going to be another $10 movie kind of thing. Holy fuck, man. I was blown away. This movie has phenomenal cinematography man it's basically yeah, that just about was this one that came out that that came out a while ago and i remember when it was at yeah. walmart people were praising it and i was yeah. like i have to add that one to the list it's it's a I short forgot. film it's it's a very quick watch it only runs dude, just over 70 minutes this but... year dude i was looking at the films that i have hour 20 hour 20 hour 15 like i'm I just like, like oh me too dude <laughs> yeah a lot of, no man fuck dude i was just actually thinking about this the other night a lot of the movies that i was i have on a list to watch and they're all like over 100 min- minutes and i'm like god damn it dude i'm in crunch time man why is, can't everything be like 80 to 90 minutes kind of thing but but yeah this one is a quick watch it's it's basically because it's you know one main character in the film who's kind of hunting these things and stuff but i won't give too much away from it but it's really solid man i enjoyed the shit out of it. it's really great and the ending is just like whoa that's fucking awesome very cool um, stuff, man. Y'all can skip 47 meters down, too. Um, y'all could skip the girl on the third floor. Um, I heard both of those are dookie butter. Well, yeah. The girl, the girl on the third on the floor third... wasn't bad. It just wasn't. You don't need to see it. I yeah, can't no, watch Sam Punk. I didn't even. Re- <laughs> okay, I'm not going to lie because I've been. I've been disconnected from wrestling for years and years. And I miss like all these new generations. I didn't even know who CM Punk was. I'm watching the movie and I learned that he, that was CM. I knew the name CM Punk. I didn't. Really the only reason like. I know who he is is because of Jeremy and MMA. Yeah. yeah. So and those so MMA fights movie. so lame. So I watched <laughs> the girl on the third floor going into this, not, you know, thinking, Oh, it's CM Punk is the lead in this movie. I found that out after, but honestly, he wasn't that bad in the movie. To be honest, the movie huh. itself is just not that great. You know, yeah. it's just, but uh, I did watch Child's Play. Um, really actually fucking enjoyed the shit out of it. It's fun as hell. It's really fun. Yeah, I, I really liked Child's Play. I, I'll tell you, I liked it more than uh, three of the other Child's Play films in the Ooh. original franchise. So Have you have you seen it yet, Dave? Child's no. Play? No, I'm going to watch that. I mean, I watched a bunch, though. I watched Banana Splits, The Furies, Haunt, The Fair, and something else. Um, yeah. Banana Split, that movie's fun, man. Uh, Yeah, I bought, I got suckered into buying it on Blu-ray. It was in, at Walmart, when it came out, it was like 17 bucks on Blu-ray Banana Splits. And I was like, well, I'm not paying that for that. Um, But I'll wait till it drops. And it was, it was 10 bucks. And I was like, sweet, that's, I'll pay 10 bucks for it. So I bought it and some beef jerky. And then I go up and it's like 20 some dollars. And I'm like, "Uh, what the fuck? And here it was just... It was bullshit. It was just must have been in a wrong slot or something. <laughs> and here, and then here I said to JP, I'm like, I yeah, actually, I, I got it. I should send you a screenshot of this too. I actually paid nine ninety nine on Amazon.ca for it. <laughs> I think I paid like ten bucks too. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, I'm dude, I'm like, dude, that's like three dollars American for it, man. He's like, ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I was like seventeen. It was like seventeen ninety nine too. I think that's so. a lot for that. Yeah, it, I refused it, to it, buy it too when I saw that price tag on Amazon. I was like, get the fuck out of here. And then I yeah. waited. It was like twelve, ten, twelve. I was like, all right. Yeah, and, and th- you know what I hate is like 
I I do like picking up titles from Walmart, like that for the 2019 stuff. Like there was a couple of Shutter films there and and some other stuff, but I just can't justify blind buying some of these titles for like 13 bucks. I'm just like, it's a DVD, make it 10. You know what Fuck I mean? DVDs. Like, I ain't buying yeah, no DVDs. I, I barely ever buy DVDs anymore um, for new films, uh, or you know, if it's something that's not on DVD or, or on Blu-ray, maybe. But yeah, I, I'm pretty much, I've pretty much. 80 90 percent of what i buy is blu-ray now yeah i'm not like haunt that's only on dvd and i really enjoyed that movie but i will not be buying it because it's a dvd not buying it yeah i'm kind of the same way yeah man i know that's it's it's funny that some of those movies don't get blu-ray releases right away you know i'm just sick just it's weird i feel like we could eliminate dvd now it's ah. been long enough it still sells that's the price it's it because it's cheaper well. than blu-ray it sells because more than blu-ray yeah, because it's cheaper. That's why people do it. And a lot of people are like, ah, DVD to Blu-ray quality. Nye, nye, nye. No, you know, dude, I told you we're getting people, dumber. They don't know. There's still that's what people I'm saying. in Walmart when I'm over there where they're like, oh, no, don't. That's a Blu-ray. We don't have that. Like, you know, don't buy that one. I'm <laughs> you got me VHS? <laughs> it's ridiculous. No. I wish that I wish that the um, DVD, they would just, they, they would sell more Blu-rays if they just stopped making DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you'd have all these people like, man, ah, first it was VHS, now it's DVD, and they're getting all mad about it and yeah. shit. Yeah. Are you upgraded <laughs> to 4K yet? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have many, but I got a handful. Yeah, I don't buy everything, but I, if it's horror, I usually pick it up. Um, m- one of my favorite releases is uh, the Pet Cemetery 4K. Really? Is that a good movie? No, I'm saying the original Pet Cemetery. Okay, okay, because I saw the double pack. Of no, Pet Cemetery dude, and the- we we all didn't like. The yeah, movie. I didn't. Th- it sounded like shit to me, but I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, it it's I it's honestly oh, it- probably one of the most disappointing films I've seen this year up there with the pool. Dude, yeah, that mo- that movie is fucking. Oh. Uh, I, but I'm also a massive fan of the original. Yeah, I like um, the original too. It's one of my favorites, so yeah. Um, but yeah, for, I I do dig 4K a lot. It's it's pretty cool. Um, I'm I, I know that who didn't somebody else just announce a? I think when 8K comes out, I'll probably upgrade to 4K. I think that's where I'll go. Who just announced a, a 4K title? Um, like a like a smaller studio, like Vinegar Syndrome. Well, Kino, they announced Tammy and the T Rex, but I thought another studio announced the Kino. Didn't Kino, didn't Kino, Kino did Hannibal? Well, yeah, well, they it, canceled they, Hannibal. They canceled Hannibal. No, they Hannibal, released but they, Hannibal. They, they just canceled, canceled the Man with No Name trilogy. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, they, they should have released those. The, it's the Man like with no Hannibal, Name. Man with No, the most popular dude, like Western series of all time, or Hannibal, the sequel dude, to that, one of the most I don't understand that either. I don't understand that. Was exactly what I said. I was like, dude, you released fucking Hannibal as your first release, and you're wondering why it didn't sell. First of all, it's not a cult, cult title yet. It's still too fucking new, and two, like, not many people like it that much. You know, it's it's all right. Maybe it was cheap to no do, man. Maybe it was like a test run or something like that because it's it was probably one. cheap to do or something, but. I don't know. It's weird because I think Kino has the rights to the the Man with No Name trilogy, so it would be expensive just... to remaster, though. I guarantee it. Oh, for sure, and I think that's why these companies aren't, you know, these kind of niche companies aren't dwelling into it right now, hardcore. But I guess it remains to be seen, man. But... Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see 
you know, because right now we've mo- mostly seen like studio titles, Evil Dead, Halloween, you know. Uh, and that's actually, I, w- I won't lie. It's another reason why I haven't been enticed to, to upgrade. I mean, the major reason is because my TVs are still fine. And I just don't feel the need to go and spend money when I don't really need to. But it's more the titles. I won't lie. Everything seems to be catalog titles right now. And even though some of the movies I do really like, like The Shining and things like that, there is some titles out there, Evil Dead, that would be cool to have on this new format and stuff. It's not interesting me enough to go out and do the upgrade just for these titles that I already own 79 editions of. So, but a movie like, but a movie like Suspiria though, man, does Oh, that, that was the that was the company. Yeah, yeah, Synapse. Yeah, Synapse. They didn't just announce it, but I just um, got it in the mail yeah. a couple days ago. I'm gonna pick that up in a maybe in a month or so. I, I do want it. it. That price tag is so steep, but dude, I, for shits and giggles, I went and checked out the price tag on it. I just want to see what they were selling for in CA and. And fuck, it was forty nine ninety nine. I'm like, God damn. I mean, I get it though, man. It's it's Synapse already a little bit more expensive. It's four K. It's new new format and stuff. It's their first one and shit. I get that, but like I said though, see that's the type of title that entices me and encourages me to you know to go and upgrade because I love the film. But that's also a movie that would be great to see in that format. You know, assuming that the format is as good as Jeremy says it is, man, he sucks the dick Dude, of four K every you that day. It's not. It's I've it, never like, even he heard makes anyone it sound like it's it's fucking vhs to blu-ray in in terms of different quality it's not even as as big of a leap as dvd to blu-ray it's what do you less think, than Dave? that what do you think the leap is i've i've only watched a couple uh 4ks but there's a couple positives about them they're they don't have a region setting yeah which gets me really hype and and there's gonna be um uh, that nice second sight uh, 4k of the dawn of the dead series all three cuts on 4k and mark yeah. on 4k so you gotta have that yeah i'm yeah, probably yeah. gonna See, have to get that that uh, i'm actually buying like, like i i even said that i'll probably be my first 4ks even though if i don't have the tv or whatever i'll get around to getting the tv it. and shit but i gotta have that it's my favorite movie so it's like my I third mean, second third that's essential so yeah so yeah so all the 4ks around the world are, there's no region locked and stuff how much is it for like a 4k uh, like all region player just to play your older Blu-rays and shit that are region. My locked. my friend paid like two fifty for one because I the cheapest one I found around here was five hundred, and like I'm like holy fuck that's outrageous yeah. for a player. I'm like even the four K players themselves here are like three hundred. Just so, keep your regular Blu-ray player too because your four K no, no, player it, it doesn't play Blu-rays as well as a Blu-ray player will play them. No, no 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 for sure. I was just looking into seeing what the prices were and stuff because yeah. The upscale was whack on some of my shit, to be honest. It looked like it really? shit. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I heard, heard the same thing. It's supposed to make it look better. I have a four uh, Blu-ray player that upscales to four K to my TV, and like I put in the torso Blue Underground Blu-ray, and it looked like dog shit on the four K player. But when I put it in the other one, it was okay. Really? Yeah. That's, so I think that there's some issue with the the TV settings and the four K player, maybe possibly, but. I, I, I thought it looked terrible, so I, I actually got my 4K, uh, my Blu-ray player uh, 4K. Well, does it change like the bitrate or something? Is there something in there that was ghosting? And no That's matter what, what settings I changed, but when I put in the 4Ks, they look good. Huh? So I got to keep both players out. I mean, obviously, I gotta. I'll always have my region-free players and shit like that. Yeah. Just I have fucking three players out already. So- I have- this is a conversation I've actually thought was pretty interesting considering the whole region locking conversation about, you know, obviously DVDs and Blu-rays are all region locked and shit like that. But when it comes to 4K, why aren't they? Because, because it's the end. I don't know, man. It's the end. Because, 
because it literally makes no sense because the reason why there is region locking is because of you know they have the rights to those regions 4k is not going outside of that you know Arc, it's, it's, still, it's still a region it's weird right arc it's too small yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I'm not 100. It shouldn't even sure work that like they that. Won't it, start doing doing it either. Like I don't know if it's. But it technically shouldn't work like that, even though the market's small and shit. That's kind of like, it is what it is right there. But as for you know a studio in the UK having the rights to this, it still should be you know to the region because that's just the way shit works. Yeah, but I don't you would know. Think I don't know though. I want to talk about it in case they change it. <laughs> Keep yeah, it on the right. down low. Yeah, region um, locking is one of the biggest pains in the ass ever. It's I hate it. Stupid. Yeah, it is definitely fucking annoying. You got to get special players to play your shit. And and for me now too, it's like I have so many region two Blu-rays and like European shit. Like I have to have these players. Like sometimes like it's it's fucking funny though, dude. Like sometimes I'll pop in an eighty-eight films release. Man, the majority of the releases say region B. They're not even locked. That's they're umbrella. Playing. Umbrella, all of them. Yeah, Umbrella is notorious for that too. But like, it's funny. Like the Italian collection, you know, all like fifty-five or whatever. There's maybe like five that are region locked. It's hilarious. That's because they're Severin has the titles and eighty-eight and Severin hate each other. Yeah, probably right. So yeah. So sometimes I'll pop it in. I'm like, oh yeah, it's region. Oh, it's playing. What, Shit, man. What's your uh, What's your favorite studios um, distribution studios? Dave. Me? Yeah. Um, I like Arrow. I like Vinegar. I like Kino. I like Severn synapse but synapse doesn't put enough out but what, I, uh, what would you, what's your favorite though i don't have a favorite you don't I have mean, a vinegar favorite. syndrome i'm probably most loyal to but they it, it's hard to determine because all the companies have great titles but they also have turd bombs sometimes oh yeah they're i mean uh, it's hard but at all, least with vinegar syndrome they're the company that can polish these turd bombs polish them like something special i yeah. agree i think vinegar syndrome does the best job for the price same yeah. Same. I, I've, yeah. I've, I've felt yeah, that way for a while now. Um, I think that Arrow used to be up there high for me. I feel like this last year, Arrow's output hasn't been what it typically is. Arrow Synapse. Is awesome. <laughs> I, I don't know that. Um, but Synapse, they, they, I really liked Synapse for a while. Um, but like you said, they, they just ha- they've announced so many things that aren't out. They're perfectionists and they're a small team, I think. So yeah, and uh, Blue Underground. I mean, at this point, it's just re-releases of their old titles. At least that's good ones, though. I mean, at least yeah. they're you know putting on House by Cemetery and shit. I mean, it, it, I'm so loyal to Italian films that when these companies reissue them in those type of formats, like triple disc and blah blah blah, I'm like giddy up. I do Any like Italian movie I read by. Yeah, I, I still buy, need. I to upgrade grab, anything Italian. I still yeah. need to grab the. Uh, two evil eyes one they just did though i still don't have that yeah revisiting uh, that I, I liked it a lot better than i remembered i've never seen it it's solid yeah I've yeah it's what, a it. couple post stories is two of them yeah it's not great but it's solid yeah yeah for sure man i i was so stoked this week man i i saw this movie called strawberry flavored plastic and i was like i'm always drawn into like really strange titled films Mm-hmm. Man, I heard that one. Who did that? What is that? Oh my god, it fucking sucked, man. It's oh, it's, really? it's one of those type <laughs> of films. It's one of those type of films. It's like kind of like a mockumentary. It's like done in, you know, it's it's supposed to feel real kind of thing. Um, it's kind of like Long Pigs in a sense. You know, it's following a serial killer, and these this team of documentaries are documenting this guy, and you know they want to make a story about it kind of thing, right? And of course, it goes a little bit haywire and shit. But I mean, there's there's one or two decent parts, but man, this movie is just like. 
it's so fucking slow and boring. Like nothing's. Oh my god, it was just horrible. It was like one of the was, worst. Like found footage. It's called strawberry flavored plastic. Just ordered it. <laughs> I love these setups too, man. Because like, if it was, I was thinking to myself, I'm like reading this. I'm like, okay, if it's it anything good. like Long Pigs, if yeah, it does, and it's got a really cool name. Even the artwork for it is really cool. And she, oh my god, it was just atrocious, man. But you know, it's been one of those weeks, man. I watched Daniel isn't real, and uh, not even knowing that Arnold that's Schwarzenegger's not officially out yet. No, um, so whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I got a screener. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying that it, I, I, is it coming out before the end of the year? It's supposed you know? to. I think I think it's supposed to be coming out uh, beginning of December. Oh, okay. I want right? to see I th- that. I think so, uh, but it's got um, Patrick Schwarzenegger in it, which I thought was really interesting. His role in this is like bizarre. Is that like Arnold's brother or something? Son. <laughs> it's his son. He's right? got he, yeah. It's a oh, son. Really? He's got the he's got the jaw, man. He doesn't sound like <laughs> Arnold. He doesn't have that accent, obviously, because he's American, yeah. but. But uh, yeah, so it, it was his role is pretty comical in it. It's like it's just the way he pr- portrays this character that he's playing is fucking funny, man. Uh, it was pretty decent though, man. Um, did you guys see The Dead Don't Die? No, yeah, I saw I saw it in the theater. You know what's cool about that movie, bro? So you know you know where they're looking at like the map of the town. Yeah, that's my town. Like they they use the map from like all the places named on it is where I'm from. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, which makes I mean it kind of makes sense as it's set in Pennsylvania and stuff, but yeah, yeah. Th- this specific town, like where Carly works, that's literally where it's set. It just it's just, it, it was so cool. I was just like, wow, that's that's re- re- we both looked at each other because we didn't know we saw it in the theater. We both looked at each other and like, holy shit, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it really is, man. And like, I, I wasn't really expecting much from it, even though it was a Jim Jarmusch film. And I'm I'm a fan of his movies. Are you, do you like him, Dave? You like Jim Jarmusch's uh, films? All the ones I've seen, like Ghost Dog and uh, Only Lovers Left Alive and Dead Man. I really like Dead Man. Only I think they're Lovers all good movies. Left Alive was really good. I don't know. I, he's I never done me wrong. Yeah, see, I love that. I love that movie too. So I was like, you know what, man? This sounds pretty interesting. He's doing like this kind of zombie film, and I was looking at the cast, going, well, usually when you see cast like this, it kind of seems like a fail because there's so many names in there, and you want to like how they can utilize like all this talent kind of thing. Um, I was surprised that Bill Murray was actually like the main character in it, but uh, I thought it was funny. I like this type of comedy. I don't like. I'm not really into physical comedy and shit, and zomcoms in general just really piss me off these days. So but it's I worth like grabbing. I thought it was solid as fuck, man. It, it's just it's done. It, it's got that Jarmish um, dialogue, and you know, just the way the characters talk to each other and shit. It's kind of awkward, and it's very subtle, and it's like mm-hmm. it's not like a, it's not dry British humor, but it's 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 intellectual humor i guess i don't know but it's just it's interesting and there's lots of great character actors in here like caleb laundry drones like one of my favorites man i absolutely love this guy and i wish you would get more roles in shit like this because he's just brilliant and fucking everything man like after rewatching this this week i just wanted to go back and watch antiviral because the dude is like i don't know he's he's amazing like i said if they uh if they ever Chloe do like a night savini in it savini, too yeah yeah, Twiddler uh, Swind- <laughs> Swindon, man, her fucking character in this is like, it's straight fucking Kill Bill, man. It's hilarious. But yeah, uh, I no, didn't love Steve it. I, I like it. I, I didn't love it, though. I love zombie I lo- movies, so I think I have to see it. Did you notice the, the Rizza mm-hmm. cameo in the film? Yep. So when he's, he's I even UPS, I was like, Carly. <laughs> she did, but of course, did, she did. Did you notice his UPS uniform? Yep. It's a, it's a WPS. Yep. <laughs> it was like mm-hmm. the Wu Tang PS. I was like, yep. that's so fucking awesome, man. Amazing. But yeah, it's just did, shit like did that. Did you hear man. that? Uh, 
Oh, what the hell was it? I shared it in a group or something. But the RZA owns somebody's. Uh, yeah, the psychic, the psychic. Yeah, yeah, it's Fauci psychic on on film. I thought that well, was you, dope. I mean, the, I mean, it only makes sense really because he's a cinephile and he. That's that's kind of the birth of the the Wu Tang Clan was. Oh, hundred you know, percent. The old martial art. That's that's yeah. where they got their whole thing from and stuff. So. But uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought it was really good, man. I you know, I mean, not like crazy, crazy good, but it was entertaining as shit, though, man. But uh, yeah, I watched a lot of movies this week, man. A lot of nineteen films I thought were pretty decent. I ended up watching Nightmare Cinema, which is an anthology film, which I thought was pretty solid. I thought it was actually pretty solid. Wounds fucking sucked. The shed was all right, kind of boring, whatever. But see, uh, yeah, I'm skipping a lot of the ones that have mediocre um, reviews. I just don't have time to get to the ones that you know are probably not going to make my list like i i feel like the for the most part i'm only going with ones that i've heard good praise for right now yeah just i I, I don't have the time to to dig deeper than that i i I maybe have 25 left in me yeah yeah i i definitely for the people that haven't seen harpoon i really enjoyed the shit out of that harpoon's excellent yeah it is man you know for that type of setup yeah, for that type of setup, man, that was that's another solid Canadian film. So big ups. Yeah. I love shit set on boats, but the way they did this was was good. It was clever and it was uh, it was refreshing and hilarious know? and fucking funny as hell too. It right? It was very funny. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was very funny. the jokes were the hitting every guys. time. Great. Yeah, dude, it was a hitting every time, man. It was so good. I just it was great, man. Definitely great ones. The so. part where they were talking about who was better in bed, like, had me laughing dude it was great (laughs) (laughs) oh man fuck man i just wanted that boat dude that boat was amazing damn it's actually the interior was actually shot separately was it man because yeah yeah, that was the actual boat yeah that shit was like amazing but they made it look good they made it look look great i didn't even notice no yeah it's crazy so but uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a rundown of 2019 films I watched. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we should probably move this along. Yeah. Get into <laughs> some news. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Alright, we have a decent amount of news. Uh, we'll be a little quicker, though. Um, so, first up is some Nightmare on Elm Street potential. Uh, West Craven's estate um, got the rights to a Nightmare on Elm Street back. Um, they were originally owned, I believe, by New Line Cinema, but there's this thing that's happening now where uh, works that are over 40 years or something like that. I forget the exact amount. Unless it's Disney. Yeah, or are being reverted back to the original writers, the creators of them. Um, And it happened with Friday the 13th, and now it has happened with Nightmare on Elm Street. So uh, Wes Craven's estate uh, recently came out and said they are now taking pitches for uh, a new Nightmare on Elm Street film. So... Um, yeah, and they I also, it must be 35 years. It must be 35 years. I think so. Because it, it came out in 84, it's 2019, yeah. simple math, 35 years, which brings me, you know, 
to say it's fucking such a shame that we haven't gotten like a good anniversary box set or some shit like that. Like, fuck off. Scream might be able to do it because they're working with Warner Brothers now. New line of Warner. Yeah, true that. True that. But I mean, obviously, if the rights were reverting and shit, nothing was going to come out. But it's a shame. It's 35 years, man. You got to put out something. Some of these films get anniversaries for one years. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Halloween you know and Evil like, Dead get one every 10 seconds. Yeah, dude. It's like, you know, I can see 35 years is a long time. I mean, that's a good anniversary, right? So. So yeah, uh, the so Craven's estate not only on Freddy but a Nightmare on Elm Street. It's different than the Friday the Thirteenth uh, debacle that happened with that those rights and how they're tied up in court right now. Um, yeah. Apparently, this is more uh, fluid and simple, not as much controversy with it. Um, but they are taking pitches, and Bloody Disgusting reported that they are looking for concepts for a movie as well as um, an HBO Max series because. Um, HBO is getting into the streaming game much like Disney just did um, and they're going to create their own HBO um, you know streaming service uh, so with new material yes probably old material too you'll probably be able to well, watch Oz course, and all that Tales stuff. of the Crypt maybe Tell, mm, I don't know about Tales from the Crypt if they solely own that now or not but yeah it's interesting that they would announce that they're they're possibly working on like a new series to put on their streaming site before they because most streaming sites don't they usually just you know they come up and then you know kind of like no there's you know shutter started out disney came out with shows yeah but that's fucking disney they're worth billions of dollars they can do what the hell they want i'm talking about like things like shutter you know they started out they got their subscriptions and then they started you know completing and putting up like new um you know their own content and stuff HBO, yeah. HBO big, pro- yeah, they HBO are, I guess, big. but I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, not big enough to finish off shows like fucking Deadwood and stuff. Yeah, you know that shit costs too much. They get three seasons out of it and have to cancel it. And everybody yeah, was this, watching. This is too. Game of Thrones era HBO, dude. Deadwood, <laughs> Deadwood was like super highly rated. They literally ran out of money for it. I'm like, guys, you only plan to do four seasons of it, and you only got through three. Who the fuck is doing the books on this shit? Instead, <laughs> Rome wasted all their goddamn money. <laughs> such a shame man such a shame yeah but um so that i mean one cool thing that i saw was mike flanagan tweeted put me in coach i have a pitch so uh hopefully mike flanagan gets an opportunity to pitch something i'm sure i, I trust him at this point well at this point flanagan that's the only thing he can do anymore because he's not going to be doing any big budget films yeah. unfortunately well you who know knows? this might be big budget we don't you know, know what's sad though but if they want to do a Dream Warriors, they'll have to wait a couple more years, won't they, to get the rights to that? No, because I think Craven, I think Craven owned like it wasn't that it's just Nightmare on Elm Street, or it's it's like it's not just the original film. I think it's like all encompasses the franchise too. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I, once that timestamp came up on the thirty-five years, say that's what it is. It was the rights, so he had the rights to the whole franchise. It wasn't just the original. Yeah. Film. See where it gets tricky with uh, Friday Thirteenth is I believe it's solely the original film and not the the franchise. Um, but I think that I think what what I would want to see is one of two things, uh, like a prequel um, where it's like you know um, Freddy before he becomes Freddy, or I want to see like a Dream Warriors style film. I agree. Um, with that. So that's kind of what I want, but I don't know. I'm I'm just happy there's a little bit of movement on this. Um, and Caleb Landry Jones playing fucking Freddy. There you go. Uh, oh, I think it? so, man. 
I think you'd be okay for it, man. To be honest. Uh, after that, we have nobody seems to agree. I don't know, know who that is. Who? He, Caleb Landy Jones. He's the dude that played Nanjivire. I talked about him like ten minutes ago. The redheaded dude. The redheaded from dude. Get Out. Huh? Yeah, he's actually in Get Out. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, a, that guy's a great fucking actor. I mean, maybe for a fucking ginger, he's a fucking great acting ginger, man. Uh, I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm, I'm for whatever. Just I'd have to think about that. <laughs> like just actors, that's, you know. Yeah, I think he'd be good at it. But uh, so The Simpsons is airing its first ever Thanksgiving of horror this year for Thanksgiving. So of course we know they do the long running Treehouse of Horror segments um, episodes. Thanks killing. Thanks killing. They're doing a Thanksgiving of horror, which I just think is cool. So my question is, why wait like? 38 fucking year or however long the show it's been what 40 years no 30 years no. Since the show's been uh, about it came out in 89 so 30 30 years so it's been on for 30 years since the first time they're doing this it's, crazy. it's weird the I simpsons guess... are older than me uh-huh treehouse gets good ratings so they probably are like oh we want some of that ratings in november maybe they're like they drop off in november so let's add this treehouse of horrors thanksgiving of horror whatever yeah shilly's called a thanks killing come on <laughs> Uh, after that, we have killer turkey. <laughs> there's turkey stuff on it. I think. Nice. Uh, DC. This is just small. Um, DC's Swamp Thing is coming to Blu-ray. I guess that um, DC did a. Don't they have a streaming service or something? Yep. Yeah, I guess they did a, a Swamp Thing show that they canceled before it even aired. Um, but <laughs> it, apparently, it was good. I'm sure How could it be? Apparently, it's good. No one saw it. No, they can't. They still aired it, but they already announced that it was canceled. <laughs> Don't <laughs> get too attached. It's going away. What? They actually? I didn't know. I didn't even know that aired because I remember that shit too. But they they announced it was canceled before they aired it. Yep. So why would anybody watch it then? Exactly. It seems stupid. Kind of uh, shot themselves that, in the foot with that, huh? Yeah, that's um, a little bit silly. After that, we have uh, Countdown, which was a film that came to theaters earlier, um, maybe like a month ago. Like asking somebody with cancer to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> Terminal cancer. I know, right? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I said that. <laughs> wow. That was, wow. Count, Countdown is a film that is about an app that tells you when you're going to die. Um, I saw this in the theater and I actually really liked it. It, it surprised me. It's very what you would expect, um, but I just thought it was kind of. I like the mythology in it. And I'll play the Jeremy on this one. Oh fuck that pure garbage for kids under thirteen shit. Countdown. Was yeah, because that- that's what he. It is PG thirteen, right? I think so. Okay, so that's what he would say. The pure garbage for kids under thirteen. Yeah, but I, I liked it. I thought it was actually. Oh, good. dude, I just had... I mean, it makes sense to have a, a movie about a, a killer app or something like that aimed at 13-year-olds. It's just it's their world, right? For me, you know how I feel about that shit. Yeah, it actually follows an adult, though, which is weird. What? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Um, made $31 million <laughs> at the box What was the budget office. on that? Probably like two. Fuck. Two to, that's fl- unbelievable. Two to ten, probably. Um. So yeah, that's coming to Blu-ray January 7th. So not out in time before the end of the year, but I doubt it's going to make any lists anyway. Um, 
after that we have a um a there's a a christmas carol adaptation coming to fx in december and apparently it's pretty dark so be on the lookout for a christmas carol which will hit fx on december 19th which i'm a i'm a big fan of uh christmas carol adaptations yeah that that's definitely a story that needs a dark approach to it yeah. i love scrooge. I, think, I think it could work yeah man scrooge is pretty scrooge. dark but funny at the same time it is funny yeah uh it's actually i think it's a mini series because i think it's three episodes oh but I, I might actually check this out it sounds cool to me now, if it's dark and Christmas related, why not? I'm running out of Christmas horror films. I, I noticed there hasn't been really like a lot released this year. I know, like, Usually they start coming up about this year. Like last year, actually, the last two years, there was so many fucking Krampus. Uh, Dave can, I was just going to say, Dave can probably, <laughs> he knows what I'm about to say, but all these Krampus films from like, it was weird because it'd be like Krampus 1, 2, and, like these films would come out and then. And it was like this other Krampus series, and they were all different series with sequels and shit. It was coming. I was like, "This is fucking." Nice. I, I ended up reviewing like, yeah, and I ended up reviewing like six or seven different Krampus films. It was fucked. It was really. It was horrible. It was terrible. God, they were bad. Ugh. But this year, I noticed like the, there's not, and I only bring this up because somebody actually asked me yesterday if I was going to do a 25 days of um, Christmas horror again. I did one on YouTube years ago, and then I waited a couple years to kind of build up the films again, and I did it last year just on Instagram. Actually watched all twenty five films, did mini reviews and stuff on them. Not just my two word letterbox reviews, but uh, but then I was like, man, it's fifty movies, man, fifty Christmas related horror films. There's not a whole lot. I don't think I could, I don't think there is twenty four, twenty five more I haven't seen. So, right? Um, yeah, there hasn't been that many. Um, I think there's only one that I've seen this year. It was I trapped the devil. Yeah. I haven't seen. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any other Christmas ones uh, slated right Which now. Which is weird because didn't that movie come out like in the first quarter of the year, like after Christmas? Oh, I have last no year. Idea. No, I wait, think it did. It I, came out. No, that counts for this year. No, it does. I'm just saying it came it came out after Christmas last year, right? It would make more sense to release it around Christmas time because then it's Christmas related. But oh, I thought it just came out like a couple months ago or something. No, Can't no, remember. it was out. It was out like probably in the first quarter, in the first four months. Maybe on streaming, but I thought the Blu-ray just came out. I have no. Uh, no, the Blu-ray has been out for a while. Oh, so, I just got it. So I seen it months ago. I mean, I I logged my 19 watches in order. So if it's, I think it's more towards the beginning that I seen. But I no, that, that movie was actually pretty good. I, I actually forgot about that one. But yeah, I want to see. Didn't it. Care Isn't for it? it a oh. who directed it? Isn't it someone I know? It's a first-time yeah. director. Oh, yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was actually pretty solid. It looks but. really good. It look it, it's uh I think the script is kind of like two pages of story and stretched out for eighty three minutes. But it's uh, it's a good, I, I it's well made. It's well made movie, no doubt. I yeah. fell asleep or something, so I have to pop that one back in. Um, okay, Paramount and Platinum Dunes are making a film called The Follower, which uses tech to stalk a babysitter. Um, it looks as like it's one of those desktop horror films. Oh my god, another technological thing. Man, for some reason when you said the follower, I have no idea why this came to my mind right now, but I just pictured Val Kilmer in the starring role. Hmm. Um yeah, it has a, <laughs> I don't know why. It, it has a trailer out now, so it might be coming soon. But um yeah, it seems like it's, you know, one of those uh desktop type horror films, which I like, so I'm down. Uh, I'll wait till I hear if it's great or not. 
Yeah, those. That's like the one subgenre, modern subgenre that I'm not really too fond of. Um, okay, the it the um, it writer, the guy who wrote the two la- last two it films, um, said that they he thinks that um, they're that possibly, the second half of it sucks. No, I, I like it. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Um, I think he said that. What what he's saying is, uh, he might they might do some spinoffs possibly, like following certain characters. I don't. I I would assume that it's just Pennywise. We're gonna have to know how it ends, right? Like, I mean, if you know how this, I didn't watch the second. No, I mean, you could like. Here's the thing about the original story is. Pennywise or the the light or whatever it is was pregnant in the original story. So um, there you could always technically sequelize it. You know what Just I mean? Just do the critters, find an egg or some shit. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, you could even do prequels, I guess. But I, I think that I, I would love it. I, I think that, that, that there's so much you could do with Pennywise. But I mean, there's no movement on it. But uh, he said he does think it's possible that they could do something. Hmm. So, what are they going to call yeah. it? It two chapter one. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it chapter three, homie. <laughs> um, Last Exorcism Part Two. <laughs> uh, haunting a Ghost of Georgia. What was that one? Haunting of Connecticut Two. Ghost of Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worst exactly. title ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I fire that person. Yeah. Uh, okay, after that, there was a trailer that came out for Netflix's new true crime docuseries, The Confessions, The Confession Killer. Uh, and this one is on Henry Lee Lucas. So uh, hopefully it's something along the lines of the extremely whatever, shockingly whatever, the Ted Bundy one that came out. Extremely vile, evil, bullshit titles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, they, if they did another style like the Ted Bundy one, but with... Um, Henry Lee Lucas, I'm totally down because Henry Lee Lucas is a. Well, who would play Henry and who would play Otis or Otis, technically? Otis. Well, this is this is not a movie; it's a documentary. Oh, oh, you're talking about like the documentary Ted Bundy one? Yeah. I hope that they like get into there and realize like because Henry was full of shit. There's only possibility that he could only killed like two people. Yeah, they well, it's really called know. the Confession Killer. Yeah. So he confessed a lot. Yeah, he liked to talk for sure, didn't he? Yeah, yeah this he comes wanted... out December 6th, so just like a couple weeks away. Should be fun. Netflix original. Be interesting for sure. Yeah. Uh, RLJ Films is releasing Trick on Blu-ray and DVD in December. December 17th. What'd you it's an interesting film. Did you like it? I, You know, I did. I thought it was pretty decent for what it was. I can see why people aren't liking it though um but it, it's oh man it, it's definitely one of those films where you can see that it definitely was written it was probably written to be the third halloween film and it got changed into what it is there's so many similarities to the, that, the script. that actually makes sense because those they were, were writing yeah the halloween yeah. the third halloween film yeah yeah and exactly my point point. and it seems like they took that script that 
you know, that they were working on and turned it into this idea. There's so many similarities with Michael Myers. And so what you're saying is if it was the third Halloween film, it probably would have sucked then. Well, if they use this, obviously they wouldn't use this exact script as the how or Michael or, you know, the Halloween three film, but they definitely, you can tell that they incorporated the, the core narrative and then just did some other wild shit with it and stuff and turned it into something pretty bizarre. Um, but I can see why people aren't digging the film for sure. But I can see why you would dig it too. It's interesting. It's definitely one you got to see for yourself. I mean, I would loosely recommend it to people if you like these type of films. It's it's kind of hard to talk about without like spoiling the whole shit. But even though I did review on Bloody Bits about it with Derek, but uh, he liked it a lot more than I did. Uh, there is some interesting ideas in it for sure, and some like Jamie Kennedy's in it. Something <laughs> random. It's just so random, too, man. I'm like, what the fuck? But uh, I don't know, man. I, I just right away was watching this going, man, this is this could have been Halloween 3. It's just fucking weird. But make your own mind up on it, man, for sure. Is the dialogue sleazy like Rob Zombie? Or? No, no. It's it, The dialogue is definitely nothing like you would find in a Rob Zombie film at all. It's, it's, the, it's the actual course story, not the dialogue. I got it on order, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Watch. M- moving on here, um, we have uh, a couple of Universal Monsters type news. So first up, uh, it looks like Universal plans to do a film titled right now Renfield, which is going to be a story about Dracula's assistant Renfield. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I've always liked the Renfield character. So, huh? That's cool. This is going to be strange. Yeah, they should shoot that in black and white. I agree. Yeah, That'd they probably cool. won't do that. But as we know, Lee Winnell's <laughs> Invisible Man is hitting early 2020, like first or second month. Well, if they're not going to shoot in black and white, then they better have lots of red hue or blue hue in it. <laughs> I think it might work well. Uh, the second <laughs> bit of, um, I guess. Universal Monsters news is James Wan is working on a new Frankenstein film um, with... Why do I feel like this is never going to materialize and come out? <laughs> None of these I don't know. I ever did, seen did, to work. But did you think like, that, that about the... I thought that about the Invisible Man, but... I don't know which which never came out. No, it's it's slated. It's there's a trailer for it and everything. It's Universal Blumhouse. I feel like mean Blumhouse just does shit. They they when they announce shit, they do it. You know. I, I agree. wanted to see Carpenter's Invisible Man. That would have been fucking cool. They, they did Memoirs of Invisible Man. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but no, the, yeah, this. Uh, I think this is, you know. I think they expect Invisible Man to probably do good. I mean, it is Blumhouse. So, I guess the next one is Frankenstein. Huh. I want Creature, damn it. I know. I know that the fucking... That that mummy that they did was so awful. Never start with the fucking mummy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. The one with Tom Cruise? Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, I couldn't even bring myself to watch that. You, know, you know how I feel let, about let films like that with I actors like was, that in them. I thought it was okay, but <laughs> it was so fucking soulless it did it looked shitty that was actually a trailer mistakenly well not mistake i was probably not going to check it out anyways but it looked bad yeah well that was supposed to be the start of the dark universe which was going to be like 
Avengers type, but with monsters. Why would but you start made, with the mummy? I know. And why would you make it action an action film? Like, really, you think if you were going to start redoing all these Universal classic films and stuff, you would start with, you know, uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, like things like that. Why the Mummy for that kind of dark shit? Like, the Mummy is so low on people's lists. Like, whoever says, like, oh man, you know, I feel like watching Universal film. I'm going to watch the Mummy tonight. Well, I could tell you that the Mummy film, I went through the entire box set, the 30 film set, like a couple of years ago, and I could tell you the Mummy films were my least favorite in, in the entire set. I do like the first one a lot, actually. I like the I first the one too, but the sequels yeah. are so damn repetitive and they all are like the same movie. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, Universal I don't gets think, like that, though. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think with the Frankenstein films, though, they do kind of like there is kind of interesting narratives in some of the sequels and stuff. But but yeah, no, the Mummy films are essentially the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't I don't really mind them. They're they're not like the worst things in the world. In fact, most of the Universal films aren't terrible. But the ideas were similar. I mean, sure. it seems like okay. So they the Universal did the announced that they were going to do the dark universe and the mummy came out and bombed and was critically panned. So they pulled the plug on it and said they weren't doing it. But then um, Blumhouse teamed up with Lee Winnell, who I, I really like Lee Winnell. I think everybody liked upgrade. Um, and he Excellent film. directed the invisible man, which is like, there's a trailer out for it. It's slated for like January or February. I'm pretty sure. Um, that's probably going to come out. And now they just announced that they're going to do that. James Wan is producing a Frankenstein and, uh, they attached that rocket, the guy who directed rocket man to do the Renfield movie. So it seems like they're kind of amping back up with this again. Why are they avoiding creature, man? (sighs) Who knows, man? Give it to del Toro. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess there was that film, that came out recently. What the fuck was it? Shape of Water. Shape of Water. It's kind of creature from Black Lagoon, kind of. Oh, hundred hundred percent. It was. It was. It was, it was with that. Without. Um, it know, is. It is. It's. Yeah. It's. De- yeah. Exactly. Right. It's not the same story, obviously. But no, no I thought it was actually really good. Yeah. No, I, I liked it. Very, I saw it very the pretty film. Yeah. I saw it in the theater. It's a totally fantasy, though. Oh, I love that though. It's uh. It's, I, I don't know. I, I can't a hundred percent get on. It, it still was weirding me out that this chick was like fucking a fish. But she Pardon. had the gills. I know. See, I, I was lucky. I got to she watch didn't that. Know at home that. And really, she I, knew you know, it was it was embedded in her soul. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to watch it at home and, and take it in fully. If you know what I'm saying, man, it was turning me on. <laughs> I like fish. how she started her oh, morning yeah. with masturbating in the bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was so cool for him to do that. It's like, you know what? I'm going to show a woman jerk off and I'm going to show somebody jerk off and it's not going to be like this gross scene like every other movie. Yeah. 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 No, it did, was a, it, it was a good scene. movie. And I'm not the biggest fan of Del Toro, honestly, which pains me because we're probably related. I don't <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anything Del Toro did. that I didn't like, really. It's not like that it's not that I don't like his movies. It's just that like. I just wish that he would fucking do like more like actual horror and not like borderline thriller fantasy. Yeah, but that's what he does. He does fantasy shit. I know, but he's such a big fan of horror. Damn it! 
Well, he uses gothic elements a lot of times, especially in something like Crim- Crimson Peak. I actually have for sure. Seen that one. For uh, sure, that one's definitely yeah. a horror movie. It's gothic for sure. Yeah. It feels like a horror to me. I mean, he sticks what he knows best, you know, kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like James Wan, you know, stick with making these modern ghost stories and shit. But you know, who was that one asshole that said, "I wish James Wan would do a fucking Fast and the Furious movie"? <laughs> well, so, you know, you know, somebody fucking said that, and, and he caught wind of. He's like, "Yeah, I should do a." he deserves it because he made bank on that film you know what i mean and well uh, we all know why he did it it was strictly for a paycheck i mean let's face it man these movies are making i mean they've made what 96 sequels are obviously making tons of money yeah there's an there's another one that's like coming out well they even have spinoffs now they have spinoffs and everything it's like crazy yeah i've you know what dude i've seen the first one that's it and i didn't like it i'm not i'm not into car movies man the first one See, the thing is, I love cars. Like, I, I'm not like I'm not one of those people who are like, ah, oh, fuck cars and whatever. Like, I like cars, like the next person and shit like that. But watching those type of car movies, I'm not into. Man, I like '70s car chase movies and shit like that. Like the Getaway and stuff like that. Yeah, I like yeah, shit like too. that, man. But but when you're just like racing around rice rockets and shit and fucking just these kind of chachi characters and these weak storylines and fucking annoying bitches, like, dude, it does nothing for me, man. Yeah, the cars are kind of cool to look at, but really. That gets old after like ten minutes, man. How they've made like twenty of these, it doesn't surprise me. Dude, they make mad money. Like they, they're ma- they've oh. made huge money, and they're actually making like the last That's couple the rocks made in some way of these, more money than the first couple. Yeah. Um. That that is a fucked up franchise of titles, right? The first one is uh, the Fast and the Furious. The second one is Too Fast, Too Furious. The third one is Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Then the fourth one is Fast and Furious. And then the fifth one is called Fast Five, and then the sixth one is like the Fate of the Furious, Jesus. and then like the uh, the next one's like Furious Seven or something. It's like <laughs> the titles are so fucked. How the fuck do you? How do you remember all that shit if you haven't even we, seen it? Literally, we were just looking these up at work like a couple days ago. We were like, so what? What is up with that Fast? We were just like curious, like how many there were. So that new movie with the Hobbs and whatever is that a spinoff from that? It's yeah. a spinoff, but they they've actually like filmed the next one already, or they they like are do filming it. Right. So how many movies is the Rock in of those then? I think he came in at like the fifth or sixth one. So he's been in a couple of them, right? Okay. Yeah. It's it just seems like everything I that do guy give him props because they they do like the first one. You know, Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. The second yeah. one, Paul Walker and somebody else. The third one, none of those guys. And then the fourth one, they bring back like you know Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, uh, Ludacris, like you, you know. And then like the the sixth one, there hasn't been a character. This character from the second one comes back. It, it's it's pretty cool that they at least keep like a cool continuity. My pap likes these films, so I, I've 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 seen them on and seen stuff about him i don't i, I, I can, didn't mind the first two I, I like them i can just see like a future box set when they have like 20 of the films and it comes in like a fucking like a 22 inch spinner rim <laughs> it also comes with a bag of arby's because every motherfucker that dro- loves those movies goes to arby's and puts their lights on their fucking cars and sits in the parking lot and speeds down the street <laughs> you ever look at an arby's past 10 o'clock it's filled with fast and the furious fans no fucking way dude we actually lost our arby's in town here like years ago but man i do miss some of those fucking beef and cheddars man what are all those fast and furious bros 
Uh, they disappeared, man. They completely disappeared. Well, I actually think some of them probably sold their cars because while well, they're see, like, there's my, no fucking Arby's mine anymore. <laughs> hang out at the Walmart parking lot. At the Walmart? Yeah, the Walmart parking what, what, what kind of What kind of cars are they driving? Like, fucking... What, really? Yeah. Why Walmart? Fucking like, like, fucking Asian sports cars and shit. I don't know. <laughs> Honda Civics pimped out or something. Oh, yeah, they always yeah, yeah. they always were at Arby's right in front of Myers by my house, and yeah. drag race down the Lexus. There must have, there must have been like a straight stretch there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go get fueled and then they go get stomach fueled on some get their, some beef get and their energy and drinks and shit and Mountain yeah. Dew and Doritos <laughs> and extreme it up. I'm tired of people t- <laughs> saying Brightburn was a letdown. It's annoying me. I want to watch it. I loved it. I, I actually thought it was pretty good. I didn't really know much about going into it. I was surprised when I was watching. I'm like, wait a minute. This is kind of like a fucking dark horror like comic book movie. It's this is pretty weird. violent, dude. Yeah, it is, man. And actually, the whole end was like pretty wild, too. Yeah, I, I actually really loved it. it. It's one of my favorites of the year. Um, anyway, after that, we have Netflix announced a new TV series, I guess. It's called V Wars that comes out December 5th. It's Vampires. It's- Oh, I thought you were going to say vegans. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Vegan vampires. Vegan <laughs> vampires? Which <laughs> kind of nice. makes sense, right? <laughs> it's just blood. <laughs> you can't have it. Um, it comes from flesh. It comes from flesh, yeah. Fetty Alvarez's next film is described as The Shining set in the White House. So there's that. Huh. That's, that's literally the, the only part of the news. It's written by Joe Epstein and directed by Fetty Alvarez, so... Yep. Um, Freddie Alvarez isn't a. Um, he's not born in America, is he? I don't know why. Because his name's Freddie Alvarez. <laughs> no, I, I don't think he is. He directed the uh, Evil Dead remake. Yeah, and he also direct. Yeah, no, don't he's from Uruguay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's probably the guy to write about American politics then. <laughs> I'm just fucking around, but that's always how it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Fetty Alvarez, um, there is a new Texas Chainsaw film being made for Legendary Pictures. Uh, Fetty Alvarez is producing, and the writing partner is Rodo Sayagues, who I'm not for sure who that is. Um, they are man. They're, so they're, I, I don't know if it's. Or sorry, uh, Chris Tom Thomas Devlin will be writing the film. I don't think it has a director yet, um, but it's they're saying reboot. What that means, I have no idea. Reimagining, recalibration. Oh, here we go. Here we go with the reuse again. No, that I've heard that one before. I it's not you. really a remake. It's more of a recalibration. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. It's like stop it. Yeah. I, th- this franchise is such a fucking mess, dude. Not as bad as Halloween. It's worse, I think. I don't think so. The first one, and then we have the second one, and then the third one's like a sequel to the first one, and then the fourth one is like a sequel to the first one. Then we have a remake, then we have a prequel to the remake, and then we have a sequel to the first one again, and then we have a prequel to the first one. Yeah. And the fourth one is straight satire, the first movie, man. It is. Yeah. It's like a remake, but satire-wise, for show. It, it feels like it could be a sequel to it at the same time. A little bit. Like two, three, yeah. and four all could be sequels. Well, yeah, the, the title scroll in the fourth one is like, 
it, that one's weird because it's like you know the events of the first one happen and then the events of the second and third one happen but they might they're like they might not have happened or something like the title scroll in the first the fourth one's real weird it's a weird ass um, movie yeah i think it's done as a joke too. i mean obviously when it gets to that whole conspiracy fucking shit at the end it's just like bizarre it's like toxic avenger it's like there was and then the fourth one it's like then there was two terrible sequels this is yeah. the real sequel exactly <laughs> well i mean lloyd was right about that though yeah really toxic avenger 2 and 3 are definitely skippable man oh yeah sure. I don't, three is terrible but i mean texas oh. chainsaw 2 and 3 are way better than four yeah oh four yeah is, well i don't man three did not hold up i haven't seen it in years i used to like yeah, it dude no we actually we did too and then we did it on the show and we were like you know what three actually kind of sucks as bad yeah, as that's four happened- Maybe not as no, bad as four. No, no, it's not as bad as four. But man, I used to like three. I used, you know, in my mind, yeah. And then we rewatched it. And I was like, damn, dude, this shit ain't that good at all. And it's actually one of the reasons why I'm still with the DVD. I haven't upgraded to the Blu-ray because I'm like, uh, but then go go figure. I went and upgraded part four. What the fuck? I did the I, same thing. I, I need to upgrade. But part four. <laughs> I have an excuse for it. And I brought this up a couple times. I'm not sure about my excuse for picking up four, but I thought there was a commentary on there with the director. And I wanted to prove my fact that he was doing fucking satire and blah, there, blah, blah. There is. It's, it's just not on the Blu-ray, but it's on the disc. It's not. Oh, is it on, really? It's not listed on the case, but there is one on the Blu-ray. Oh, my God. That's so I good. think that did you, regardless did you of what. No, I heard that, though. Regardless oh, of what he says, I think he w- thought he was making a good chainsaw film. Fuck that. There's no way. Oh, okay. If he if <laughs> then then he's half retarded. Yes, that was my argument. He made Leatherface a transvestite. Well, I can that see him, yeah, but that's he's a trans, he's sort of that. a transvestite in the original, though. Ed Gein was he's based on Ed Gein. I could see him doing that. It's just the, everything I've heard exactly. him say is that like when it, it's implied, it's different. When you full out make him look like a transvestite wearing lipstick and fucking wigs and shit, it's just it comes off as straight comical. What the hell is that? Hey, news is time's up on the news. <laughs> is that uh, your what is alarm clock? What is this yeah, exploding no, heads? Do we have a timer? Do we have a timer now? <laughs> All right. news is over. No, I don't remember setting the alarm clock, but that's just I think it went off for fucking my actual alarm. I normally would have got up right about now for work. Oh, fuck that. Damn, dude. What are you getting up in the middle of the night? Because I like to work out before I go to work. Wow, you work out that early. That's, See, I like work out that's not even early. That's in the middle of the night. I'm actually a serial killer. I go out and kill somebody and go to work. <laughs> I don't like to work out, man. Like, I like to work like at night. I prefer like six to seven o'clock at night. It's great. Even though it's like Dude, the busiest I ever like in there. 11 p.m. at night to work out, man. That's why I've been going. Yeah. I got night, a nighttime working in my garage. So like Olympic size weight bench, treadmill, shit like that. So cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, I mean, I, the gym's fun because there's lots of nice asses in there. So yeah. Uh, but th- th- I don't know, man. Th- this fucking chainsaw. Creep comment. I don't. I don't know, dude. I. I'm just like. I just don't want it to be another re like a remake. Like I- I'm just so over redoing like the same movie again. Like I, I don't want to see the same movie again. It's like no. Spider Man. You see the same fucking origin story thirty seven times. You're like, I know he got bit by some stupid spider. Let's move on uh, past that. Past that. So, exactly. It's so lame. It's so lame. I, I don't understand because I thought that Leatherface did okay. I thought it was a I pretty like cool it. prequel. And like I said, but before, it's a different I think company like, now. You know, that's I know. the problem. I know, but like, but you could still technically 
make a sequel to that. I, you probably just, you know, obviously couldn't use They're probably the characters, not but fucking going Freddy vs. Leatherface. But we you know what I'm it. saying, though? Because I felt like <laughs> when that movie ended, I was like, man, there could be two more solid films here before the, you know, before the original Chainsaw. You mm-hmm. know, kind of make this, like, trilogy of of prequels before that. I thought it was going really, really well, and now this all, all this shit's happening. But I'm right with you, man. I don't want to see another origin story. Who the fuck yeah. wants to see that shit? Yeah. Like... I mean, I don't want to see another Chainsaw fucking 3D. This is, maybe you should just do it like Chainsaw 3, right? Like where you... Um, like, I also heard that this was possibly going to be a sequel to the original, like a direct sequel. So basically Chainsaw 3D, but probably not as dumb. Um, but I, I think that like if yeah. you just did part 3, like where it's just like, okay, this is like Leatherface exists like you know what what happened and then you just set it a little bit later with like more family yeah I mean that's all we want right because like on its core like Chainsaw 3 is what you want what I want in, in a sequel that it doesn't have just Chop a better Top. movie yeah yeah I yeah. want Chop Top I want Chop Top uh, or I the Hitchhiker Chop, Chop Top both of them the preferably yes I've always wanted to see them together I agree uh huh yeah, like if you did like that's that's why one thing that I was a little bit disappointed with Leatherface is like you had did they no they did they didn't put Chop Top in it right it was just the the hitchhiker and the cook and I was well pissed. that's what I that's what I said before I'm like you know a sequel to this and then you kind of then you get to those characters and you start building off that and then we get Chop Top and fucking blah 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 yeah but, but Bill mostly is Grandpa. Yeah, Bill Mosley can play Grandpa now. He played Chop Top, then he played uh, the Cook, <laughs> now he can play Grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I it, it's I love Chainsaw, um, even despite the bad ones. I, I've always been a fan of the the series. Like I I love the original. Obviously, it's my favorite movie. Um, I love the sequel, and I'm a huge fan of the two remakes. Uh, and I even like Leatherface a lot. So. Um, I really do like the series. I just wish I just don't. I just anytime they talk about reboot, I'm just like, if this one is just following, if it's like another remake of the original, I'm just gonna lose it because I don't. I, I already know that story. Yeah, that's a very common comment that we get all the time. But you and the the remake, the fuck is JP smoking? Fucking ten out of ten, dude. I love it. <laughs> so I don't know good. how you. Make that updated like again. They can't just remake that movie. It just doesn't work. I don't even think people just go and drive anymore. Like, oh, we'll just drive up to the swimming well, that, pool. That's just... why they set the remake in the fucking seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. But again, that's already been remade. Yeah, like, what do you do with this? Right? I don't like, see what you can do. I, unless they go the Halloween approach, which seems like everybody's doing, and make a sequel to the original. But dude, Leatherface is like. He'd be so old by now. He'd be in his like seventies or something, right? Yeah, but this is gonna take place in the eighties, and we'll have the Stranger. Uh, I'll down stranger with that. Things well, you, if you make the sequel, set it like a year later. Yeah, seventies, right 70s. after Leatherface, <laughs> same age. I mean, if you if that's it becomes problematic though if you set it in a later date. Then yeah, you're like fuck. Leatherface is like so damn old. Yeah, yeah let's, but- I, dude, I would be so down if they said it like in 75 like just like if they made it the next fucking day i would be i would be like holy shit this is awesome can you imagine the backlash that movie would get now though if you have leatherface dressed as like the female character 
people will be like, this is not proper representation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so what? The trans person has to be the killer. <laughs> he's like, he's not trans. He's just psychologically damaged. Yeah, he just likes wearing women's skin. I don't think he wants to be a girl. He's multiple personalities. Everybody has their quirks. Yeah, there's like several personalities within love. There was like three, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I think, right? I believe so. There's kill female, and then like um, just the regular. I think he was like taking the personalities as he put the mask on. <gasps> yeah, because he was Dude, slow. I'm pretty excited. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he was. He was. He was all messed up. By nature, he was slow. Then he was like kill, and then he was yeah, fucking women. Well, he Not was fucking taking the women. position of the mom, that came out of wrong. The family. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like family unit. All right. Uh, last up here for the news, um, we have the announcement of like Shutter's December lineups. Um, so first up, uh, the Headhunter is going to be a Shutter exclusive. Uh, so speak of the devil. Yeah, that comes out on the 5th. I'll check that out. Uh, then another Shutter exclusive called Trevi- Trevisa uh, says three notorious gangsters who have never crossed paths find themselves in the same restaurant at the same time and their fates are changed forever. This fictionalized story about three real-life criminals was showed with awards and nominations, including Best Film at Hong Kong Film Awards. Uh, this Asian film that sounds cool. I, Asians do crime films really good. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't so like hell yeah. You said they do fuck, Hong Kong. Yeah, they do ghost movie. films really good too. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese ghost stories are among my least favorite subgenre in horror. There's some really good. There are good ones. ones. Though, I'm not saying there's. A, I love House. House is awesome. I love. Yeah. Uh, House is so fucking bizarre, man. Ugh. First Ring is good. No, <laughs> I think it is good. It is good, but yeah, it's, I like the American one way better. I've never seen the American one. Oh, you probably wouldn't. Wow. Anybody who's seen the original one first doesn't like the American one. Um, I hated ghost stories at that time, so I never watched any until later. You're still not a big ghost story no. fan, right? I like classics like The Changeling and stuff, and like yeah. The Shining. Those are those are great movies, though. So I'm kind of the it, same way. I, I like the old school ones. Um, you know, I think they work. Sixties, seventies, eighties, but yeah, anything they, after kind of. They always don't really make a lot of like straight up ghost stories anymore. I mean, I guess there is like hauntings and shit, but you're on like, the third floor, motherfucker. <laughs> we just talked about. Yeah, it. yeah. That's kind of a different one, though. But you know what I mean, though. It's not like there's not like an abundance of ghost films mm-hmm. coming out. It's thank God. Well, there was got, for like, so long. It depends. Like what? Like everything goes conjuring. Ways, does that count? Yeah. Yeah. It's entity stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean. Yeah, but that, that, that Shutter exclusive sounds more of like a thriller and not a horror film, but um, that comes out on 12 9. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> He's really trying to end this fucking news, man. Dude, no, this alarm clock's broken. I'm just going to unplug it. <laughs> Dude, it's broke. Listen, that was funny because it was. Instant, what the fuck? Instant. Piss me Dude, off. Talk about ghosts. No wonder. No wonder you fucking hate ghosts, man. You're fucking haunted. I whoop that ghost ass. It's like, did you happen to get that at an Amityville yard sale? Could you imagine <laughs> Amityville right? alarm clock being haunted by an alarm clock? That would be actually one of the most infuriating things of all time, man. You're trying to sleep in this. 
this fucking this haunted alarm clock. Call David Sterling up. up. We got an idea. <laughs> yeah, we can pay twenty fucking bucks, man. Yeah, you got yourself a whole fucking movie there. Amityville alarm clock. It's A2, so it will start right at the catalog, so everybody will be like, hmm, I wonder if this one's any good. <laughs> so, it's almost as stupid as our vamp- Vampircom idea. Vampircom. Vamp- Fuck. So, uh, after oh that, I, this is bums me out so bad, um, but the last drive-in, Joe Bob's Red Christmas, is on the 13th, Friday the 13th. I might call in sick for the show, buddy. Like that, it's not only is it it's Friday the thirteenth, but it's also Joe Bob's Red Christmas, and we have a show. Uh, we're point. No, we're, are we recording on the thirteenth? Don't we have a show planned? Yeah, because we're doing the fifth, which will be or sorry, uh, yeah, the the f- f- sixth rather, sixth, which will be the first. Week oh yeah, that, that would be the Christmas show. Yeah, and then the 13th, then we have two weeks off, and then the year end. Okay. I would well, prefer if we didn't even record, but I know we kind of need to do a Christmas show. So maybe we can move it to Saturday or something. I don't know. Well, to the following week, too, unless you want to break up the weeks off. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, it works, works the same way. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Just I'll, not I'll, as a I'll lump let sum. you know, because I, I love Friday the 13th. It's one of my favorite days when it comes up. And I but love I mean, Joe Bob, and I love Christmas stuff. Is he is he actually going to be doing Christmas? Movies? I believe he is, and I uh, I think that we might see what's coming based on some of this other stuff. So uh, then we have another film called uh, I Is Condor Shadow of the River uh, in French. Nailed it. Yeah, uh, in French. Guinea, Gin, Gin, Guana. What's G U I A N A? What? G U I A N A. French Guiana. I think it might be Guana. Is that Ghana? It Ghana sounds like it's a G H A N A, right? Yeah, Guana. Like, it's not Iguana. It's Guana. Yeah. Yeah, French Guana. A couple have been slaughtered on their boat, moods like it, and their young son is missing. The case falls to a pair of cops who don't exactly get along. Chloe, a rookie on her first day and newly arrived from France, and Dialo, her Guinea's partner, a local cop who knows the territory and secrets too well. The clues lead them, them to a feverish journey through the city and deep into the rainforest when ancient rituals connect the crime with a disturbing and unsettled past a four oh it's a mini series it's a french mini series uh, a shutter exclusive huh. all right so then um they are doing their they have a, a an unhappy holidays collection so ex- shutter exclusives better watch out all the creatures were stirring christmas presents and uh then they also have holiday slashers black christmas and christmas evil uh a christmas horror story um and then coming december 2nd we have silent night deadly night part two does that mean that joe bob might do silent night deadly night part two because that would be awesome that would be fun i bet he says this well we don't need to do part one because we got two right here Exactly. Hope it does, hope it does Christmas Evil. Um, I, I bet he does. He also also coming is Deadly Games. 
which is that Ooh. sort of lost Christmas film that is like it's not French lost. Movie. I got a fucking German copy upstairs. Yeah, but it was Me lost too. before that came out. Everybody was talking about yeah. it like, oh, nobody's ever really seen. You pick this. up that one too, Dave? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. You? No, because I, I got it right after Christmas last year, I think, and I was like, well, fuck it, I'll, I'll yeah. wait till next year. So that that so that could be another one he does. That would be a really interesting one. Um, also in December we have the Lost Boys, People Under the Stairs, Serpent in the Rainbow, Shockers, Sleepwalkers, um, and Perfect, which I don't know what that is. A lot of Universal right there. Um, Inner Demon, Class of 1984, From the Dark, Smoke It, and then finally Smoke and Mirrors the story of tom savini which is a doc on tom savini man that is so fucking weird man i was just talking about this like a couple weeks ago maybe it was last week i don't know and i was like man they need to make like a full-blown tom savini documentary bam that's cool i'll be watching that for sure yeah me too i was like that's just shocking to me it's so weird so i'm hoping for silent night deadly night 2 and dead games and i think he's doing three christmas films so maybe christmas evil Hopefully, man. Actually, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 would be fun because it's like so utterly ridiculous. Be, yeah, and it has a great story it. behind it. Um, I thought you were going to say it has a great story. Like the no, narrative is awesome in it, man. Yeah. The, the it's part director, one. <laughs> the studio got the rights to Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, 1 and um, they wanted to make a sequel. So they asked the director, hey, can you re-edit? Or the, they asked the editor... In their in-house editor if he could re-edit silent night deadly night part one into a different movie and he's like no <laughs> he's like but if you give me a couple thousand dollars i'll make a sequel using primarily clips of the first one and they're like done so that's how silent night deadly night 2 came out and then also the the story of the lead actor in it who disappeared off the face of the earth eric like, freeman yeah yeah and that like they found him and I bet he's on there. If they do Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, Joe Bob will get him. Dude, I, I love the story. I, I, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 has become one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's so funny. Because I, I thought it was trash when I first seen it. I was just like, this movie's awful. But it, it's like it's like probably my favorite guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's definitely one of those films that's gained a lot of cult status over the years. Because I think it was it's kind of like, Halloween 3 where when that shit came out everyone fucking hated and over the years people just became fans of it for cult status issues and shit but I always thought that Silent Night Deadly Night was fun as hell but it's just really cheap though what is that? the first or second they're both cheap right? I didn't yeah, hear the, what you said oh the second Silent Night Deadly Night is just really cheap Dude, the third <laughs> I would, Silent I would, Night Deadly Night is really cheap I did well. I mean, really, when you're rehashing footage and shit like that, it just comes off as like super. Cheap. I never watched two. I never watched the series. I've only seen part one and the kind of so semi remake thing. Part one's the only good film. I, I figured that. That's why I sat yeah. on it for fucking twenty five. But, but well, they, Silent they Night, Deadly the... Night Part Two. If you don't like, if it, if you don't, if you're gonna watch them, do not watch one then two. Like watch one one year and then watch two like the next year because it will annoy you seeing the the same clips. But if you haven't seen it in a while, you enjoy those clips because you're like, hey, I, I love that scene in Silent Night Deadly Night. Um, but yeah, they they get really fucking bad. Like part three is just the narratives are so different too. I think part three is the worst one. Yeah, it's so boring, man. But they become totally different things. Four is a bit better than part three. Four is and like five a is like 
feature. Yeah, part five is really strange. I think that was the toy maker one. Yeah. And it actually was starring Mickey Rooney. Who bitched about the first one. Yeah. He bitched about I the first one and ended up starring part. in this. It's just so fucking funny, man. He's so delusional at that point. He didn't know. Yeah. Like, I know, no, right? He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What was, what was the name of that kind of sequel? Was it Silent? Is that what it's called? No. The toy maker. Yeah. No, the, the one that came out a few years back. Oh, no, it's just called Silent Night. Night. It was just called Silent Night. Yeah, I was. I like that there one was like, too. Actually, I actually thought it was kind. Of, it, it was, was okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not as good as the first one, but it's got a good wood chipper kill in it. Yeah. Except, don't make a Christmas movie in California. I know, man. I th- th- that is a lost I've art of that. actually giving like caring that your Christmas film looks authentically winter. Um, it, it, even in like the indie ones that I see nowadays, like. Like it's never done in winter. Like they never actually shoot in the winter. They and just, if they try to make, and if they do try to make it look winter-ish, they fucking they just put fake snow, and it's like completely obvious it's not real snow. Yeah, oh, I hate that. Yeah, fake snow does not come off good usually. No, it doesn't. It's terrible. One film that that does have a lot of fake snow, but I still feel like works pretty well is Gremlins, though. There's a lot of yeah. fake snow in Gremlins, but I think it looks good. Well, if it was real snow, the Gremlins would multiply. Duh. Right. There's so many problems with that concept. Yeah, dude. But I, magic, I, I don't though. care. It's magic. I love Gremlins. It's, my, it's one of my favorites. It's just it's a I, blast. I have that on 4K, too. It looks great. Yeah, I'm, I'm still like not the hugest fan of Gremlins. It's okay. Like I'll watch it. I'm not going to sit there and complain about it. it it's but. a film that I saw as a kid and just loved ever since. It, it is a perfect... Film. I think what ruined it for me though was honestly reviewing it. Because when you're watching it with like a critical eye, you're like, "Hmm, this movie has tons and tons of ridiculous problems." I understand it's like a kids' movie; you got to separate you, yourself. You up know up. what Christmas one I I came around on was Krampus. Hmm. Man, I, I really began to love that movie. I love Krampus. Well, dude, it's got great. It's just that one. It's the fucking full moon shit that they throw in the middle. I know, but I've kind of accepted it because there's so much other dark shit going on in it. I love the full moon shit, except the gingerbread looked cheap, but I love the demonic toy scene. But for me, the problem was is that it was like left field shit, man. We have this great atmospheric film. There's like a lot of really cool dark scenes and shit going on. Like I love the outside scenes. They look fantastic. Really fucking dark, winter, cold. It just, watching the film makes you... It makes you feel like you're actually cold, you know. It's really, yeah. it's really well done. And then, you know, it's like kind of going real good, and all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, what the fuck? The gingerbread men are that? cheap, but the demonic toys are pretty scary and creepy looking. I think the gingerbread are probably what changed the tone a little bit, but I do think the toys look creepy as creepy as fuck. Yeah, I mean, upon rewatching, I actually enjoyed it a lot more, um, but uh, because I knew it was coming, mm-hmm. yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm anticipating this. Gets a little bit goofy, okay. I've already been through this. I can accept it this time a little bit more. And it, it really did. Like once you, once you kind of get through that shit, man, the rest of the movie, it's dark. It's good. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think that, I, I don't know. I, I just, I've come around on it. I was, I was definitely, I think, I mean, you even came around on it from when you first saw it in the theater. I remember when we reviewed yeah. it, you liked it more. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a funny thing. Hey, Demonic Toys was set on Christmas, by the way, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't remember. It was the beginning was Halloween because oh, it's Halloween then. Fuck. But I think maybe in the modern time it might be around Christmas because aren't they trying to bird the Antichrist and maybe it would be on yeah. Christmas, Jesus's birthday? I don't oh, know. Damn, 
Then I, I, did, I, do, I do demonic like toys. demonic toys. I haven't seen it in like probably like seven or eight. Years I can though. walk. I can talk. I can even shit my pants. Can you shit your pants? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking worst is demonic toys too. Dude, Holy that movie's shit. ass. Bro. Are Dolby versus demonic toys or demonic toys two? Demonic toys. Demonic two. toys two. I didn't watch it. It looked like it pure sucks. shit. It's like CG one of the, the dolls, worst. man. I wasn't watching that. Like, remember oh, Puppet bad, Master man. versus Demonic Toys? I like that yeah. one. <laughs> Dude, that that movie is trash bags, man. Fucking trash. Like They're just Corey action Feldman figures. Feldman. They're action Dude, figures. Yeah, they well, lost all the puppets. The, we the recently puppet. reviewed that entire franchise, I remember. Man. Holy fuck. Yeah, I think, what, four of them made it to the pain? Yeah, four Puppet Masters made it to the Hall of Pain. What? Yeah, it's uh, all those later Nazi ones, man. They are bad. Yeah, seven, only eight, one eight. of them actually. Uh, Retro Puppet Master, uh, Puppet Master: The Legacy, Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, and Puppet Master: Axis Termination. So it took over Children of the Corn because then we have three from that franchise in there. Um, yeah, we have five, six, and Runaway. So we said we're doing the witchcraft series next week, right? <laughs> uh, the Howling 3, 4, and 7 are also in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, it's funny. We were actually just talking about this a little while ago, and we're like, man, you know, the Hall of Fame has a lot of films in it now because there was a period there where we weren't reviewing a lot of franchises. And then when we started reviewing franchises again, it was like better ones. So, and a lot of our picks are like Patreon main reviews and stuff. So they're generally usually pretty good films. Man, we got to do that franchise now that I think about, it, even though I really don't want to, just to fill up the fucking Hall of Pain. Even Amityville, man. Because you, you know with 17 movies, we're probably going to have six, 15 or 16 at a minimum. In the you got to have Jeremy on that show, though, because yeah. he'll lose he's his the, mind. It was his, his idea. fucking idea. He has it's his idea. He wanted to do this. From I was like, why? Like, he always complains about having to worst, watch and review the worst fucking movies, and now he wants to see the witchcraft franchise. I'm like, oh, my God. But it is a good way to fill in the uh, the Hall of Pain, though, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. So the, I've only seen the first two. Well, the, the last film we inducted, and I don't know if I have this up to date or not, um, but a couple of the guys that were doing the ratings have recently sent me some again, so I'm going to work on that maybe this weekend. Um, but Gaardu, Ga- Ga- that one giant kaiju type yeah. movie, was the last one to go in on episode 153. Oh, that was one of the uh, Patreon picks. Yeah. That's, that's, I remember that shit. That was, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Anyway, that's the news. That's the whole pain. Fucking thing sucks! And now, our feature presentation. Alrighty, so getting into the main featured reviews here on episode 169. <laughs> That's really funny. I just realized this episode uh, we 169. We should have did Elsa, Tim, she, what was the other one? The, the Iron Sheik or whatever the no, fuck the, it was. Uh, what was it? It was like the, it was Russian, like the, the second. I can't even remember. There's a fourth Elsa movie. Yeah, I, I know. Warden? No, no, we did Wicked no, the fourth one. Uh, well, that's uh, technically not the, the one. Sheiks and the original Siberius of Ty- Tigris yes, of Siberia. That, that's the one. Yeah. 
That's the one right there. That one technically yep. is a Ilsa. I don't think Wicked Warden is. No, it's yeah, it's not. It's right. Yeah, it's like all fucked up. So yeah, we did the Ilsa films for episode sixty nine, and that episode is actually one of our most viewed episodes of That's all crazy. time. Yeah, yeah, people like their sleaze. Apparently, that's like, why I always said we, like we should go back to doing some you know straight up exploitation films like that because they seem to do well. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was looking at some of our numbers from last year, man. Like some of those, like the Eli Roth show did massive numbers. Did it really? Yeah. Didn't we do two of them? So, yeah, yeah. I think they both did good. And then, uh, yeah, our Ilsa show just hit ten thousand views on your channel alone. Holy shit! Really nice. crazy. Damn. Yeah, I never go back and check those out, man. With four comments. 10,000 views, four comments. That's How many thumbs so down? Uh, 12 thumbs down. Well, that's pretty good for 10,000 views. Yeah, How many up, bad. though? What's that? I, How many actually, thumbs up? Oh, uh, 24. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because nobody ever thumbs up podcasts. Like, the, we, like the most you ever get is like 24. Oh, and by the way, that show, Kyle also uploaded to his channel. It's at 3,000 views on his channel. What? Yeah. I, so you just stole 3,000 views from me, so he owes me money. Yeah, he owes you money. <laughs> you know what? Actually, the Italian months are doing fairly not ho- as horrible as they normally do. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, our anime show didn't do well at all. <laughs> I knew that from the start, that that's the way it was going to be. Yeah. The other ones are picking up, though. The other, like the clown show that we did was doing fucking terrible for a while. Yeah, and all of a sudden it just got some views. So yeah, it is what it is, man. Yeah, last year our biggest um, Italian month was Joe Diamato, actually. Mm -hmm. Which were the movies again? Um, Absurd, Anthropopagus, and Beyond the Darkness. Well, all three of those hit Blu-ray around that time too, so I bet that helped. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we did them. (laughs) Um, Me and Jeremy had gotten screeners of them. Our Pumpkinhead shows at two K. Yeah, wasn't Diamato? Master is at four (laughs) K. Catching up on Elsa. <laughs> That's so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the franchises do usually pretty well. So. Yeah. I don't know. People like their franchises, but. But getting back to Italian month here, week four of five. Uh, this was actually Jeremy's pick. Ironically enough, he is not on the show tonight. That just seems to be the way shit's always going down with us these days. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but he picked Renato Pacelli, and. Uh, pretty interesting like he you know usually tries to go out of his way and pick more obscure uh italian directors um yeah he does the opposite of what i do (laughs) yeah well you don't do anything you just pick the same shit every year (laughs) well i only got one more year of argento so i mean i'm gonna have to maybe i'll do bava or falchi you you know what's gonna happen the year after next you're gonna be like who the fuck do i there's gonna be you're gonna be like there's no one left um no i want to there's i would like to return to some people bava Falchi. There, I already know. Hit again. I already know what I'm picking for next year. So, but, but yeah. Um, first film up from tonight for tonight is one from 1960. So a very very early Italian film. This is right at the beginning of Italian films. Uh, really, they started making them probably a couple years before. Definitely the earliest Italian film we've done, right? Uh, well, Black Sunday came out in 1960. Also, oh okay. Which is, re- and actually that's kind of related to this one a little bit. This one's more or less kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah, The Vampire and the Ballerina. 
from 1960. Quick little synopsis here. A trope of beautiful young dancers find themselves stranded in a sinister, spooky old castle, not knowing that it is home to a group of vampires. Well, I would assume so, since the movie's called Vampire and the Ballerina. Makes sense. Right? So. Yeah, I never know if the titles... Because, like... Because, like, I... I've watched a lot of Italian films that have nothing to do with their titles. So, well, Giallo's usually just they come up with like a real fancy title and like, yeah, we should make a movie. Doesn't have to shoot to the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this had an AKA title too, The Vampire Lovers, which is kind of fun because there was a, a Hammer movie later in 1970 called The Vampire Lovers. So I love yeah, that which movie. It, That's a great. Which is actually, movie. yeah, yeah, it's a really good one too. Nice, nice boobs in that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something that's very. It's you know when you watch like really early Italian cinema films like they're a lot more gothic you know a lot more gothy and shit like that and and they're not as sleazy the early ones aren't as sleazy like you notice the progression obviously from this film to the next one which is done like 10 12 years later kind of thing right you notice a big difference in the type of filmmaking and shit this is more going back to the very you know the beginning when they were doing shit like this and it was like this for a few years in, in Italy um, kind of like last week when or not last week but was it two weeks ago? Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago with uh, the horrible Dr. Hitchcock. So very early, very gothic and stuff like that. But This is like um, a huge mix of hammer horror meets Italian horror and universal. I think, I think that's really what the influences were in these early Italian films were straight, you know, these universal kind of hammer style type films, right? I think that's really what they were mimicking, right? No doubt. Because, I mean, it, Italian cinema was always about doing that. Whatever was hot over in the Western world or wherever, you know, in England and shit like that, they were about doing their own type of shit, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where this comes from. But kind of a kind of a weird setup. I mean, we got these this group of ballerina dancers that are set up in this this fancy mansion and stuff like that. And a couple of them uh, with one of the male, I think one of the boyfriends, they they kind of go out and there's this big the legend about this uh, this castle that you know it's kind of it's supposed to be abandoned. Thing about, it's supposed to be abandoned, but it's weird in proximity because the way they describe this castle in the movie, it seems like it should be really, really far away, you know, but um, I think there is dialogue later in the film that it's like right next to him, but it's just abandoned. That's it's supposed every to be abandoned. hammer vampire movie ever. It's like, don't go near that castle. It's abandoned. <laughs> yeah. And then they yeah. go I mean, to the fucking castle and there's a vampire in the fucking castle and it well, happens weird- every one of them. <laughs> The weird thing is that, like, they set it up like they got lost. And that's why I'm like, the proximity seems so off in this movie because, you know, you got these two girls and this guy and they're walking in the woods kind of thing and, and it starts to storm, right? And they, they kind of like seek refuge in this place a little bit. But I'm like, if it's right next door to where they're actually <laughs> staying, why wouldn't they just go back there? Like, why would you ever risk going into this, this creepy castle? It may be filled up with vampires and monsters <laughs> and other shit that's going to hurt you. And so, ch- and, and, and fucking, it's such a um, weird setup. Right, sloth in the basement. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So Play my point is, vampires. But for our sake, for the viewer, you know, you're glad that they do this because they go into this actual real castle. It's a real castle they shot in. It's like this ancient shit in Italy. It's really fucking cool, man. And if you know me, man, I love. I, I like movies that are shot on sets and stuff. But I love like on location shooting like that. Like this shit is amazing, amazing. I would I, castles like totally intrigued the shit out of me. Yeah, I love. I love. I love me some castles. Me, oh, oh dude, yeah. it's just, it works so well for these type of stories. It's just so beautiful. Cinematography is fantastic, of course, but, you know, these girls and this guy, they go into there and they meet, like, this uh, this countess and, you know, and then they've got this really creepy kind of servant person and shit like that. And, and um, 
you know, one thing about Italian films that's always been very noticeable is editing too. Like there's a scene where, you know, they're at this castle and all of a sudden she kind of like wakes up at home and it's like, what the fuck? Was she dreaming this? Or she wakes up at the place, you know, that they're staying and you're like, was she dreaming this? Like what the hell just happened kind of thing here? But it's like, no, you know, they actually left and went home, back to their place. And then, you know, this is, you know, they start talking about it after and shit. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> kind of editing was that? It's like super bizarre. It's really, really bizarre how, because it, it comes off as a dream field. Did you guys get that at all? Did you guys feel that? Because she's waking up in that moment, and it's like, was she just dreaming all this? I felt there were times that it was a little hard to follow, where I was like, why, what? It's that old school editing, but like, <laughs> it's because they don't show them leaving the castle. It's like, they get introduced, they they kind of do their thing and stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, she's waking up. And it just gives the appeal that she's literally waking up and dreaming this shit. And that's why at first when I was watching, because this is a first time watching me, I was like, what the fuck? Did she just dream all that shit? I'm like, oh, okay, she must be dreaming. But then it's apparent that she wasn't, because the other people are talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is really strange. It's just really awkward editing. But right away, you realize that you're like, okay, it's just the editing style and shit like that and and stuff. But uh, yeah, and then it kind of just, you know, goes from there. Um, I don't know. Are we going to spoil these things at all? Uh, on, on these movies? Or I'm we not just gonna, sure if be- this one really matters. Because <laughs> it's uh, like so okay, much like the just, other vampire I mean, movies. We if already if we are going to spoil, we'll just say that there's spoilers for these reviews i guess because okay i i mean I'm if we get there just potential potential spoilers kind of thing right I, so, i'm with yeah. watson and i hate when people don't tell me they're gonna spoil movies and then start doing it it like oh, it's sure. a huge pet peeve of mine when i'm listening to podcasts like i'm fine if you're gonna say like hey there's spoilers in these and then you spoil because at least i make a decision but i hate when it just like start out of nowhere yeah. and we do that sometimes i hate it um yeah. but I don't know, man. I was kind of honestly, I was confused by all three of these movies, but even this one kind of confused me a little bit for as simple as this one is compared to the other two. But like, I didn't really know what the fuck they were doing. Like that, like that girl that gets attacked at the beginning of the movie, like she's alive in her coffin, but doesn't say anything. What what was up well, with that? No, she got turned into a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. But she, so, so she's just like in the coffin. She was, she was the, I think she was a maid at the house that all the ballerinas were staying at. Anyway, she got attacked. She went missing, got attacked. And well, it is confusing, right? It is confusing because yeah, she wakes up in the coffin, but she's just resurrecting because she's been yeah, turned but she into a vampire. Say anything. No, like she doesn't say anything. carrying her. Yeah. Like, wouldn't she be scared of being buried alive? That's probably well, I think, the best shot in the whole movie though, is the point of view from the coffin. Yeah. Me. That's the most yeah, interesting yeah. shot for sure. And way ahead oh, of yeah. its time. And then, like, hundred percent. So, yeah. what the the vampire like comes back and kills her for what See, reason? This is where the music or the music, <laughs> the movie does get a little bit confusing. She's because, not hot enough. That's why. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there's this whole relationship between our countess and Herman the monster. I call him Herman the monster because he technically turns into a monster. See what happens here in this film is we have a countess who appears to be the one in charge, kind of running the deal here. But you, it's very ambiguous in the movie because, you know, when she, like, okay, so when the monster, Herman, he's the, uh, you know, he's the servant or whatever, when he bites somebody, like what vampires do, he retains his youth. He goes back to being like a normal looking person and shit like that. And, but when she bites him, he turns into like this monster and shit like that. And actually that even reverses that role at one point in the film too. And they even at one point in the film have an argument to who is actually the one leading the other one. 
like who is the actual master who's been underneath their spell for 400 years it's very ambiguous when it comes down to this because i mean it's a little part of the narrative it's not really too you know something you have to focus on a whole lot but it is interesting the way they played this i don't know if they were trying to be super ambiguous about it but it's very strange but just them changing um you know into these monsters and not changing into monsters and you know going back to youth and shit like that is very interesting but the mythology in this is a little bit different because they do say in the film that the vampires um only feed when the moon is full which i don't think they actually yeah they didn't use that mythology throughout the whole film because the moon was there was multiple days in this they were feeding on multiple days so that mythology was it was thrown out the window right there and then they also talk about how the vampires also feasted on flesh and i'm like well that's an interesting um spin on the vampire mythology because as we know vampires they feed on blood they don't actually eat humans like fucking cannibals so but they don't really showcase that it's probably because it's 1960 you know italy and you know just feasting on people probably was not in you know it just wasn't it wasn't kosher to do that type of shit but (laughs) so there's a little bit of weird kind of mythology going in this that isn't really followed through the whole film um but uh i I do really like the fact you know like how so what happens is the monster basically you know he bites uh what's her name um the blonde is it luke yeah the blonde girl uh luisa luisa and Dude, she that falls is underneath killing the spell. me with with Italian horror months. Sometimes, like I can't fucking remember names because they're all foreign, and then I'm like, I don't know see, who's who. I never remember I can names. See, okay, I can see this, man. I can see. There's definitely a part in this film, actually, where where Francesca, you know, Louisa, um, Louisa actually ends up um, trapping Francesca in the in the castle because she's under the spell of the monster, right? But there's a in that scene though, it seems like it's the other way around because the two blonde girls actually look the same. Did you guys catch on to that? Like, you know, there's a scene where they're in the forest and then she's kinda like going they're going back to the castle. And it seems like Francesca is the one that's following uh Louisa, but it's actually the other way around. I was like, wait a minute, I had to like rewind it for a second. I was like, Oh, that's the other girl. Fuck. I thought it was the one under the spell going into the building so, or into the castle, but it wasn't. It was the other one. I was like, oh, my God. So let me Jesus. Let, let me ask you this. So the yeah. blonde girl, when the three go into the castle um, and the countess, I think she attempts to, like, seduce that dude and say, come back later or something. Yeah. Um, the girl. Basically to feast. The girl that her. gets bit. So they just Louisa. like they let her go to become a vampire or whatever. Yeah. Well, because when see they they talk about the mythology too. So when Louisa gets bit, she's under the spell of Herman the monster, right? Mm-hmm. Or Herman the the whatever you want to call him. I call him monster because that's kind of what I remember him as this like plastic face fucking vampire. It's it looks like he's made actually. out of Play-Doh. He does actually and actually in the end scene it actually like kind of drips off his face like it actually was heated up Play-Doh. Not so funny. sure it wasn't. But I think that's the whole thing. Like Louis, exactly. So Louisa, she's bit. They let them go for the simple fact that they're obviously going to be coming back. And the thing is, they let Louisa go because she's going to bring the other people back for feasting, right? Because yeah, but they're already there. But why would he send her back, but then kill the maid? Couldn't the maid bring him back too? Yeah, the whole maid thing is a mystery to me. I don't even understand why he even. Yeah, he like, like gets all pissed off. He's like, you know, lay down, and then he's well, like, that's oh, I'm gonna kill your ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, so I have that shit. I have that shit written down because I'm pretty fucking sure he was the one that changed her, right? In the yeah, beginning of the film. I'm pretty sure. He, and then he's the one that kills her, and I'm like, why? And like, so I'm thinking to myself because I wrote this down. I'm like, oh, so maybe he's not a vampire because why would a vampire kill another vampire like a human would kill a vampire, right? 
So I'm like, what the fuck is going? Like, it's just very strange. But I that whole part the of the story they, doesn't really mean what they were trying to do. Like the villains. Like, what the fuck is your end goal here? Well, they're just. I mean, like, why did he go visit that girl at her house? Like, what is he trying to do? Uh, good question. Who knows? <laughs> because so- he because theoretically he doesn't have to go there because he already has mind control over. Yeah. They talk about this in the mythology, right? So he doesn't have to technically go there because, again, going back to the fact that you know Louise is going to bring the other people back later on to be feasted on, which eventually kind of does happen with Francesca and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely things that are kind of unexplained in this film that don't really need to happen. I mean, it's probably more filler. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, really, what's your guess on it, Dave? It's kind of sloppy, to be honest. And, and that stuff, I could barely pay attention to the characters and who was biting who and who owned who and who is possessive over who. It's just like a weird, twisted love story, but I don't know. So I kind of focused more on like the mythology and how it compares to other vampire movies at the time. Or mm-hmm. the writer is Ernesto Gastaldi, who would write every Italian movie ever made. But yeah, he for wrote, sure. one year later, he wrote um, Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitorium. And this shares similarities to that. Obviously, it's about a werewolf, so the full moon kind of elements. Like, And I thought that was kind of weird that he's basically writing a similar story. That's like a girls' reform school, and this is like a, um, a girls' like ballerina school. It's such mm. an Italian thing to do. So it has like these similarities that are super Italian, but then again, it's just a vampire story. But then it has the point of view that's Italian. But I just like the storyline of keeping up with the characters was is not it didn't i wasn't interested really i'm gonna be honest and the vampire i couldn't look at without laughing you know to be honest man like i see the thing that sells movies from like when i go into these movies i'm always thinking that the narrative is going to be messy because let's face it man like a lot of these earlier italian films the narratives are all over the place there's definitely things in this film that have no explanation have no explanation like why did he kill that that girl it honestly makes no fucking sense and not only did he kill her but he was like mad while he was doing it (laughs) yeah yeah so there definitely is things but then there's also that kind of subplot with you know the countess and him and they're all they're fighting each other yeah they're technically fighting each other Uh, through the whole movie and 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 that's like like, another thing though but like why you know what i mean like weren't they together for like ever like why now all of a sudden they're like it's more it's i think it's more to, to create a mystery for the viewer like who exactly is controlling who and things like that but in the in in the long scheme of things it doesn't really fucking matter who's controlling who there at all it doesn't even matter at all right it just doesn't fucking matter what they're yeah. doing but again think you know he you was know, going, possessive over her like i think he bit her years ago see it, it's really it, it's open for interpretation because the way when they bite each other they kind of go back they turn each other into monsters and stuff which is confusing because you think if one person had power of the other yeah. it would just be one way but they're actually flipping the script on each other in these certain scenes i'm like that's what really confused me i'm like this is crazy because there's a scene in the end of the film before they melt and and dust up from the sun which is still part of the you know part of the mythology and stuff um where they're literally arguing about no he was the one that was controlling me no she was controlling me blah 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 and i'm like thinking to myself going the characters in the movie are probably going i don't give a shit man i just want to get the fuck out of here because i don't give a shit what you guys are up to like it doesn't even matter to them right it's a very very messy narrative for sure but again you know going back to the reason why i like these movies a lot is that i'm not really watching it for that i just i kind of accept it that it's going to be messy it's more for entertainment value and this is these are the type of movies that i love i love very dark atmospheric um movies set in castles you know just 
with kind of creepy shit and stuff. This one made me laugh on a lot of levels because at least they tried with the the you know the effects the you know the face effects and things like that. It's not really I, I a lot of blood I personally didn't in this. think it was that bad for 1960. I mean, you usually don't see like that that much grotesque stuff. I guess I don't know. The end effects were good. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah, I thought that actually looked really cool and stuff. But you got to give it up to him, man. I mean, this movie is definitely a product of the time with the music. When there, there's some funny ass scenes in this film where they actually show the ballerinas like practicing and stuff, and yeah. I have to say, that man, what a was up long, with actually? It is really long, and it and it's like the music is so funny because like that's what they were practicing to. It's like, but you got to remember, it's 1960. But what the fuck was up with their their instructor, man? That dude was gay as fuck, man. <laughs> Like, I don't mean that in a bad thing, but it was just like, it's just so, his shirt was all tied at the bottom. I've never seen anything like that in 1960, man. Never. <laughs> I've never seen anybody, never seen any character like that in either. a film from 1960. Yeah, he was, he was, he had the open, like he had a shirt on, which was like kind of like a button up shirt, but it was just tied at the bottom, like where his belt would, buckle would be. And his whole, whole, whole chest is exposed. I'm like, I've never seen anything like that in a 1960s movie. Just he was totally for that vampire. Out. He's like, don't bite me. <laughs> apparently man apparently but I, I you know i did give it up man because you know i think they use like professional dancers and stuff and you know for the for those scenes and things like that so you know they were going mm-hmm. on i mean really it doesn't even matter at that point we're watching a vampire film do we need professional dancers i mean it's just one part well of we're thing, also but... watching a ballerina film don't forget we're also watching I, I an guess. italian movie so we do need dancing <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess so, right? Um, actually, those scenes weren't tedious at all. I thought they were actually kind of well choreographed, and I thought they were decent for what it was. You know, the movie to me feels very much like an early, you know, Universal slash Hammer soundtrack wise, because you know, the early Italian films hadn't established, you know, those very, you know, their own. They hadn't found their identity with soundtracks. You know, like later on, the Giallo's and stuff are fucking so known for these amazing soundtracks and stuff. This one feels like it was taken straight from Universal kind of hammer type stuff. I wonder if so, it was library music. Probably. I would assume. I think a lot of movies done at this period were definitely library music and stuff like that because, you know, it was they were low budget too, right? To go get oh, yeah. music, to have original scores and shit like that for movies is expensive. It, it, that's actually one of the shocking things about a lot of these giallos and stuff that were made by the Italian studios that, you know, they essentially were low budget movies, but they went out and paid money for these amazing soundtracks and shit like that. I mean... Noni Morricone, man, was fucking scored everything. Everything. You know, that guy was obviously making tons of money. He was definitely making money and shit. So, but that's the difference. A three piece team with Ennio Morricone, though. So, like, one would write it, one would score it. So, there was like three guys, and Ennio Morricone just got the credit for all of it. For (laughs) sure. That is true. That is 100% true. But yeah, that's, you know, like when you're watching early Italian films, that's the one thing I always notice right away is, you know, the music is always so different. It's like watching westernized, you know, universal films and things like that not it's not like it's a big deal it's just nothing you haven't heard before it doesn't stick out like one of the exactly. main things i love in, in old in you know later italian films is the scores man they just you know i find myself bumping my fucking head to this shit man i'm like man they're really good so but you know all in all i i really enjoy this movie for what it is and anybody else want to go I feel like I've been talking the whole time. I mean, I'm okay with it. I mean, it has like some things I'm interested in, like the old doctors, like the practical stuff. Like, there's no vampires out there, and of course, half the people are superstitious. Like I said, this is like 70% um, American horror, Hammer horror, British horror, and then like 30% Italian horror. You can start to see some of that stuff come in. 
Yeah, for it, sure. It's, it's really tropey, and I've just been watching a lot of Hammer stuff lately, so I'm seeing like all the things I see in Hammer movies. So here we go to the castle. Okay, it's fucking raining. How many people are going to have to die because it's raining outside? Go home. <laughs> Every yeah. movie I see now, it's like, oh, it's raining. We better take shelter in this weird place. It says, do not enter. <laughs> Every movie. I just, I Let's just watch split up. Yeah, it's it's very tropey, but I mean, it's hard to blame a movie because it's 1960, and I've watched like a hundred million movies made after it. So that do these, tra- it's not bad. I don't hate it. It's just the stuff that interests me is only how it pertains to the genre that it's in, not necessarily how the movie unfolds itself. And maybe the vampire mythology is kind of interesting how they play with it. And every vampire mythology and every movie I've ever seen is different, so that's interesting. But I, I'm not madly in love with this movie, but you know, it has some of the cool things that, like, the bite seemed to cause ecstasy. Like the person was almost like orgasming when they got the woman got bit. So that's that's a common practice with vampires, a sexuality in there. So I mean, it's okay. I have no real problems with it. It's just a little slow and kind of boring at times. Uh, so I I watched this actually like on a pretty good night. Like I was in the mood for like an old black and white horror film it was i think it was like 3 a.m when i popped it on and um i actually started um like towards the very end i started like nodding in and out and it just it had a, it had a nice atmosphere to where i was like into the movie but at the same time like even trying to turn my brain off a, a little bit to the plot stuff see the thing that i hate most about italian horror films is that whenever it's confusing or it's done poorly i never know if it's me like i never know if it's like did i just miss something and it it bothers me because i i start questioning like okay did i miss something like do i need to i hate feeling like i need to go back and rewind it like it's it's a because i don't want to do that i just i I don't i just want to watch the fucking movie i don't want to have to go back and check to see if i missed something most of the time i didn't it just doesn't make sense so i I go back and check and stuff and that that's what kind of bothers me about films that have like narrative problems that aren't like that that aren't noticeable that like you're for sure sure that it's just a narrative problem um but i did enjoy the atmosphere especially i actually was pretty into this movie at the beginning like i was like oh this is cool like i like spooky castles like even when the girl gets attacked the first night is is cool and even like when the vampire killed that girl i i thought it was cool but i just didn't know why i figured it might be explained later or something but uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it, it was a bit too sloppy for me narrative wise where I'm just like I don't feel like anything has a point in this. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I just feel <clears throat> I feel like even watching some like old Universal and just old, you know, films from the 30s and 40s westernized films and shit like that, the the narrative it's it's the editing style. It's the way they tell stories too because I've I've said this a million times before, but I mean, the majority of those films feel like they start 30 minutes into it, right? There's no build up with characters and shit like that. It's like right into this scene and you're like, what the fuck is going on kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I find myself doing the same thing sometimes. Like, did I miss something? I'm like, no, I couldn't have. I just started this thing like 45 seconds ago. Right? Yeah. But but I feel like I missed part of the story. I just hate like, that feeling that I feel like I got to go back and look. Yeah. It's just like, it's, just, um, it's like just I, a, annoying. It's a pain in the I, ass. I've just come to grips with it, man. I've watched so many fucking movies, you know, pre-1960 and and dabbling into, not dabbling, but, you know, watching all these older Italian films and shit like that. You just kind of, it just becomes natural to expect 
that you know the, the narrative is going to be like this a little bit and some of the editing is going to be very awkward like that scene where she's kind of like wakes up in the place and you're like was that a dream I, th- I don't know if that was the intention of that they're trying to play it off like it is a dream I mean I hope they're not because if they are they never really go back to that and it actually makes it even worse so I hope that's not the case um, you know because it's just done very poorly because it never really dabbles back into that mm. uh, that kind of area with the dream sequences and things like that but but I mean, there's still enough here. I, I do like that they tried to bring in their own little mythology and stuff like that. I think it's it's all right and stuff. But but yeah, I could totally see because it doesn't happen to me very often when I'm watching a movie, and I'm like, is that is that Luisa or is that Francesca? Like I I actually had to rewind it for a second. That, yeah. I haven't done that in a long time. But the two blondes in this movie, the two blonde leads, look very similar, especially in certain scenes, right? And I just assumed that it was Luisa being drawn back into the castle but it was actually her drawing Francesca in there and locking her in the basement because they wanted to fucking do some munching now the thing that kind of annoys me at the end of the movie and I thought about this all day today actually is like through like vampire mythology it always says like you know if you kill the creator of you know a vampire that that person if they haven't like fully turned or whatever there's different rules on the mythology and stuff like that right so you know if you kill the creator and say even even in some mythology even if you are turned you still you go back to being human again kind of thing they don't explore that in this because they kill the creators that both of them die kind of thing right but then you don't see Louisa like kind of come back like they don't even show her at all and stuff it's kind of interesting so I don't know I was kind of bummed out at that I'm like what fuck did she live or did she go back or what maybe they just forgot to put that in there I don't know (laughs) fucking no come bring her back spend all the money on that melt scene (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> so but yeah I, I don't know man I honestly man I, I enjoyed it man for what it was so um ratings let's start with the ratings GP you want to go first yeah um uh I enjoyed aspects of the film um just muddy for me um I I did I, I truly did like the the atmosphere and even like it, it looked good in black and white you know like it I, I love how you know certain scenes uh like the that coffin scene and stuff like that looked really cool um sometimes i just think that the black and white aesthetic just appeals to me in general um it just it's funny how just being black and white can change the atmosphere of a movie it's cool um, mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I didn't really care for this over 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 that much. I don't really think it's that good. Um, I gave it a five. Dave, uh, it's tough. I, I wrote down a, a, a rating here, like a, a, a like something to something, like in the middle. And this conversation was going to kind of center me where I was going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't mind it, but I, I think I'm holding a little back because I've watched so many. Like I said, I've been on this hammer kick lately, so I'm probably going to go with a six because I don't really see anything wrong with it. I think it's it's pretty good, especially for the time. But I don't, I'm not in love with it, and I think six is a is a fair rating that would be a, a slight recommend. So, yeah, I, I definitely like this a lot more, man. I was really the fuck into this movie, man. I don't know what it is, man, but why people continuously say that black and white movies don't look good on Blu-ray. They look great. Oh, yeah. I, I think they look fantastic, and I think some of the greatest transfers are in black. This, this one looked particularly amazing, and I was I was quite shocked considering, you know, this isn't one of the more popular Italian titles, right, out there and stuff. So they obviously had a good print, but uh, 
I don't know. I think it just looked amazing. And I like the shot on location shit, man. It really kind of worked for me. Yeah, narrative-wise, it's a little bit messy. But I always expect that when you're dealing with mythology and stuff. Um, goofy editing, expected. I mean, I'm just used to this type of stuff. But uh, overall, I had a lot of <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this one. I'm coming in at seven and a half. I thoroughly enjoy this. I think if you're into atmospheric films and can just sit back and, you know, just enjoy it for what it is and not to think too harsh, hardly about, um, you know, the narrative and shit like that. But yeah, just it works for me, man. I really fucking enjoyed it. So good stuff. And that is the vampire and the ballerina. How many times we've told of you and me? All right, so moving into the 70s, specifically 1972, and I assume that none of us that did the Top 10 of 72 show watched this one in prep. Um, I didn't. I won't lie, I actually forgot about this because I was, you know, it's not dubbed as being a horror film like most giallos aren't. You know, usually mystery, thrillers, Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck they're under, so... When you're doing research and stuff, these movies usually don't come up, and I can't remember every single film from those years. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I did not rewatch this one. Uh, actually, I didn't even rewatch um, Who Saw Her Die for '72 either. Again, being a Jallo kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, this is um, he went under the name of Ralph Brown for this. How American is that? Ralph Brown. That's a great pseudonym. <laughs> uh, Almost but as yeah, American I- as Vincent Dawn. Vincent Don, yeah. Uh, so from 1972, it's called Delirium. Uh, there's there's a bunch of films called Delirium, so it's it's one of those ones that's a little bit tough to search unless you know who actually directed the movie. But <clears throat> synopsis: A respected doctor becomes the prime suspect in a series of gruesome murders. <laughs> okay, way to really get crazy in there. Um, that was very in depth. <laughs> yeah, I always read the top one. I didn't even scroll down. The bottom one is definitely more descriptive. But uh, yeah, I mean, essentially what we get here is this doctor by the name of Lutiak? Lutiak or something like that? I can't I don't know how to fucking pronounce his name. But he is a, he's like a psychologist. A very well-respected psychologist. And uh, what happens is there's a murder in the beginning of the film. Um and it's quite obviously him that did it. Yeah, which is is different for Giallo style. Yeah. Well, we don't know everything, but no, we don't. But like, it, it's it's it is an interesting setup because the kill the murder is not POV. We get to see it's yeah. like this dude, and he's like dubbed as like this sex craze fucking serial killer essentially. Well, they do and POV we, later, which is crazy. Yeah, which, you know, the it changes itself up a little bit, um, which by the end of the film, you understand why. But uh, which is kind of weird, because when you're watching the film, don't you just suspect that it, it, it wouldn't be him anymore? Yeah. Like, yes. why would you switch to POV? Yes. Consider we already watched <laughs> I him. I actually thought it was delirium. I thought that first kill was a delirious state that didn't actually happen. Yeah, okay, the way so, they do so it. You, 
you know what? That's a good point because I think that's might. I think that's where they're trying to lead you on this. It's just I think we've watched way too many movies and we just catch on to it right away. But but yeah, so there's this actually really crazy fucking scene in the beginning of the film. Sleazy as fuck. Super super sleazy. And I I even had to say to myself that that scene would have been sh- super sucky to sh- to shoot for both actors. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, there's basically essentially what it comes down to is this girl's getting like hardcore raped by this dude and murdered, but in a in like a river, like the currents ripping. Yeah, waterfall. Same as the first movie. There was a waterfall. That's right. That's right. We didn't mention that, but uh, so I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, if if they did that one take, man, good on them, kind of thing. But that must have been a terrible scene to shoot. But uh, it's pretty vicious in in manner and stuff like that. And we get to learn that there's been a series of murders. This girl, this particular murder was number seven. And we've seen who's done it. And we're like, okay, so where the fuck is this kind of going and shit like that? And, of course, um, he's a psychologist and he's well known to the police for helping them on like certain Dexter. cases and shit. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I have that written or, down. I was like, this, this. More like him. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this guy's the fucking Italian Dexter. <laughs> That's what I called him. So, anyways, he, uh, you know, he lends his hand to helping the police catch the killer, quote, unquote, which is fucking obviously him. That's where we're just being introduced. And a bunch of other people start dying and shit like that. And it gets a little bit confusing because you're like, um, this murder just happened and he was in the scene. <laughs> and it wasn't him kind of thing. So uh, it, it's, you know, kind of plays. It, it's a different setup for Giallo. Um, it, you know, it has a Giallo elements. It does have some POV in there. It does have the police investigation and things like that. And But all in all, it's kind of interesting. What are your yeah, guys thoughts I, on this I actually really like that they show you the killer right away. I think the the whatever twist or reveals later on is kind of pretty obvious but uh, like the initial start of the film i was like oh this is this is different this is cool i i like this um yeah but they can play it up though they can play it off that because of the title right yeah because you think because you've seen a bunch of giallos i didn't think about the title though like i I didn't really the title well, I, reflects more the uh, American cut of this movie. Uh, have you guys watched that cut or seen it at all? No, but you know I, I, I was just reading about it yeah, a second ago. I don't want to spoil that, but it, it reflects that even more than this one. But that kind of yeah. threw me off seeing the title of this one. Yeah, I've only watched this movie twice, and uh, I definitely watch the international cut. I'm, I'm like that. See, I always heard that, you know, I was reading into it once, and someone said, oh, the American version is cut by 20 minutes, but it's actually not. It's just a different version of yeah, the film, yeah. which just happens to be shorter with a different subplot and stuff like that. Yep. So maybe maybe one one of these days when I get ambitious, I'll fucking pop in the American cut, which is, yeah, it's like 20 minutes shorter kind of thing. So which, I, I'm just which, curious to see what they better. do with it. I only watched the opening and ending of the uh, American cut, and there's a, oh, okay. another scene in there that's different. Like, I fast forward to see the different changes. Um, I don't want to spoil uh, if I tell you this, but it's it, the American cut is very much like a very, a very popular horror movie from the 90s, without spoiling too much, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. With the opening and ending, and there's a different switch up with a kill. Hmm. Huh. And it, it, it comes goes better. I, I always the love when title. like different cuts of a movie can totally change the actual like film, like the narrative yeah. and stuff. They that's always the killer stuff. Me. Yeah, that's always neat to me. It, you don't see it very often, but it, it's it's pretty cool when you do see that. I, I really like this movie. Actually, I, I like that it's so sleazy and gross at times but i also like the relationship between the husband and wife how he's clearly like a sadist who can't get off unless he is causing like physical pain of some sort maybe he can't even ejaculate like you get into that psychological state of a killer which i'm always interested in 
and some and and without spoiling too much this also is very much like a the uh, a popular giallo that was in the very beginning of the giallo cycle without spoiling too much with the um kind of the killers in the movie or whatever without spoiling too much because we obviously know that there's either two killers or two at least kind of um mindsets with the killer you know yeah absolutely and it's a lot like a very popular giallo so but man what a difference though you go from you know the vampire and the ballerina you know that kind of gothic film to this super uber sleazy giallo like just totally different type of filmmaking this guy was a journeyman for sure yeah man like he just went balls to the wall in this one just fucking straight sleaze and shit i i honestly really enjoyed the shit out of this it's funny too because i remember not even caring for this film the first time i watched it so i was a little bit worried going into this thinking ah fuck whatever i must have been like preoccupied while i was watching because this is right up my alley i like the really super sleazy you know kind of violent fucking giallos like this man and you know and it, it it's cool too because like i said it's a different type of setup and shit but you know if you've seen films even before this and after like it's you know you can kind of figure out what's that's probably happening here but uh i do like the ride though i think it's actually pretty damn fun yeah yeah it's it seems like almost like a little bit faster paced of a giallo too um because there's always kind of something happening there's not as much downtime that you get with some of the others dude what is with okay so this movie right here and the next one we're going to talk about which you know black magic rights reincarnation isabel uh, the movies have very similar cast. What the fuck is with the Donald Pleasance looking like, man? Dude, I almost I get called that guy uh, Donald Pleasance. I was thinking about that. I don't know, dude. That guy. It's it's like they cast him. They're like, oh man, you know, like I mean, Pleasance around that. I mean, he would have been known and shit like that. But man, dude, it's like uncanny for fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. It's just hilarious to me. Ah, oh, man, I I thought it was so funny in the next film too because he's just like even more Donald Pleasant. I swear he like studied studied Donald Pleasant's like stares and shit and like did them in the movie. I was like, oh my god, this is fucking killing me right now. It's so funny. It's totally unintentionally funny, but uh-huh. <laughs> hilarious to me. You know what else is really funny about this movie when when they're driving instead of doing like rear projection. If you watch again, like when they're driving at one point, you'll see them actually take like a pine tree. And they'll they'll wave it across the window <laughs> of the cars. Like watch it, you can like see them waving it. You can't see their hands, no. but you can tell that's what they're doing. So it looks like they're passing cars. It cracked me up. <laughs> I did not know that. They're just like waving the fucking pine tree by. I'm oh, like, come on, great. man. <laughs> I mean, it's better than some rear projection, though. Some rear projection is awful. So yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed, and my minor spoiler on this, major spoiler, I don't know, is. Um, in the final like minute or two of the movie, like it's it it's like very weirdly edited. Did you guys notice that at all? Like uh, it depends. You have, the, you have the two girls, and then it cuts to the the dude, and then it cuts back to the girls, and one of them's like dead <laughs> or dying. Well, one of them's die. It it actually doesn't make sense. How, oh, when how they get done. when they get caught in like the sex toys or the sex. Yeah, I didn't even know. It just like cut back and then that thing was there and she was like, yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. But and then the other one di- like died from a strangulation that happened earlier. Like I, <laughs> she, she was strangled and then like 10 minutes later she dies from it. Well, like she's strangled to death, kills the other person and then dies herself from being yeah I, I know i know what you mean man i was actually wondering about if i like it was missed like something a, there or something it was like a uh, a delayed strangle death <laughs> it's like it's like you're well, not gonna fun- die from the strangulation right now but five minutes you're gonna be fucked it's like that scene in mafia look- 
Yeah. It, it didn't even look like that shit was even tight around her neck either. I was like, yeah. give me a fucking that, break. That whole final minute or two was super sloppy, man. It was, well, it was the editing for sure, man. It's like there was missing a scene there, right? Yeah. It's probably because the American cut. <laughs> the American <laughs> cut's well, different there. They, they change everything there. Yeah, I, I thought the exact same thing. There has to be something in the in the cuts that are different there, man. But do you guys like Italian Luis Guzman? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. He fuck? was super cheap, obvious red herring. Like he's always where the killer is. Yeah, <laughs> that exactly, guy's not right? the killer. But that dude was like finding places. Like I was like, how do you know where that layer was? What? Why? Yeah. I, I, but yeah. I think he was just like kind of scurrying around the the area, so he ended up. I don't know, a hundred percent. Well, he but. was, but he was trying to prove his innocence though, too, right? Because he was a suspect in the murders, right? Yeah, but he looked so goddamn guilty. He, well, yeah, because he looks like Luis Guzman, Italian Luis <laughs> Guzman, or Saddam Hussein. <laughs> your pick. <laughs> yeah, really, man. But yeah, man, like the scene with the knives and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy fucking doing here? I like that knife though; it's cool. But. Yeah, um, man, I, I got to say, man, like the like the orgy fucking dreams and shit in this. Awesome. I love that shit. It's just like super sleazy, man. Also, super like the real. I feel like the next movie has a lot of that. Yeah, the, ne- the next one really kind of plays it up. It's like he took the idea from Delirium and then, you know, this kind of sex crazed fucking orgy induced like. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just really fucking... Sp- I mean, honestly, when you really look at the that story with his wife and shit, it's, like, really strange. Because she's having these very vivid, you know, orgies and shit like that. And she's got, like, a sadist as a husband and stuff, but then... There's a lesbianism between her and the maid. Which... And the maid is... Isn't it his niece? I don't know what's going on there. I'm I'm fucking positive. I'm pretty sh- so. I, it's actually something I wanted to bring up. I'm pretty fucking sure that she was the niece of the doctor. Okay, because she was. Mm. Yeah, she was helping out or whatever, and she's the niece. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's a little bit of fucking almost. I mean, incest by marriage kind of thing, but still, it's there. I was like, JP might be fucking fapping this one out. He, he likes incest. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty fucking sure. But that that whole shit was definitely strange, man. But like, you know, the relationship between the doctor and the and the wife and stuff with her dreams and stuff, and then him just not being able to, you know, basically fuck her, satisfy her kind of she, thing. Because has he got an Andre Chikatilo thing going on where he can't get erect or what? Or does I he think, like ejaculate when he strangles? I don't know what's going on. I th- I think it's definitely. I think that's the thing, right? Um, that's the way he gets off. Yes, I heard violence and stuff, and he doesn't, and he has this conscience. That's the weird thing about this character too is that he's a, he's almost sympathetic in the in the reason that he does help people, but then he does this, you know, these evil things and stuff like that. But he actually cares enough about his wife, where he definitely definitely could kill her, you know, to yeah. have one of his you know pleasure you know things, but he doesn't. He he totally doesn't do it because he has this like empathy for her and like he loves her and stuff like that but he does like this other evil shit and i believe that's what it is he can only get it up and stuff with uh with the violence he's definitely tortured and at one point he does something like there's a he picks a hitchhiker up and he's driving and there's this like tense scene with the like the school girl in his car and then Um, you don't know what's going to happen there that's a pretty good scene you know what's really creepy about that scene that girl literally looks 12 like there's no 
there's no implication that that he's like a pedophile but like that girl just looked way too young even to be thinking about doing some shit like that if you're i mean i guess is there boundaries when you're raping and killing people it doesn't matter if they're underage or not like i I don't know some of them it does I think so. I think there is a moral thing there too. It's like, well, you got to be of age to be raped and murdered. Like, oh, oh, like that's how they all are, though. Like Kuklinski or whatever. He was like, he'd be yeah. like, I go to gay bars and wait in the parking lot and kill gay people. Not that there's anything wrong with gay people. It's just that they were easy targets. It's like, why do you have to let us know that you don't? Ca- we don't give a shit. You're a serial well, killer. Yeah. Well, of course they were easy targets. You were waiting outside for them. Okay. Anyone's an easy target at that moment when they stumble outside shit-faced. He just said nobody cared back in the day. And that's like the same thing. Like, people always bring up Dahmer being a serial killer and sympathetic. But it's like, dude was, like, killing and raping kids, too, at the same time. Same thing yeah. with, you know? And even um, what? Ted Bundy. A-, a couple of those victims were really young. Like Yeah, like, like Leech. She was only, like, 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the the actual serial killer, what their yeah. morals are. If, Levels if they of scum, I, right? Yeah, I, I don't even know how to put that, but yeah. But anyway, that girl looked really fucking young, and maybe there's a reason why she got away. I don't know. Maybe because she was under. I don't know. Now, did she know? But, she knew him, right? She was a student of his of some sort. It seemed like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, I think they're they they're showcasing to you that. You know, there's potentially going to be a homicide here. Yeah. Right. So, but she ultimately does get away. And I was like, oh, she's really young. It is interesting so. that a serial killer is like struggling with his own like urges while trying to solve a crime about a serial killer who happens to be somebody that he possibly knows. I know. How do you separate that though? It is kind of, I don't know. It is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, the very first kill, which is totally odd, like we've already talked about it, but I, that kill is like amazing, really well shot and stuff, and just very vividly fucking violent. Yeah, but like he's solely responsible for that, and at that point, he is the one that's helping him out. So at you know, fifteen minutes of the movie, well, I mean, Moose, this, is he really responsible? You saw what she was wearing. Come on, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, there is a point, you know, fifteen minutes of the film when he's contacted by the police and they're like, "Yeah, this is the seventh murder. Can you help us?" At that moment. He is responsible. Yeah. Right? It's like this weird thing. Like, how do you separate yourself from it? It's just such a, it's a strange narrative. Right. But I guess that's probably due to the fact of being probably, I mean, he most definitely psychopath. The first one. He did the first one for sure. Yeah. Whatever it happened, he did the first one. And then the other person possibly came in at that point. I think he's only responsible for one of the murders in the whole movie. I think that's when the whole thing the ones that are shown but I don't think I think that they said there's already seven victims I think that he was responsible for the first one and that's what put the other killer to go in and do some other things as well without I don't want to spoil it completely but you yeah. know it's something kind of like somebody else backing somebody else up but you know it's still it's I, I don't really want to go into that too. I don't really want to spoil this whole thing either because I mean really it, it is a good movie but, I think but there is weird motivations behind it though Oh yeah, it's it's fucking twisted. You can think about their psychology for a long time. Who put this one out? It was Anchor Bay DVD. Oh uh, shit! Anchor it Bay have a blue? No, it has a, and then it was re-released by Blue Underground on DVD. I would like to see this one get a get a blue. Yeah, no, it's it's actually quite solid, man. It's, yeah, it's it, like it I, is. Like, it's I'm surprised that more people don't actually talk about this one when they speak of giallos mm-hmm. and Italian horror. 
because this one you i think the cool thing about like even american slashers like some of the more unknown ones like they always have a thing right like oh this one this one's cool it's like in a mall you know what i mean or like this one's cool it's uh it's different because the killer is you know a siamese twin or something um but like this one's cool and different because of the narrative and we think that that would be a big selling point well, I think what's happening here is that people are, you know, they're like, oh, man, I want to check out that uh, that film Delirium. So they order it up and they get the 87 Lamberto Bava film. Or the uh, <laughs> 70s Video Nasty one. That's on VHS. This- yeah, exactly. Well, which would be crazy if you actually received that considering how fucking rare it is. I got, I got one. <laughs> Do you really? I never That's watched crazy. it, but I got the tape. Damn, dude, that one's actually really hard to find. It goes for some fucking cash because, yeah, it's it's the hard Video Nasty to get, so... Um. Yeah, that one definitely needs. It needs a release, man. It needs a release. I've never seen it before. I need to watch it still. I should. I should put it in. Yeah, I mean, this movie is twenty nineteen films to watch. I got a lot. <laughs> Thirty. <laughs> oh shit. I got. I got. A, I have to. La- I started to laugh though, man. The scene where the two girls were like rolling around on the ground in the sixty nine position. I was like, this is. This couldn't get any more sleazy, man. <laughs> that shit was cracking me up. Right. I do amazing. love some sleaze. It was so sleazy. Like they're they're literally laughing and having a joy old time, and they're in a sixty nine position, muffs. And that's the other thing, man. This movie has so much fucking muff and tits. And yeah, dude, ridiculous. I watch this shit at work. Oh my god, it's like every scene. <laughs> I, man. Know, like, I know, I know, I know. I was like, what a movie to watch at work. The violent kills and oh my god, that's. So I funny, know, dude. man. I was like, fuck, <laughs> like, just like. <laughs> Yeah, but that that had me literally rolling myself. Sixty nine rolling around. I'm like, that's too funny, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then of course, like the what what the fuck was being jammed in that chick's pussy? Was that like a dildo or was that like something fucking? Was it a knife? I don't remember that. I remember there was weird sexual t- devices, and that's about it. Yeah, well, there's a scene. Yeah, something's getting shoved in there. I think it's like a dildo, but it's like it's pretty damn explicit, though. Yeah, pretty awesome shit. So. So, um, ratings or I got one more thing about that okay. lead actor in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually was married to Jane Mansfield at one point, and they did a That's nineteen. Right. This is in the special features on the disc. Uh, in 1980, they made like a TV movie or something, and Arnold Schwarzenegger played him in that movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, because well, they wow. both have this weird accent. Oh, and you know, also because um, uh, what's his name, Mickey. Uh, Hargadi, Hargetti, the guy that was married to Jane Mansfield. Yeah, um, he was actually a bodybuilder too. Yeah, that makes sense that they're both bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, when I think when he was probably around this time, probably in the early seventies, he was probably still who knows when, when did Jane Mansfield get killed? Like in the late sixties or something? I don't know much about her life. I just know she's kind of a famous per like you know kind of deal. But it just was kind of interesting that he was married to her, you know, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger played him. Well, yeah, she was like a. I don't really know much. I know she was like a pretty pinup doll or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But she's famous for being decapitated. Theory, you know, historically decapitated in a car accident. It, it, she was always known as that, but it, it turns out that she wasn't fully decapitated in that car accident. But it's kind of like um, Sam Kennison, right? They said yeah. it was chopped off, but it wasn't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's because the type of car that you got into a car accident was was notorious because they built those old cars where if you hit something head on, the uh, the hood would come up to a certain level, right? It would go right through the windshield, and what happens when it goes through the windshield? 
it's like your neck height, right? So people yeah. got decapitated all those all the time in those type of vehicles. So they obviously had to t- change the design on those. I'd decals. be really pissed if I got decapitated as my dad. At least it's quick. At least it's quick, though. Actually, they do say if you get decapitated like that, you can still see for like three seconds after, and you Dude, know what happened. I don't. I'm like that's fucked to that. That's pretty that crazy. I don't want to die in any stupid way. Yeah, I mean that's. I, I just don't want to die embarrassingly. Like this fucking dude. <laughs> like like the I dude heard that. that I heard this jacked I, off and asphyxiated himself. Yeah, well that's that's embarrassing. But man, there was this dude. I think it was. I don't know. It was somewhere around here. This fucking dude, like really well respected dude, um, die jerking off to porno on his computer. But the thing was, it was kitty porn. No. Yeah, dude. They found him with kitty porn on his computer, and he had had a heart attack. He deserved he was fucking that. Jerking off. He, they found him fucking face down on his desk, dead with kitty porn on. I'm like, fuck. Could you imagine? Like, been fully respected his entire life. No one knew anything about this shit. And that's how you go out. That's the last memory of people. That you people just have of you. tell if he was like your dad, you're like, yeah, he killed himself. <laughs> yeah, dude. But you, I, that shit spread, shit spread like wildfire. Because I, I can't remember. He was like a fuck, man. He was like a politician. I can't remember. But people knew who he was very embarrassing that's that that's the type of shit you don't want to have happen to you man well actually the moral of the story is don't jerk off to kitty porn then yeah dude like that's not even embarrassing because like well it would be if you were the wife of him well yeah the family would be embarrassed oh yeah Yeah, like a wife and kids and fucking crazy man like yeah not cool um i don't know do we have anything else to say about delirium without giving the whole damn movie away uh no i'm good Dave, lead us. Uh, I want to give it a seven, but it's fuck it seven. Okay, I really like this um, one. I think it, I love sleazy stuff, and this one, you know, I feel like the director's making movies of the time, and at least until this point, and he definitely went with the time, so I like this. I feel like he stepped it up. JP, are you at uh, Carly's house? No, right I'm actually not. <laughs> that that's you around your place. Wow. I didn't think you lived in the ghetto. Um, I hit, man, my, I I hit s- my mute. Sorry. I tried was, to block that it That was out. actually not me, man. <laughs> that was me. Oh, it wasn't? It was Dave? Holy I, fuck. I live right on a main road. Dave you live in the ghetto with, too? No. It, I live in a nice neighborhood, but I live on a major road, so everybody takes it. Yeah. Dave is competing with Steve for the most interruptions in a fucking show right now. <laughs> no, Steve's were awful. Though. Alarm <laughs> clock. No, was it my fault? Least, <laughs> no, at least those were funny as hell, though, man. Like the alarm that just that cracked me. Yeah, down, man. It's funny. Steve's sure like talking to his mom with the mic not muted. Yeah, he didn't mute his mic. He's like, "Yeah, mom, I'll have like uh, beefaroni for dinner." And I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck, dude? Why don't you make your own dinner, bro?" <laughs> yeah, man. Like, dude, get the I fuck was out ta- of there. I haven't talked to Steve in a while. <laughs> I don't know him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Steve's. Co- I think he's out in Arizona or something like that. He's working. I know he worked on. Um... Oh shit, man. He worked. He worked on the the movie Bone Hill Road, um, oh, but I think he works for the company. I think he works for his company and shit like that. So, does that count? What? No, that what, was last year. 
Nope, yeah, it was like, it was last year. But yeah, no, I think he's doing all that shit. I mean, I know he was working for Midnight Releasing and stuff like that before and mm-hmm. stuff. So I don't really know. I haven't talked to him either. He's been very quiet. Usually he pops up with a video here and there, or just messages me out of the blue. But I, it's really I haven't heard from him like all year. Oh, so. I know, I know that guy, like Fernando or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he used to work for uh, yeah, Midnight Release. I remember that guy now. Sorry. Yeah, he was yeah, actually he, one of the first say- people who subscribed to me, and I subscribed to him back when I first started YouTube, and he was a uh, part of um. Uh, the fright tube with me and moods and tattoo doorman and stuff and he went on to do body bags with us and stuff cool kid yeah he's really into his low budget like shot on video films oh and yeah shit. And so, so it kind of made sense that yeah exactly he's, he's yeah he was a massive fan of todd sheets before he started working with him but but yeah it kind of made sense that he started working with midnight releasing and stuff like that you probably got emails from him because didn't you yep. get screeners from midnight yeah yep. so steve used to send them to me too and but uh yeah so that was kind of cool but um, I digress. Getting back to Delirium. Uh, oh, uber, uber sleazy Giallo. Absolutely enjoyed the shit out of this one. I don't know where my mind was at the first time I watched this. I must have been jerking off to kitty porn or something because I might have missed Yo. the whole fucking thing. <laughs> no. No. Show's canceled. Obviously, obviously, obviously I wasn't. Um, no, but I, I'm just trying to think back on why I wasn't like why I had it in my mind I didn't care for this film because going into this again I was a little bit worried I was like shit man is this one gonna suck like that's all I remembered that it sucked so I must not have been watching it properly or something but but yeah I know this one is really entertaining man super violent lots of fucking sleaze titties muff um pretty interesting narrative to be honest man it's it's very there's a lot of psychology involved in this and stuff and i think there's different ways to interpret it too um of course there is the right way too but there's ways of looking at it differently i think also which is kind of cool music is good shot pretty well but you really kind of stepped up the sleaze and i I enjoy that so i'm gonna come in at eight i like this movie a lot Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I dug it as well, man. I thought it was I was into it right from the beginning scene. Um that scene is awesome, you know, the murder in the river and stuff like that. Oh, fantastic. Good stuff. Uh I like I like the sleaze. Um I was actually like, you know, into the fact that, you know, hey, this guy it killed and is working with the police, reminded me of like Dexter and shit. Um, and then I, I do think the ending was a little bit weird and, and sort of sloppy there. So I, I took a half point off for that, but, uh, I'm at a seven, same as Dave. Moving along to the next year with a film called the reincarnation of Isabel also known as Black Magic Rights. And I believe, oddly enough, if you have the Blu-ray, I'm not sure if the header is different on the DVD, but it's called Rights, Black Magic, and the Secret Orgies in the 14th Century. That's what the fucking header comes up as. Like, what kind of title is that? That explains quite a bit. It, it does a little bit. I mean, considering, yeah, I mean, the main core story that they go back to about 90% of the film. <laughs> I swear this whole movie is like a damn flashback to this woman, Isabel, being, you know, burned at the stake because she's a witch. But the movie is set in modern times, but it flashes back to the 14th century, which would be the 1300s. So, um, quick little synopsis here. A group of vampires. Are they? Keep the body of a witch in a in a castle cellar. What? They require virgin blood to resurrect her. A part 
A party of people arrive and things kick off. A party of people. I guess that makes sense. Oh, wow. That synopsis was about as confusing as the movie. This movie's insane. (laughs) This movie is, like, definitely on the same level of sleaziness as Delirium. I mean, obviously, it's only one, one year removed, but... So this one kind of falls into, you know, the satanic uh subgenre it's got that whole satan kind of witch el- it's it's got yeah it's got these satanic moments it's got witch elements it's got like vampire it, they talk about vampires in this and stuff it's it's really kind of strange um so it's kind of like a miss it's kind of like a gumble bowl of fucking just weirdness that's happening in this one but of course you know the backstory is this Isabella character she gets um you know, burned at the stake for, you know, being a witch, which of course, you know, she may or may not have been a witch. I mean, back in these days, they just, they pointed the finger at pretty much anybody and burned them at the stake because someone said, Hey, she's a witch. It's like just such a, I couldn't even imagine living back in those days. And it's just so fucking bizarre to me that that's how like thousands of people were killed. Pointed somebody as a witch. She's a witch. Um, and then it, it kind of jumps to the, it com- it jumps to the present time where, you know, this, uh, uh, guy named Jack Nielsen, played by Mickey Higarde, the guy from Delirium, he essentially buys up this castle, and you know they're you know they basically end up throwing a party there and stuff like that. He doesn't know that there's these kind of Satanists in there and all the shit that's actually going on in there and stuff like that because he doesn't actually. That's another weird part of this uh, of the narrative is that he doesn't actually buy the whole castle; he buys a part of the castle. And in this other half of the castles where all this kind of Satanist vampire shit's happening, resurrection of their witch god and stuff is happening. Um, so we got this kind of going on. There's a party going on. We have like a bunch of virgins that are there. It's like conveniently set up that there's seven virgins <laughs> available in this castle. Uh, but the other oddity in this film is that most of the characters that are in the present uh, seem to be all the reincarnated um, people from the past because in the past Jack is there and you know he was actually married to you know Isabella she was the wife and things like that so it jumps to the future and it's very confusing because you're like why is everybody the same character they're just playing dual characters but it you know it's it's kind of confusing so even though our main character Rita uh, Rita Calderoni man she is fucking hot man holy shit dude she actually does play dual roles she plays Isabella <laughs> Um, you know, from the 14th century, and she also plays his wife, Loren, in the present time, too, so it's it's just, like, a really fucked up narrative, like, I think this is one of those movies that you could probably watch, like, six, seven times and try to maybe piece together an explanation to why they're trying to resurrect her and who these people actually are and where did they come from. They try to give you an explanation in the end of the film about, you know, certain things and stuff, but it's like, I think it raises more questions than anything. There's a line right. at the end of this movie. Dave, your uh, your mic's a little out. Oh, sorry. What is it? Off? Uh, no, it's just like low. I don't know if you moved it or something. Better? Yes. Yep. Okay, my bad. I bumped it when I was trying to mute it from the cops. But there's a line at the end of this movie that's spoken where the character says, don't try to – he basically says, don't try to understand this. 
It's not like it's nonsense. And so basically the whole movie's bullshit. You can't really make ends meet of it. There's some <laughs> kind of weird thing going on, like where there's reincarnations of coming back and trying to get revenge on the ancestors or and they like you don't know if the characters are being like taken over or they're actually coming back in time and there's two of them. It's really confusing and really insane, but also it's edited like that. The colors are like that. It's super unique with all the way it's made. So it kind of like mashes yeah. well. And I feel like it's ahead of its time with the idea of the witch and all that kind of stuff and the possessing of a body I think that like the remake of Suspiria used that and I'm not sure how many movies actually use that like jumping into somebody else's body from the past I think that's kind of yeah. cool yeah but it, it but it, see the thing that's so confused like there is like kind of like a straightforward narrative here until you really start to th- think about it because when you place the characters into the present time they're all because there, there is a line towards the end of the film that tries to explain that they may have been, like, they died in the past and they were reincarnated at that moment of her of her being killed. And then they've lived through all these centuries into the present day. And then I'm like, so you mean to tell me five, 400 years later, 500 years later, you're just deciding to resurrect her now and for why? Because they're all at the castle for once. Maybe, maybe the uh, stars all aligned because that guy comes back to the castle. He buys the castle. Maybe it's when he shows up to do it. But in 500 years, they couldn't organize that, though. I don't know. Because that they all were the resurrected because they are the same characters from the past. Right. So you're thinking like they weren't just reincarnated at this, you know, at the time they were birthed. You would have to think that they were reincarnated at the time back then and they've lived through all these years and stuff and yeah maybe you're right maybe so wait all these people to... died i thought they're maybe ancestors of the people and they're yeah, coming back for because... revenge they want to because to be re- reincarnated you have to die first right yeah. i know and but they actually hint at it that the guy even says in the end of the film too is that oh yeah we were all reincarnated and things like he actually even reincarnated says that. when 400 years I, that, ago or like in modern day no 400 years ago so I'm assuming like he, they died back in those days and somehow she incarnate, reincarnated them. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, they didn't even show that shit. None of these people die in the movie. Right. Well, and, you know, back in the, you know, in the 14th century. So I'm like, what the fuck? I had a little bit of problem watching, you know, the way that Weird. I watched. I, I don't own this movie. It was, it was a little hard to find. But my subtitles kept going out like in dialogue. Really? So it was like even I was even more confused. <laughs> yeah, this wouldn't have made any sense. It really made sense to me. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's funny, man. I was looking today and I was like just kind of skimming through the IMDb reviews and just like just to see what other people had said. And pretty much every single fucking comment was, well, lots of movies that are complete nonsense are very, you know, they're very fun. You know, like it's like everyone's reaction to it. Like this movie was fucking nonsense, but it's super entertaining. And if you like entertaining sleazy shit with what you, you Dave, you even mentioned the lighting, which is fantastic in this. I like Editing it's very cheap. It's yeah. The, the editing is insane. It's pretty much, it feels like, like I said, it feels like it's a flashback to the 14th century, like through the whole movie. Yeah. I don't it's know. Crazy. They, it's like the 14th century is invading modern times. I feel like this film like needs multiple watches. I mean, that could be it. I mean, I thought of that too, Dave, that like the reason why they kept going back there is was they kept going back because she was uh, the further that she gets into, you know, being burned to the stake and shit like that is her being reincarnated into the present day Loren. Yeah, 
right? So Isabella, because we're watching Isabella being, you know, burned at the stake kind of thing. And then, you know, as she dies, she's resurrecting. But it's like this weird kind of time continuum thing where they kind of keep going back and forth and shit. Because the whole movie, like, Loren's like, she's in a bed tied up. It seems like she's just waiting to be, you know, taken over by her past self, I guess. <clears throat> Goddamn, dude. It's, it's this, weird. But, like, everything I fucking read, I was just laughing at it. I was like, man, this movie is just complete and utter, doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much what I was thinking. Uh, like, I I'm really trying to piece. on the paper. I wrote nonsense. <laughs> yeah, like, I was trying to piece things together, like, certain things. But then, towards the end of the film, when he starts to explain, he tries to give an explanation for it. And then they clearly even say that none of this shit even makes sense. I'm like, what the fuck does that? <laughs> Who puts that into tracks. a film? Yeah. Because the explanation that they give raised more questions. I can't exactly remember word for word what he said, but I was like, he does say on the lines of we were resurrected at one time and, you know, we were brought here to do this. And I'm like, okay, but if you were reincarnated, what is the point of having to resurrect or reincarnate? your witch god and what what like what is the purpose there's nothing ever said about that well he said that um the husband from the past turned her into a witch and that she has to kill the husband of the present to free her own soul from the present or some shit like that and then (laughs) the guy says what and he's like don't try to make sense of it it's not i'm like okay thank you for that at least you showed me a bunch of pretty colors and cool editing and nice atmosphere and some weird trippy shit so I'm so, okay, but why? But, but why would he time, ever? What? Why would he ever say that we were resurrect or we were reincarnated then? So they get it's, two versions of the same character and spend less money. I don't know. I, I guess right. <laughs> it's it's super because I, I totally I I totally remember what you're saying right there. Like and like I just it's it almost seems contradictory to me. It's like they just had this really kind of interesting idea and they're like we're gonna edit the shit out of this, make it look really colorful, and you know people will be entertained by it. Narrative doesn't matter at this point, man, at all. But, I mean, what this thing has going for it is a fuck ton of sleaze, man. Oh, Lots yeah. of hot chicks. Really, really uber fucking annoying, stupid, red-haired bitch in this movie. Oh, my God. The acting oh, is she's so a, bad in it. She's the drunk one who keeps falling yeah, down. She, yeah, she's the ditzy one who's drunk all the time but just keeps saying the stupidest shit ever. I'm like, the whole movie. <laughs> comedy in this like, movie is awful, especially the rape comedy where it's like, I'm no longer a virgin. So it's like rape comedy doesn't work. The comedy no, doesn't work. It's awful. Well, Cut it. it. Cut they, it. They, they try They try this attempt at comedy with this fucking character. This weird character is at the castle and he's got this weird eye twitch. And you just yeah. Continue, like, I was like, rape what the somebody. fuck is wrong with this dude? Well, he's a yeah, rapist he, like, and it's funny, right, guys? Yeah, he's a rapist. <laughs> and he, he like rapes it's this, girl, this girl's like totally. It. But she's totally with it, though. No, but he saves her life by raping her. She doesn't become yeah. a, a, a devil or a vampire because she's raped. Yeah. What yeah, because fuck? because well because they need the virgins right. It's yeah, part yeah. of their sacrificial thing. So, and it's it, it's kind of like this weird kind of okay. This rapist just helps something like going back to the morals and like what the like what do you what do you do here? Like the fuck. You know, if <laughs> so I'm making fucking... a rape scene, um, I'm definitely going to make the rape save the person's life, and then I'm going to make it really funny. Dude, and the whole movie so is jet awful. black serious. It's fucked up. It's it's like it, dated it is. for that time. It's just, it's just like it, guys, stop it. It's so awkward to throw comedy into a movie like this, period. Yeah, it's just Let alone rape comedy. And it's not Let good alone comedy. rape comedy. No, because, I mean, yeah, some of that ditzy character is like, she just has way too much screen time, man. She's all over in this movie, too. And it's like, oh, my God, like, get the fuck off the screen. Like, you're not even that good looking. Fuck off. Um, I really like the girl. Um, oh, what's her name? Fucking Krista. She, I think she's pretty good. She's actually the girl from Delirium. She's the niece. We'll just go with the niece. But she had blonde hair in that movie. She's got dark hair in this film. Okay. 
Yeah. So Chris, she's kind of like, she kind of comes off as a secondary main character because really Isabella slash Loren is the one who's in the bed. She's like she's fucking major hot, but she's kind of billed as the main character. But in reality, it's kind of Krista. I actually just realized I forgot about the niece character in Delirium and I was talking about a maid, but now I remember the niece character and there's a maid in Delirium. There's both. Yeah. Yeah. They both involve the ending. Sorry. It's really confusing. Yeah. I I mean, I I like seeing the same actors pop up and and I like the fake Donald Pleasance in this one a little bit more. (laughs) Dude, he is so fucking funny, man. Like every scene, he's just got that look and he's kind of, he's kind of giving you that like real kind of evil, but comedic, like kind of gay look. (laughs) Like, he's got like a fucking syphilis sore on him, Sass, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> dude, it does. There's a fucking so... hilarious scene at the end when he's making dude go through the catacombs and he's pushing him and he's like, go, Greg. And he calls him Greg and I started busting out laughing. He's like, go, yeah. Greg. And he's like, <laughs> and then he like falls down a shaft or some shit. <laughs> His name is Greg. Take that in. <laughs> dude so funny man yeah I, I actually watched delirium and this one back to back and i was like this is trippy dude it's like the same fucking cast in back-to-back movies man i mean i gotta say though man rita calderoni looked way better in this movie than she did in the other one even though she's pretty sleazy in the other one but man dude her titties in this one holy is shit that, man. is that the main girl yeah yeah she's isabella i love how she looks when she's all like has like standing there and she's all pale and her heart's like ripped out she looks awesome there too that's very yeah imagery but yeah, those that was tits, actually man, cool those are real tits man and those things looked amazing like that whew. there's a lot of good nudity in these movies and the women all look good and there's like they're running around naked at the end like when the mob's chasing them and it's just like there's a lot of you know what i mean i appreciate the sleaze Dude, the dubbing at the end when, like, all those old people and all the village people are, like, chanting, like, fucking, you know, burn them, burn them and shit. And it's, like, if you watch the scene really close, it's just everything is so off. Like, they're focusing in on this old, like, 90-year-old lady. And she's, like, you know, get it. And, like, they have the subtitles, (laughs) but it's not even remotely close to anything that's going on. It's just so fucking You know how they got those old people to do that? They like they told him they were shooting for a different movie. <laughs> no, they just told him there was free McDonald's and like they started running <laughs> towards the fucking thing. They're like, oh, get their yeah. senior coffee and shit. No, they told him there was fucking free Popeye chicken sandwiches, man, and they went ape shit. <laughs> Only in America. Yeah, man. So you get stabbed shit. over Popeyes in America. People are dying over Popeye chicken sandwiches, man. Damn. I mean, I, I won't yeah, lie, man. Talk it, about it embarrassing ways have one. to die, right? <laughs> you know, shit. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, dude, one thing I noticed, one thing I noticed about this movie that was kind of cool is, um, again, he's playing on the the mythology tropes again, where they say something about being um, a loved one has to kill the person at the end. Yeah, has to yeah. be a loved one, which is a, a call out to the Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr., where oh, it has I- to be a loved one to kill the werewolf. And I think that's kind of interesting that he's taking tropes. They're called vampires in this one, but they're really taking a werewolf trope again, like they did in the vampire ballerina with the full moon. So that's kind of cool. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've got yeah, much man. else to say on this one. I, I'm just, I'm just keep I laughing about like how they did the lighting. They totally had one of those like revolving, like, you know, those cheap seventies lights where it had like a green light, a red yeah. light, a green, a blue light. And there's like these really great, great close-ups of this one character, this one vampire character, or whatever. And like he he be talking and it's very atmospheric and then his face keeps changing color because this thing is just revolving. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. The light. And like some people would be in green and some people be in red. Yeah, and there's like a, there's one particular scene where his face specifically changes four times in like in a matter of like thirty seconds. It's awesome. 
I thought it was really cool. But it's like it, you're even thinking to yourself, you're like, I know exactly how they did that. I mean, it's so simple. I wanted, I would want to hear what Jeremy had to say about these movies. <laughs> yeah, because, dude, I'm not gonna lie, I was actually thinking about that when I was watching. So I'm like, man, I wonder. I bet you Jeremy would fucking just hate this movie. I think like, he might like Delirium not- because it has similarities to movies he likes. You know? Yeah, yeah true, probably. True that. Because the whole sexuality act- and the the weird shit going on with a husband and wife, I think, might interest him. Yeah, yeah, I think he might like uh, the Vampire and the Ballerina too. Yeah, he I mean, usually does like the older films, like the black and whites. He'd appreciate the lighting and shit, and the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this one right here might just take him for a loop. He'd be like, "Ah, it's the most confusing shit ever." And like, you can't appreciate all I the fucking head like, every two seconds. <laughs> there's at the very end of the movie like the girl runs to the camera but it, she just like runs right into it like her her vagina is the last thing in frame I'm like I see what you did right there you know what's crazy about this movie is how many fucking characters are in this movie everybody and I don't know anybody's so, name that's the thing there is so many characters there must be like 30 fucking like revolving characters in this one. it's just crazy yeah, with Greg and Glenda and Steffi. Greg. Move, on, Greg. Greg. Go, Greg. <laughs> fucking fucking Richard. Fucking, shaft. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking old dude's name is Greg. Greg. And fucking <laughs> Richard. Richard and Greg. <laughs> it fucking makes me I mean, really, our main character's name is Jack. These I don't mean, feel, fuck. like, because it looks so old. All their names should be, like, like long-ass fuck. Sir William. And it's like, Greg. Hey, Greg. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, Jack. <laughs> no, Greg. Richard. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know, man. All in all, dude, by the end of this film, I was like, my brain hurt a little bit. But I was like, that shit was entertaining as fuck, man. It's ridiculous. It's it, This is a great example of a film that... You need to just throw everything out the window and just enjoy what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's just it's one scene after another of like pure ridiculousness, man. Like, I mean, I probably could have done without the eye twitching dude like 17 times. Yeah, that guy. He was also not in the last movie either, so he was like the only one. So he should have been gone. Get rid of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely stuck out like a sore thumb. But I think that was honestly the biggest downfall to the film was thrown in those attempts at comedy, like. I mean, it, when you're, especially like in satanic type movies or witch movies and shit, I, I think those are subgenres that you shouldn't have comedy in. It just doesn't work unless you're making a full fledged like comedy satanic film. Not that kind of comedy. Not that kind it of just, comedy. It just does not work in these films. Like attempts, like why would they even think that was going to work? Maybe it's funny in Italy. I don't know. I think but. that they probably had the shoehorn in that the virgins are the only ones that are going to turn to a, a, like, works of satan or whatever so yeah. disciples of satan so they're like we got to make sure these people understand what's going on even though they didn't worry about anything else about us worrying what was going on so they're just <laughs> like we got to make sure this lady has sex and we got to show the sex and so that way we get two birds one stone we show more like sex and then probably some distributors like this movie needs sex and he's like all right i got it i, I just i just feel like if you were a fly on the wall in the editing room, you know the editors were just pissing themselves laughing the whole time. I, I just that's just the way I fucking I just picture them. They're like, man, this shit's gonna fucking this shit's just gonna blow people's minds. It's so strange and weird and shit. I don't know. This is weird. Like editing like editing one of these films must be like I don't even know how you edit something like this. I don't either. Like, how do you put that narrative together? Like and be like you must have to replay that shit a hundred times and be like, oh though that does 
and you ever come to the conclusion where it's like, well, that doesn't really work. We have to put the scene here. <laughs> I, I, I wonder. <laughs> it really fucking matter. Did he come in and start like, cut here, fast, cut back to this, cut back to this. And the guy's like, why are you telling me to edit like this? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I don't know, man. I just I just picture evil Ed. <sighs> That's just the way I see. Like, I would be that. I'd be him editing this film. I'd be going in fucking insane, dude. Where the fuck is my beaver rape scene? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I fucking love you, man. That movie's so much fun, dude. Like, I love it. I actually, I, I actually, when the when the Arrow Blu Ray come out, I'd seen the movie a bunch of times before, but when it came out, I was I was watching. I I started writing down all the movie posters that were in the movie. I was like, that would be a fun twenty four hour marathon to do because I think I found like fourteen or fifteen different movie posters that are in the in the in the film. And like horror films, and I was like, man, that'd be kind of cool. Call it the Evil Ed Marathon, right? And it's just based off all the posters that are in the movies. Yeah, movies awesome. So it's kind of cool, man. And it's cool the posters that are in there too. Like you have to like really kind of see them from certain angles and figure it out. You're like, oh, I know what poster that is. That's fucking cool. But yeah, I mean, of course you're gonna have shit like that. It takes place in the studio, and the guy's a movie editor, right? So, but yeah, it is fun. Definitely fun. I digress. What are we talking about? Oh, Um, black right, black magic (laughs) rights. JP, have anything to say on this one? No, no. It was it was fun to look at, but I I, I couldn't tell you what if I was actually curious to see like what y'all said about it because I I didn't have like I was even trying to explain it to my coworker or you know my friend who was uh, I told you guys about earlier um, who stopped in and I was like yeah I was watching this movie it was like about witches and like. Uh, like a like a burn at the stake sacrifice i was like trying to, i didn't even know what to say i was like yeah it's fucking it was a weird movie dude my subtitles were going out um <clears throat> but yeah no i don't have much on this one i want watson and dave z to cover this one. Oh god <laughs> i'm like dave z loves the witch and they i want them to see him dissect this and see if they come oh. up with like this is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Day, I I don't think either one would like this movie, man. I don't think this is their their shit. I want to see him try to dissect it though, because I think there might be something there. I just I yeah, can't Wa- have Watson's the time to work. Pretty good at picking up shit. I th- I think so too. I think there's you know I mean I think I got a general idea of it, but I it, it's just I feel like it contradicts itself at the I end when too. it's trying to explain shit too, and you're like what? Because like I had a basic idea of what the fuck was going on here, and then it really changes up when they start talking. <laughs> you know, that's, that's usually a major issue, but, but all in all, man, major, major, super sleazy, entertaining, just fucking Euro trash film, man. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to narrative. Yeah. Confusing as all hell. It makes your head hurt a little bit, but at this point, man, there's just so much funness in this man. Like, honestly, the look of the film's fantastic. Like Dave said, the lighting is fantastic just lots of gratuitous nudity and odd the odd attempts at comedy are definitely a flaw to this it's just so fucking stupid i could have done without that red-haired bitch man that was terrible but i think it is entertaining it's so entertaining and ridiculous that this is one of those movies that you just i think you got to check out man if you're a fan of euro type films you have to see this at least once and if you do watch this you know, throw us your explanation to it for it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I like to hear what other people think of this and what they come to because, uh, man, it is definitely one of a kind, man. I haven't really seen too many films that are this bizarre and just have so much weirdness going on. But 
you know, at the end of the day, man, I enjoyed the shit of this. I'm coming in at seven and a half on this one also. I got to say, this is a pretty pretty good pick for for Jeremy because so far, I mean, all three of these films are like higher than seven. I don't think we've had that yet in four weeks. Definitely not. I think the worst show so far is the Argento, man. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I wasn't there for the last episode. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't even fucking know, bro. <laughs> like, uh, I, I appreciate the, the just craziness of it, I guess. You know what I mean? I, I didn't really get the movie, but there was some cool scenes. Uh, definitely cool scenes. Um, how to rate this uh i'll go five <laughs> oh, that's higher than i thought you're gonna give it <laughs> i'm gonna go six and a half on it i enjoyed it and it would be higher if i could understand what the hell is going on but since it was confusing at times it became oh, this is a redemption title <laughs> tedious to watch at times because you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on it becomes aggravating but at the same time it's entertaining aggravating and entertaining so six and a half there, there's like a point where i just kind of i threw in the towel and i like very rarely ever do that because i was so entertained by it but i will say that this movie had no business being 98 minutes long no, i was too i think that it was too long because I feel like some of the scenes actually kind of like almost repeated themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, Fucking well. some of them. They, they show the same scenes mul- multiple times throughout this movie. Well, I'm not, I'm not just talking about the actual, you know, burning of the witch and stuff. But I'm like, just others. It just seems like they were really, they, not a full repeat, but they were very similar. And I was like, dude, this movie's 98 minutes for what? <laughs> you get for no what? explanation <laughs> out of it? 85. It should have been 85. Yeah, I'm down with 85 for sure. Yeah, I yeah, 80 82 to 85 would have been a lot better. It's just it's it's crazy how like 10 minutes in a movie makes a big difference. It really does, man. Cuz it's yeah. 10 minutes of like scenes that you could cut shorter that would flow better, you know what I mean? I always like the explanation JP came up with and I, I always use this for other to other people when I'm explaining films and shit and you know, he I don't know where he got this from, if he actually came up with this on his own, but he he most famously said on the show one time, he's like, movies, when you're watching them, they get the first 90 minutes for free. Anything after that, they really got to work for. You know what's and funny like, is... I always use that philosophy, and I'm like, true, it's interesting. It, it actually is, really had an effect on my mentality while watching movies. And I'm like, that's a really good motto to kind of you know look at it and work by, because... It's true because a standard movie is pretty 90 minutes and everything after that, sometimes you're pushing the envelope like this one. If this movie was 89 minutes instead of 98, it could have been – it might have changed a lot of things. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's funny and, to and, say and that. And I'm talking like – well, I, these European films too, they don't have fucking credits, right? They end on the yeah. time. Like you know that shit. It's like when you're watching uh, you know, westernized movies, you know if the if the runtime says 89 minutes, that movie's motherfucking 83, 84 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just listening to Watsy Party, as I said at the top of the show, and Dave Z actually just said like uh, something that I heard JP say that I've always used and I like it, and he just said the exact same thing as you. I've heard Henry uh, Kane say that too before years back. Yeah, maybe he I heard it from him. He attributed it to somebody else, I think. 
Yeah, I've seen. I, the first time I'd ever heard that was JP, and I was like, "Damn, I, I don't dude, that's know. actually really good." I don't remember if I heard it from somebody else. Like, I know I said it on this show years ago. It wasn't any time recently. Yeah, it's been no, a long no, time. It, Regardless, it's 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 good. It, it's right. Yeah, whoever came it, up it, with it is it, right. It, yeah. I I agree with it. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, hands down, man. That's just a really great way of looking at things, man. So, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that is going to conclude. Oh, it's bourbon episode one hundred and sixty nine. Hey, it did turn out kind of sleazy for sixty nine. It did. It it really did. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Because like two of these movies are really fucking sleazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it, man. That's. Oh wait, actually, no, I lied. That is not it for Italian Horror Month. It normally is, but this year we're doing five weeks. So we will be back next week with. Bruno Matai. <laughs> yeah, gonna be on that. Yeah, he said he is. Uh, and He's... it's going to be Derek uh, returning to the podcast. Uh, we are doing Shocking Dark, which I've Ugh. seen. I actually like Shocking Dark. Um, Rats. Oh, this is. What's that? I said this is going to be interesting because I was actually kind of shocked that he picked Shocking Dark because I actually told him, like, I didn't really care for the movie. That's yeah, the worst. That's one of his worst movies. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think it's like well, that. But I get. That, I mean, that's actually yeah. reassuring because I like fucking Shocking Dark. <laughs> um, yeah. So rats and what else you picked? Rats, Hell of the Nights Dead? of Terror, and Hell of the Living Dead. Oh, uh, with a one. bonus review of another Italian film not directed by Bruno Mattei, Primal Rage from 1988. Like how fucking random is that? <laughs> But it is it is an Italian film though, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that'll um, be that'll be next week um, to round out the fifth year of Italian Horror Month with five Italian horror weeks and five total guests, five different four, people. Four, no, we had four. five. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Jerry, Dave. Jerry, <laughs> different Jerry, <laughs> Mike and Derek. Yeah, that's right. It just we had two on one episode and then a repeat. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That, it was very so was far. Plan. It's been very successful. And yeah, I'm looking forward to doing Bruno Matai. It's about. I mean, I think since year one, everyone's like, do Bruno Matai. It only took five years, but do yeah. Carrie. We haven't did uh, another <laughs> person care. I was looking at. Do Carrie. <laughs> oh my god! Another person I was looking at that we haven't did. Um, who I'm familiar with a few of their films is Luigi Cozy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the obvious one there would be Contamination and Star Crash. Contamination. Yeah. Um, Pagini Horror. He did that. Pagini yeah, Horror. That, yeah. Um, Which I just reviewed on my 31 Days of Horror. That would be a very great week. And then uh, <laughs> he did Demon Six. <laughs> there, there's I, I was actually, you know who we haven't done yet, which is crazy, is Antonio Margaretti. Cannibal That's Apocalypse it. is the best. Yeah, Margaretti's got some good films, man. But yeah, yeah, the movie that John Saxon like fucking was kind of pissed off about. He didn't oh, what's, even, what's the movie? Wait, did you say Cannibal Apocalypse? Yeah, 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 dude, I like that movie. That's one of my favorites. I, yeah. I brought that up to that's John the Saxon. Viet, and that's he didn't the know Vietnam it. vet one. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah he didn't know like, that they were making a cannibal film. Then he was pissed off when the movie came out. He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, you know, he was pissed off. They made him turn bad at the end. 
Oh, yeah. And I, I, I asked him at Cinema Wasteland. I was like, when I got his autograph, this was like eight years ago. I was like, do you have any Cannibal Apocalypse? And then like his helper like repeated it, and he was like confused. And she was like, he doesn't know remember that movie. <laughs> probably really. Remember, he probably remembered that her Invasion of the Flesh Hunters. I think I said that too, and he was just like, no recollection. He was kind of like a little senile, seemingly. Wow, man. He was going senile eight years ago because I saw him a couple years ago on a panel and I was like, oh my God, I, I thought he was going to die on the panel. Was he Was he kind of out of it? He was. He, Are you I don't know talking if about it, John Saxon? Yeah, yeah, I think oh, he was man. like, I, I don't know if he was like heavily medicated or something, but he was acting fucking out of it, dude. Like, I, think, I think he is something. I do. Shit, he's yeah. 84 years old now. Yeah. I mean, but it seemed like he went from being pretty good to like, holy shit, that dude is like really not. Doing I heard good. that happen with um, Betsy. Palmer. Bet Palmer, yeah. Like one minute she was cool, and then the next she was like kind of out of it. It could be, it could be dementia. You know, yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was sure. nice. He was nice. He just didn't remember the movie. Well, shit, dude. I mean, look how many fucking movies he's. He's done. in like three hundred <laughs> movies, and he he was, and then like like eight years previous though he was on the fucking special features of the DVDs talking about it. <laughs> uh, they probably had <laughs> to crazy. remind him what it was. I had the I, special I do features love John of that. Saxon, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, he was making fun of Nightmare on Elm Street three. He's like, I've been in a lot of horror movies, and one time I got killed by a skeleton. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> What? <laughs> he gets killed by a skeleton in Nightmare on Elm Street three. Yeah, Freddy's yeah, reanimated. Yeah. No, no, no. That he that he was like, what's that all about? Uh, yeah, he's like, I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> he knows it's fucking stupid. I, I love John Saxon in Elm Street three too, though. I'm so glad he was in that. I love him because he always plays it straight. He'll yeah. do a good performance playing it straight every fucking movie. He could be like, uh-huh. all right, John Saxon, you're gonna play a giant marshmallow, and he'd be like, okay. And he played. Yeah, it, it's kind of like Donna Pleasance, right? Like even even though Don, like Donna Pleasance would make these kind of appearances in these Euro films and shit, and he would generally always like usually play it pretty, you know, because he was a professional, right? He'd yeah. always kind of play his character the way it was supposed to be played. But then you watch Panini Horror, he's drunk and he's to- he's fucking hammered. He, yeah, it's like it's like it's you like he's playing devils, this. Ki- you little devils. Yeah, dude, it's he's hamming that shit up so bad. It's like he's playing his character from Wake and Fright. He's nuts. <laughs> he's just fucking shit faced through the whole fucking movie, and like that's how I I saw him when I was watching. I was like, dude, this is like Wake and Fright, man. He's hamming it up like shit. So funny. I guarantee. I think that yeah, because he doesn't even because do, he generally was really good about doing his own dubs when he did those movies. Yeah. And this movie right here, I actually listened to the commentary actually after, and it was uh, Troy Howarth. And he was saying, he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that, you know, he, because he would jump from one movie to the next movie. Like, he was a journeyman. Like, he would just fucking bam, bam, always work and shit like that. So they figured what happened was is that he literally did his filming within, I think he shot three days. Or, yeah, they they hired him on for a week, and he did his, uh, all scenes in three days. So he had, like, all these extra days or whatever, but he bounced out. He bounced out and he was like working on these other movies and they, they couldn't get him back to do the dub and shit. So it's like dubbed Donald Pleasance hamming it up. It's fucking gold. <laughs> it's so funny, man. My grandpa looks ridiculous. like Donald Pleasance meets Bob Hoskins when he was alive. Oh my God. That's amazing. Bob Hoskins. He was a, a great bit, actor, man. A little man. bit. I love Bob, Bob Hoskins. I love both those actor. guys. But... Yeah. Rest in peace to both. Yep. All right. So... so. That's yeah, yeah, so that's Renato Pacelli. That was a cool pick, man. That was a really good pick. I was, you know, a little bit worried going into this, but uh 
Mm-hmm. It's good to re- good to revisit some films, man. That's why you do this, man. That's why you revisit movies. Because I always would have had in my head that Delirium suck, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's got lots of sleaze and rape in it. Can't be bad. See, so, Dave. Uh, what, what were you going to say? I was going to say, how oh, come the rape is good in Delirium, but the rape is bad in Black Magic Rites? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, all because, rape is bad. Yeah, all rape is bad, but I mean, it, you know, it makes it bad. Well, one scene, I twitch, dude. Yeah, don't make it funny. Never make it funny. Don't make rape funny. It's not funny. No. I can't. I'm trying funny. to think if I could think of an instance where rape was funny. In prison movies, so. sometimes they'll play it funny if it's a comedy, like Dirty Work. I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen funny. a funny one. Dirty Work is so fucking. I love that movie. All right, let's go. Don't you want him too? Did Bob? Who did Bob Saget direct that? Yeah, yeah. He did. Oh my god, that movie is so funny. Sorry. I'm dragging this out. Sorry, guys. That's no, all right. that's, that's all good. That's all good. But uh, yeah, that's going to conclude episode 169. Dave, thank you for rejoining us. You know, back by popular demand. Of course, you are always welcome back on the show. And like JP spoiled at the beginning, you are going to be working. Why do we say working? Are we really working? You'll be talking with us soon enough. So looking forward to that. So if people are you still can you can announce what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the end of the show. So Dave is coming back for the top 10 of 2019 show, uh, which will be recording December 27th. So three, four days after that, I'll be live. So just in time for New Year's. Who the, who the fuck's going to listen to 22 Shots of Movies and Horror on New Year's Eve? I probably would. Happen. But I'm also, <laughs> it's I almost drink. a bad day to upload it. It's like a bad day to upload it, man. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Hey man, you don't have to drink on New Year's, man. You can do some other stuff. You don't have to do any drugs drinking. Yeah. You just but yeah, so and- that that's really exciting. I'm happy to have him on that show in particular. Um and Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it I kind of was when I asked you about it, I kind of was asking as a like, okay, it this person would be able to do it with us if they if we needed them or whatever, you know what I mean? Um but you know, I didn't. I obviously, I'll, I get in trouble for asking stuff without first asking Jeremy. So I was like, didn't want to be like, yeah, I am asking you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's like, uh, he's real weird with stuff like that. If I ask somebody something and and I didn't ask Jeremy first, then he's like, fucking thanks for letting. He gets he's gets butt hurt easy. Um, you know, I'm part of the fucking show too, right? I mean, if he yeah. didn't like somebody and he had to record like eight hours with them and he's like, now I got to spend eight hours with this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he, Are you that's kidding me? everybody. He, he fucking hates everybody. Yeah, he probably nah, hates you. What's to like, right? He, what's he definitely like? hates us. He definitely hates yeah, us. Yeah, he it's hates like, us. It's like a, it's he's been recording with us for years. He hates us. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, I'm really excited for you to do that. I'm happy that uh you don't do it other places too you know so that's uh, cool to me yeah i might do it on my channel after this one's on oh that's cool. i won't do it before yeah, and i'll include everything what we used to do not what we used to do movies, is you know yeah do the top 10 we would do extended podcasts yeah i make a video and like i've done it a couple years where i extended i made like a top 30 list a couple times and just or top 25 or whatever but because actually it started because people actually asked me like ah, i want to see an extended list i'm like ah okay so made a video yeah um so yeah that's that's dope uh i'm really excited for that and uh carly will be on that episode too um so yeah it, it should be a fun time jp's girlfriend oh that's that should be fun man dave with the sirens and and carly with her sirens and holy hey, shit hey i live on a right off a of main street she lives right next to the police department 
<laughs> yeah, that's in the fire department. All right, fine. Next time I hear a go outside and I'll kill the cops. I just the fucking the alarm was so good. That was so good. What the fuck? Dude, I, I got two alarms because I replaced one and I don't trust the new one yet, so I kept both of them in. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, I don't oh, trust the new I think one my wife yet. too, man. Every fucking morning I have to hear two alarms because she has two alarms. Ugh. You know, because she'll put one on snooze, the next one goes off in 10 minutes, puts this one on snooze. I'm like, fuck, I don't do that. I never never hit snooze. As soon as my alarm goes off, 90% of the time, I get up, like stand up. You got to, man. It's like the only way to do it. Even though I don't use alarms. Even studies say that when you hit the snooze button, you're more tired because you're you're starting to get in your like stages over again. The best way to wake up is at the end of stage three or four i believe and like at the beginning of stage one like jump in a pool just jump in don't stick your yeah, toe in i i hop in it i get a shower in the morning so i i just i i can't lay there if i do i'll fall back asleep i just get the fuck up dude i got another <laughs> siren coming <laughs> <laughs> That's all right amazing. well with that said uh check out dave and his podcast where can they do that you can do it at uh, YouTube, Mr. Parka, no period. That's uh, M-R-P-A-R-K-A. And uh, all the links are below if you want to listen to audio version, go to the website, whatever. It's there. Yeah. And uh, you can check us out on our YouTube channels, Double Shot J, Moods 616. Uh, email 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. That's spelled out exactly how we title it on the episodes. Uh, Facebook slash group slash 22 shots podcast, but don't do, don't post anything more than once a day. Cause Jeremy will get mad and ask us if he can kick you out. Um, and <laughs> yeah, what the hell's with that? Why does he ask us to do shit like that? It's like, I wouldn't even have noticed. Well, actually, well, maybe I, I, I wouldn't have noticed either. I just, I'm just like, don't like, I just like let people do their thing. Um, as long as it's not, it's just that everything bothers him. So it's yeah. like, um, anyway, uh, Twitter, um, 22 shots podcast, uh, again, Patreon stuff will be handled, uh, after Italian horror month at some point. We also have some big shows in December and January too. So, um, you know, just, just hold tight. We want, I have all the movies ready to go that I'm, I'm supposed to do. Um, we just need to find episodes where we can place them. Um, so you will hear them. Just be patient. I know most of you guys don't care and you're like, yeah, whenever you get to it. Um, but Yeah, so uh, I'm JP, that's Moods, and Dave, we're out of here. See you one more time next week for Italian Horror Month. Uh, And yeah, peace. Peace. Yeah, I think I'll like, uh, I heard good things about Headhunter for the most part. Dustin (laughs) said it was pretty decent. Yeah, well, it's just shocking considering what the guy had done before and only what he had done. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Killing one and three. I was like, what? And those movies are just <laughs> ridiculous. Dude, that one yeah, part they're... kills me. And uh, thanks killing though. The first one when he's like the, the sheriff's drinking the coffee and he's like, this coffee tastes like shit. He's like, it is shit. I want a divorce. <laughs> I almost cried on that scene. <laughs> yeah. see shit in it. Shit in his yeah. coffee. <laughs> it is shit. I want a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Uh.
Ah, fuck. The movie's so goddamn dumb, but it makes me laugh. Oh, it does, man. It's so stupid. I actually prefer the first over the third. And the first is the scene where the the one girl's talking to what she thinks is her dad, but it's just her dad's <laughs> fucking face skin on the <laughs> fucking turkey. That's a great part too. It's like in the sheriff outfit. <laughs> yeah, so the fucking stupid. Notice this. She's like talking down to him because he's so short. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he gets out of the car, doesn't he? And walks around. Dude, oh I don't think God. I could have filmed that without laughing. Oh, no, man. It's so funny. If I was in the scene, I'd be all right. But if I was actually directing it, I'd be like, I got to stop for a second. <laughs> oh, Lordy. 